Welcome everyone to Comics from the Multiverse episode 243. I am Peter and joining me as always is Matt. Hey, what's up? And here to complain is Connor. Oh, don't you worry. I will deliver on that promise. Oh, man. I, I'm delighted. I forgot about that. I'm delighted to announce that Connor will not be here next week. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> so if he's, if he's too much to take in this episode, uh, he will be missing next time. There's a downturn in CR21. <laughs> it, it feels like an excuse to be obnoxious this week, let's be honest. What's oh, your excuse no. every other week? Excellent question, Matt. Excellent do do question. I need one, really? Yeah, he's an alcoholic, Matt. That's what it is. Uh, so <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> he just remember, Pete. He hates himself more than you hate him. That's not possible. That's that's not true. <laughs> <laughs> so this is a DC Comics podcast. We get together with read our DC books of the week. We'll talk about them. Coming up on this week's show is the dawn of a new era because we are starting with Infinite Frontier issue zero. And then we move on to Batman 106, The Swamp Thing Issue 1, Man Bat Issue 2. I've written down Issue 1 there. Let me just correct that as I'm talking. Uh, Crime Syndicate Issue 1. Uh, a couple of Patreon books. Uh, we got Noctera Issue 1 for Connor. And I'm doing Animal Man Issue 6. So that is uh, what is coming up book-wise on today's show. But there's a little bit of news, a, little, a couple of little things. Uh, start off, I want to officially start nagging people about this uh, so everyone remembers to do it. Uh, but to celebrate episode 250 coming up next month, uh, there is a vote happening. The form has been tweeted out at DC Comics Podcast on our Twitter, uh, but uh, will be put on probably the, the, the YouTube post system and anywhere else you want to find it or ask us about it or ask us for it. Uh, a link to the submission form for the top 50 DC characters of all time, uh, which you will submit your top 20. You can submit a full top 50, but the minimum is a top 20. Uh, and I'll just remember to be specific. You know, don't just put Batgirl, because that could be, like, three different people. Uh, and if you really care about a lot of these characters, you probably want to put all three of them, or and if, two of them, or whatever, anyway. And if, and if you put Batman at number one, just know you're dead to me. <laughs> Unless it's That's Dick Grayson. You can have him in the top five. Put him in the, you know, top one, though. Come on. He's not, not even yet. the best Batman, Bruce Wayne. Come on. Yes. Um, although, for the record, let's specify Dick Grayson, Batman. Dick Grayson's just Dick Grayson, regardless of what Mantle I, no, had I, at I, any I, point. That was just me using semantics to say you could put Dick Grayson at number one, and still, in some ways, you would be putting Batman at number one, depending on uh, that, when you look at this. Yes. Okay, don't put Bruce Wayne number one, all right? He's not even the best Batman. Edit, edit around that, Pete. Make me look smart. Uh. Sure, Matt. Sure. I'll, I'll put that work in. Uh, He's not going to do it. <laughs> uh, if, if you say something really stupid, I'll repeat it three times, and then the last time will be in slow motion, just to yeah. really drive it home. <laughs> that's, the really that's... nice way of looking at this, Matt, is he's not editing it because he thinks you already look smart, so it, it thinks it's fine. Yeah, let's go with that. Uh, so... <laughs> fine by me. Uh, I so... live in a world of... of uh, what, what, what is that? No, not ignoring. I guess it's ignorance. I guess I live in a world of ignorance. Yes. As it is now. So that's fine. You'll you live in your own little Matt uh, Bearfield echo chamber, and that's fine. Yes. Uh, yep. So, uh, yeah, so the, the submission deadline for that is the end of March, but please uh, do submit during the month. Uh, you've got all month, and then we'll be doing a special results episode um, either just before or just after episode 250. It just really just depends when we can fit in recording it, to be honest, next month. Uh, but we will have the results for that next month. But you've got all March to actually submit your picks. 
uh, and that will give us a, a nice event to celebrate episode 250. So I will be starting off basically every episode for this month uh, telling you to do that <laughs> so everyone remembers to. Uh, so that is that. Right, I could check that off. Um, we do have some news. We have some DC Comics news, including one exciting thing, actually. Uh, I, I was, oh, good. I didn't look at any news, so this is news to me. I would say, I mean, you know about this first one. Uh, this is big news. Tom King's got a new miniseries coming starting oh, in June. Oh, yeah, I know about that. Yeah. Uh, just, so this is the thing. The super line has been quite healthy in recent years in the sense that, you know, there was a Lois book, there was a Jimmy book, you know, obviously you had Bendis doing both Superman in action. Uh, and then, of course, new writers, very promising. But a lot of those other characters don't really seem to have books. You know, Supergirl's been gone for a while, but Supergirl is getting a miniseries, a prestige miniseries from Tom King. Uh, and Bill Chris Evely, who you may know from the hit Wonder Woman issue, issue eight. <laughs> yeah. Starring Barbara Adam and Uh So that is going to be, this is going to be an eight issue mini starting in June uh, called Supergirl, Woman of Tomorrow. Your thoughts, Matt? Um... So first I, I heard Tom King's Supergirl book and I was like, oh, cool. It's like they're one of his 10 issue things or, you know, is it eight or 10? It's eight, um, actually. Eight. Eight, um, yeah, okay. Which is different from, you know, his usual 12. Right. So I was like, okay, cool. Uh, and then I saw Evely on art and I was like, I am there. And then he tweeted out the cover. I was like, oh, I need, I need that. So uh, I am so much here for this. Like, uh, I'm shocked. Supergirl, crypto <laughs> on the cover. She's holding a holding a sword. sword yeah. I'll, I'll read. Right? The, I'll read it, the uh, oh. what's here as a description. Because uh, there is uh, uh, the one here. Hold on. Uh, an alien girl seeks her out uh, for a vicious mission. Her world has been destroyed, and the bad guys responsible are still out there. She wants revenge. If Supergirl doesn't help her, she'll do it herself, whatever the cost. So it's going cosmic. Supergirl's going off mm-hmm. with this uh, this alien uh, mm-hmm. to potentially help and or talk her out of said revenge. Uh, we will see. Mm-hmm. But she is holding the sword, as Matt said. Uh, she's back in the red skirt as opposed to the blue skirt. Not a huge change, but worth mentioning. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I'm pumped. I, I, I wanted another Supergirl book. And while an ongoing would be great, a, a prestigious Tom King issue mini Mm-hmm. is arguably even a, a bigger deal in terms of actual, like, because this will be a trade. This will be something you can say, hey, yeah. best Supergirl stories of all time. There's a good chance we're going to say, hey, read this Tom King Supergirl book. Well, that's why DC are making it. All of these uh, Black Label books, especially all these Tom King ones, they're designed not for us reading monthly, not Ooh. really. They're designed for the book market uh, for, for years to come. That's just to, cla- yeah. just to clarify, this is not a Black Label book. No, no, but I'm including this with those. Uh, you know, in, in I know, I'm just clarifying for the audience because the way you said which, that. Right, so which tells me that when you when you think about continuity and whatnot, that this will actually be a piece in the Supergirl mythos going forward. You know, like mm. they can, other writers can, you know, refer back to this in, in many ways, whereas kind of with Strange Adventures and Mr. Miracle, kind of those are their own thing, you know? Yeah, some uh, so, part some parts will be taken that, that people like, yeah. like you know, the idea of the kid being born and stuff. Maybe that'll that gets. I think it's even yeah. referenced once already in something else. But uh, yeah, you know, like we'll we'll have moments of like that. Whereas, and but the thing is, though, is because this is dealing with another planet, it's dealing with this alien. 
Uh, most of this can be pretty much whatever Tom King wants it to be. The only thing that has to happen is that Supergirl is still Supergirl by the end, and it can still stay in continuity. Uh, right. Without any, you know, you know, effort, yeah. really. So. Um, and, and he has grown as a writer since. I still need to read his vision, but with all the WandaVision stuff out, like, you can't go on Twitter right now when, without people going, hey, you guys really uh, liked WandaVision, check out his vision, you know, mini or whatever it was, maxi series, you know? So, um, very good. I just, um, yeah. Possibly one of my favorite, it might be my favorite Tom King work. Wow. So I, I hope this is closer to, you know, looking at his DC work, hoping that this is closer, to, you know, the Mr. Miracle Strange Adventures and like Omega Men, which I couldn't get through. This is one story that I just, I couldn't connect to. Um, but he's doing cosmic, so we'll just see how that goes. But I'm, I'm pumped. And then you get on the Evely art, and it's just like, come on, this is an embarrassment of riches. Yep. Uh, this was out of nowhere. It's surprising. You know, it's a, it's a week early as far as presumably we're going to have solicits for next week's episode. Although last month uh, it was I a week mean, later, so I mean, it could go either way. There's the, the reason they announced it when they did is due to the, the they you know name drop it at the end of uh, Infinite Frontier, don't they? Yeah, I mean, that's why, but, like, I mean, they could have just not done that. <laughs> like, I mean, I guess, but they clearly wanted something to show in June. Like, you know, they, they wanted to show, you know, there's stuff coming, you know, every month for the next few months. Uh, so they wanted something to put in the June slot uh, at the end of Infinite Frontier. Yeah, but, I mean, relative to, due to the normal cycle of comics and how we get our news, this is relatively out of nowhere. Yeah, there's a reason <laughs> why it's specifically pointing up this week, but... Uh, it is kind of random based on when we normally get our news. And there was actually a second thing that came out of that, uh, which is the second part of news. Uh, and it's not super surprising, but there is going to be a mini-series by Joshua Williamson that is Infinite Frontier. So issue zero will mm-hmm. lead to an issue one. Issue one is going to launch in June. Uh, and I want to say it's a five-issue mini? but I, Oh, six-issue. Sorry, six-issue. For some reason, I had five in my head. I don't know why. Man, with the, with the zero, that makes seven, which is pretty, uh, <laughs> pretty DC of them. That is true. Uh, so, yeah, I don't, I don't know if the if there was like a proper description of what the actual. I don't remember reading one. Mm-mm. Yeah. Uh, da, 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 da. But based on what we read in, in Infinite Frontier, I'm sure it has. You know, it's going to pick up on those main kind of story plot threads. Well, a lot of those right? threads are going to be taken up in in the ongoing book. So I imagine if anything, it'll be Wonder Woman stuff well yeah i'm wondering with the two with you know the elseworld and the other one yeah 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 that that's that's what i'm thinking yeah no very possibly uh but um oh actually there's a little bit here actually in this article and the summer event alan scott the green lantern from the just society of america has noticed that some of his allies are still missing in action and he's determined to find them oh boy <laughs> i like that sentence mm. <laughs> i do like that sentence there's a little bit more as well. Yeah. Uh, there are others, though, uh, that would rather remain hidden than explain themselves. Roy Harper, a.k.a. Arsenal. The man who should be dead now is not. Uh, more than that than a bit when we talk about the book. Uh, yeah, buddy. Plus, what does all this mean for the DCU's place in the multiverse? On the opposite sides of the dimensional divide, both Barry Allen and President Superman ponder this question, uh, which actually ties into what Matt was saying about the continuing investigating these Earths, or these two planets, I should say. Uh, yeah. Not to mention the... Well, I'll save that for when we talk about that next yeah. sentence. Because uh, yeah, that's spoiling the, the last page uh, of Infinite yeah. Frontier Zero. So I won't be a complete Which, dick. <laughs> r- remind me to bring up something Williamson involved 
you know, uh, when we get to the end of it. Sure. Just so I don't forget. Okay, Mouse was involved at the end of Infinite Frontier. Yes. Uh, so, I mean, not surprising. There's going to be an event mini spinning out of Infinite Frontier. Uh, that's neat. I'm, I'm, in, I'm excited. I'm interested. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm here for more Williamson stuff, just as long as it doesn't, you know, go too long like on Flash. You know, where you can kind of feel it, feel the, feel the dip. I feel like a, you know, six-issue mini. Right, right, right in there. Well, it was more like issue 55 he started dipping with Flash, so I think you're all right. Uh, yeah. I think you're all right. Uh, Not well yet. So that was basically the news. The only other thing, and, and this is something that really it'll just bring up more when we're reading the actual... Uh, the actual books or talking about the actual books but uh tiny and did kind of imply there's going to be something to do with the batgirls later in the year maybe a book maybe not it was all very vague but i mean he did confirm there are creators already attached to whatever it is so yeah. implies to me a book or, or at the very least a, a story in one of the anthologies or a backup yeah. yeah so no that's cool um we'll talk about more exactly what we think that could be when we get to relevant stuff in the mm-hmm. books because there is <laughs> there is stuff uh plenty which i am delighted to see so that's cool that was the news unless there was anything else that i missed that people wanted to bring up uh no just that i would really like uh diamond to sort out their uk shipping better so that i don't have to wait like two or three weeks for some of my books at a time because it's starting to piss me off having to double dip yeah Yeah, so i I went into my shop wednesday and and one of the guys that works there goes hey I don't know why I'm telling you this, but there's no uh, Marvel or Independent, as I usually just pick up DC. <laughs> <laughs> and I go, huh, why is that? He goes, Diamond. Diamond screwed, Diamond screwed up. They'll be here tomorrow. And I was like, weird, but you got all your DC books, right? He goes, oh yeah, Lunar? Not a problem since. <laughs> <laughs> and I was yeah. like, wow, and now we know why DC went with well, the option that they obviously, did. So. In the UK, they're still using uh, Diamond right. UK. Next, uh, no, So not until next week. Uh, the um, this week's books arrived, like the you know uh, Swamp Thing, for example, doesn't come out, uh, isn't in the UK stores till next week. But also the final week, so last week of um, Future State. State is also coming out next week <laughs> for those books. It's yeah, it's a mess. <laughs> Good thing digital exists. Yes, <laughs> digital really? making it very easy for everyone to be on par. Yes, uh, which is nice. Uh, yeah. Um, so I mean, obviously, it's a big week. It's it's uh, start of a new era. It's, it, this is kind of special for us in the sense that we started this show with the start of rebirth, and I mm-hmm. think that this is genuinely the start of the next phase, the next era, whatever we're going to call it. Uh, naturally, we're going to probably refer to this as the Infinite Frontier era. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't think it's quite it's as catchy. It's future, though. It's not quite as catchy as rebirth, but. No. Uh, you know, it started with a one shot. It's it's kind of put us all into a new status quo uh, after Future State and after all, all the books have the big infinite frontier splash. Yeah, on it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and obviously after the end of of Death Metal, where we're sort of propelled into this new version of continuity. Yeah, and I am just happy because not that like Rebirth was starting to feel I don't want to say stale, but we were kind of in like a holding pattern almost, and you know we had two metal events and. You know, little little continuity changes here or there. This feels like a full refresh. You know, even though not much has changed, well, I, it's a weird thing. I, th- I think, um, to be fair to Rebirth, I don't think any problems we had with 
things need a refresh in the last couple of years were really anything to do with the concept of Rebirth in the first place because it kind of mm-hmm. shifted quite far from, you know, when Jeff Johns came in and launched it all and, you know, mm-hmm. obviously the, the, the departure of Didio and everything in the past year and a half is why things are refreshing as hard as they are right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, arguably, they may have refreshed in a very different way, if anyway, but uh, obviously yeah. we have the version we have now, uh, which I think leads us in nicely to Infinite Frontier issue zero, uh, which obviously whole host of creators will get into it as we <laughs> as we go. Mm-hmm. Well, you say that, but I... they don't say the creators as they go, so it might be worth kind of. No, um, but I, you know what, I like that they're doing these table of contents style pages. You know, so you, you it's easy to refer back to. Okay, for, 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 well, for Connor's sake, since he's insisting I do it, uh, obviously uh, Joshua Wilmson is the wraparound. Um, mm-hmm. which... with, with Tynan and Snyder, apparently. With Tynan and Snyder. Where is the... Oh, it's up at the top. They're, they're right at the top, uh, right at the top. Yeah. Um, Notably, though, the very, very ending by Williamson has got GRGR art, which is probably the worst thing about the whole book. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. so we'll get to that when we get to it. Um, although Carl's making a face, which implies he hates something else, because of course he hates something else, because why would Connor like good things? Uh, that just doesn't make sense, does it? Uh, so just to run down how these are broken up, now these don't have pages on them, and part of that's because like, Batman, for instance, is split into two, so it, it just makes sense just to sort of label it by title. Uh, but the Justice League story uh, is by Bendis, with art by David Marquez, uh, which makes sense, they're on the book. Batman's by James Tyron IV and Jorge Jimenez, again, makes sense, they're on the ongoing book. Wonder Woman's by Becky Clunan and Michael W. Conrad. I yeah, I know what section that is. I'm thinking. I'm just. I'm thinking about it because obviously the wraparound is also Wonder Woman technically. But I'm just thinking about what section that is. Yes, makes sense because on the book. Yes. Uh, uh, Wonder Girl, uh, Joel Jones again makes sense. She's on the book. Uh, Green Lantern, Alan Scott. Interesting is by James Tynion the Fourth with Stephen Byrne on art. Uh, so curious and. If Alan Scott's going to be a main feature in the miniseries that's coming in summer, maybe it makes sense uh, that that's not necessarily someone who's attached to an ongoing book that's related to him right now. Uh, I think the, the strangest part by that logic is that it's not Williamson. Well, no, but you just pointed out that Tynan's one of the writers overall at the top. So That's, that's true. So that um, makes me think that Tynan and Snyder may also be writing some of the, the mini. with. Uh, and, and also, given the context of what this particular story is and yeah. you know and, and being you know uh, Tynan and Byrne and you know who they are as people it makes sense uh, why this team is, well, is on and and on top of that too is the continuation from the Green Lantern special that they did yeah. also I'm pretty Byrne. sure Carr just told me something about Stephen Byrne that I didn't know because I didn't realize that he, he fit into yeah, that uh, category <laughs> but fair enough yeah uh, so Teen Titans Academy written by Tim Sheridan by Rafa Sandoval and Jordi Tarragona, again, makes sense, given who's on the ongoing book. Superman, Philip Kennedy Johnson, uh, with art by Jamal Eigel. Um, Good to see Eigel back doing super stuff. Yeah. Um, is this a John story, I assume? Because the other one's definitely yes. the Justice League one, yeah. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, Green Arrow and Black Canary, written by Joshua Wilmson, art by Alex Maleev. Uh, that's cool. If that leads mm-hmm. to, if that, I mean, I know they're going to be in Justice League, but if that leads to a Green Arrow and Black Canary book with Maleev, then oh baby. Uh, I, <laughs> I, I feel like, you know, it has to at a certain point. Just... The, the only problem with that is, I mean, from, from my perspective, is how often does Maleev work with 
non-Bendis people on a, on an actual run outside of you. Know, <laughs> I, I, I know he does like short little bits like this. He's, he's had the odd backup in things before, but when he does runs, you know, full stories, more often than not, it's with Bendis. Mm. Uh, Stargirl, Jeff Johns, and Todd Nuck. No surprises. Green Lanterns, uh, Jeffrey Thorne, Dexter Soy. Again, no surprises. The Flash by Joshua Williamson and Howard Poor. Uh, which is interesting, and that leads me to think that that is more leading into... I mean, obviously it sets up something for the Flash book. We'll get to that when we get there, but it maybe implies that that story is more relevant to what it's setting up for Barry doing in the miniseries than for Frontier right. come summer. Right. Uh, so that makes sense. And then the epilogue, of course, as I mentioned, Williamson with John Romita Jr. on art, unfortunately. But uh, so th- there's your careers uh, for us to refer back to. I'll lately forget half of those names as we're going, but... Yep. Uh, there they are. So the basic gist of this is that Wonder Woman is given uh, an offer to by the Quintessence uh, mm-hmm. to. Which, uh, that was a a nice uh, sighting by them. Mm-hmm. Um. So. Yeah, uh, I like Wonder Woman recognizing Hera as well, which was yep. a nice touch, and and the Quintessence. So, real quick, the Quintessence. It's Ganthet. It's High Father. It's the Phantom Stranger, it's Hera, and the fifth one. Um, it's a good question. Who is it? Because <laughs> is it is it Zeus? Oh no, it's the wizard. Yeah, I was going to say, it looks like it could be the wizard. The wizard. It, it's right. the purple that throws me off. I'm not used to yeah. it. Doesn't, it doesn't always wear well, the and it doesn't. And this is not the wizard that we've we've been seeing lately, you know? The wizard has a, has a different look since at least New 52. So to see this version, it took me a second. And then I remembered right after I asked. I was like, oh, yeah. Because for, for a second, I thought it was Zeus. I'm like, wait, but why do we have Zeus and Hera? Yeah, but we just had a crisis, you know? Matt. So these appearance can change a little bit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I know. But it kind of threw me. Because all the other ones, you know, you can, yeah. you can just, it's always a tale. Like, even Hera, that looks, this looks more like the um, Azrello version of her. Um, with the way that she is. But yeah. And I think uh, what's interesting though is, is Hera is probably the one you would not recognize at first, right. potentially, because she's not as distinct as some of the others. No. Uh, like, you know, compared to uh, Phantom Strange or the Spectre, who are right. very obvious. Uh, right. So I think that's probably why they chose as well to have, you know, Diana, mm-hmm. you know, reference her name beyond just, you know, oh, it's recognition from, you know, that stuff, but it's it's helpful for the reader as well. Yeah, I think it's interesting to note that uh, the Spectre here points out that Wonder Woman just saw possible futures. So I think they're actually already clearly saying that future state is not a set in stone thing. Like, whatever she's just seen mm. is possible futures. Uh, right. So they're right away saying, even though some of the ongoing books are going to tie into things that are in those future state books, that doesn't necessarily mean that that future is actually going to come to pass uh, in the strictest sense. At least sense. not as directly as it seems yeah. there so i think that's important and they've already put that in there and we already kind of knew that was going to be true anyway because it's comics and they were never going to stick to what they'd set up you know mm-hmm. in 10 years time right it's just the Can way things imagine? are but uh, it's nice that they're already kind of establishing that uh but the, you know she's offered this job and she's worried that she was told there was a great threat coming to the dcu and she, that's why she's hesitant to take the offer so the Spectre basically takes her around, and it's almost like Wally West and Rebirth. She goes around and sees various characters and what they're up to. Uh, John is like the one big exception where it's kind of in the future because it's, you know, him as Superman. Everyone else is more or less present day, I think. 
uh, unless I'm forgetting one of them, but I think they are. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we start off with the Justice League story, which is uh, where the Shazadam controversy came from. <laughs> <laughs> Which is to say there is no controversy whatsoever. It's just that people don't know that he's called Black Adam, and that's just a joke, and that's it. That's the whole thing. Uh, but that's the kind of the little twist is that because they're trying to tell him that Black Adam saved them, uh, people in this country, and Superman is like, oh, you, you mean you mean Shazam? You mean you know Captain Marvel? Mm-hmm. And like, no, no, this one. And they show him a photo on their phone, and it's Black Adam, and it's like, mm-hmm. wait, huh? Okay, that's right. And obviously, this is teasing the Justice League stuff because Black Adam's going to be on the team. Uh, honestly, right. it's only it's, it's like three or four pages. It's not there's not much to it. Uh, mm-hmm. Simple. The, the Marquez art is really nice. It's fantastic. I was getting that this is a different Black Adam. Like this, like in some ways, it feels like the Black Adam that we've always had. Mm-hmm. But I don't know if it's just the way Marquez is drawing him. It feels slightly off, almost like it is different. You know, like maybe someone has assumed the mantle don't, of Black don't Adam. Don't you dare say that he actually is Shazam. <laughs> no, I don't think it's Shazadam. I but maybe maybe it's someone else. Maybe Black Adam has you know abdicated finally and has given his power. Hey, Matt, I don't know. Don't worry, Connor's going to find out because Connor's going to be reading with us. I think uh, from what I've heard from the patrons. Uh... I didn't read this though. I I, I skipped those two pages. <sighs> you you, you skipped God, three pages out of spite. And I don't know how many pages even... going to be. But it wasn't even like Bendisy. It's the quickest Bendisy I've ever read. <laughs> I didn't know how long it was going to be. I saw, oh, Bendis in the Justice League story. That's up first. Okay, skip through. Oh, art change. Gotham. Perfect. I'll jump in here. Oh, geez. You're the worst sometimes, Connor. I regret nothing. I, I want to stick up for you most of the time, but like right now, I want to throttle you. It's all right. You're going to have. Do you know what? Some, sometimes I just. It's really hard in this show sometimes not to swear, especially right now when the C word's in my head and I just want to yell it. Um, like Connor? You say Connor. It's, it means the same thing. Hey, 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 whoa, 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 whoa. Whoa, his name's not Connor, actually. I've forgotten. His name's Conroe now. Conroe. <laughs> I've forgotten this. Yes, Conroe is here uh, on the show. Apologies. That's his bizarro who actually likes good things. I don't know. He, he had to uh, pick, pick on a tweet that I made a typo in, and now I'm just going to stick to it and call him Conroe. Well, if you just made a typo of something else, I wouldn't have bothered, but you typoed my name, and I have some personal yeah, pride. Mm. Sometimes. Well, well, next time I'm going to intentionally keep... It's going to keep getting worse until it's barely oh, unrecognizable. It's just going to be CR21 by the time it's finished. It's going to evolve right. into it. Uh, so I, I love Marquez's Clark. Uh, I, I think his the Superman face is is exceptional. Uh, that last panel of him just sort of looking off hopeful. Uh, you know, and, you know, and and, and not everyone's a fan of Bendis dialogue, but I actually really love Superman. Say, you know, my mother says that all the time, and Barry's just like, oh, to be you. Well, at least yep. is it Barry? Given given what happens later, maybe it isn't Barry. Yeah. Oh, well, let's it. look at the suit. I mean, he actually- got blue eyes. So it's it's got to be Barry. Okay. Yeah. Because Wally has green eyes and a different shaped belt. So when he's the Flash. I thought this was the, the Wally belt. Though. It's got a point in the middle. Well, then the color is messed up. Because. <laughs> Wait, I'm scrolling to the end to compare. Come on, pages. Well, no, I'm not comparing it to Wally's current suit. I'm comparing it to Wally's full Flash suit. Because he's going to be back in his like, regular Flash suit, though, right? But he becomes flash. You would assume. Yeah. Mm. 
you know, not his that kid said, flashing I mean, fire. I, I'm looking at the, the Barry suit at the end, mm -hmm. and it looks pretty much the same, just without the extra speed line. It looks like Marquez has just cleaned up well, some of the speed lines a little bit, to be okay. honest. Okay, all right. Yeah, no, so so Wally's, Wally's belt is more... You're right, though, Pete. This is, is more angled, but Barry's has always been like a full belt around, right? Sure. And that's what this looks like, whereas Wally's always comes more to a V. Like the two lightning bolts are meeting in the middle. Yeah, which, so, which is why I was questioning because that that yeah, shot from the, yeah, yeah, yeah. the panel from the side when when he's pointing to Superman, it looks like it's a pointing into the middle. Whereas what Barry's, yeah. from my memory, it never did that. It was always just more of a yeah steady across kind of thing. Yeah, I'm gonna. I'm just gonna say this is before he goes to sure. the you know present Superman. Is, is, is Barry just based off the eye color alone? Yeah, it's, it's, it's an art glitch. I'll just call it that. I think what is <laughs> what is likely is that this is Barry because I think everything in this issue takes place more or less chronologically. Yeah, um, yeah that's fair. So I think this is being seen before the ending of this, and then the the ongoing Justice League book will take place after everything in this issue, barring you know, one or two specific points. Um, so you know, more or less, anyway. Yeah. Okay. All right. This is an interesting question. Yeah, we got to Gotham. Uh, for the I mean, no, actually, just uh, I suppose I don't know the way you rate it, Matt, but just uh, general feelings on Justice League section, yay, may or nay? That's a yay. Yeah, yay for me you know, too. I, uh, I I like when Justice League. It doesn't need to be a flagship, but when it feels like it's doing bigger things than just kind of the you know event of the week. Do I like? Uh, is he had three pages. He didn't try to cram every Justice League member into it. He just did a simple no. little thing, uh, a little it was teasing Black Adam. And a little bit yeah. of Barry Clark interaction, and that's it. You know, it's a nice tease of what to expect from the, you know, from where, where the story is gonna go. Yeah. Uh, so we go to Gotham, and we mm -hmm. get some narration from someone who, you know, we don't really know who it is yet. Obviously, after reading the rest of this story and then reading Batman as well, it's now it's like I just know who it is by looking at the the font. But uh, starting to read this. Uh, if you read this first, and you should have read this first. This should have been read before any other book this, this week. This was definitely the first thing yeah. I read this week, because it feels like, yeah. no, this is, this is kicking off everything, yeah. and everything else will spin out of this. Yeah. First thing Tuesday morning. Yeah, I mean, it only really mattered for Batman, because Batman kind of follows directly on yeah. from the stuff in this, but... It's just good practice that whenever these sorts of issues happen, event issues in general, nine times out of ten, you want to read those first. Yeah, mm -hmm. so... The issue is mainly set in Arkham, and we follow one of the guards in Arkham named Mahoney. Uh, mm -hmm. Not to be confused with the main character from the first four Police Academy films, just uh, for mm -hmm. anyone who may have been confused. Uh, but, uh, good old Gutberg. <laughs> but he, uh, he's in Arkham, and he discovers that there's a, uh, a Joker toxin attack on Arkham, which everyone reacts to because it's like, wait, Joker doesn't usually do a big thing like so soon after he's done another big moment. Uh, and seemingly... Bane is dead because he lifts up Bane's mask and we see his tongue hanging out and he's all jokerified. So, yeah, so I have a theory on this, but we'll we'll get through sure <laughs> uh, the issue first. Uh, but uh, we get to maybe the most important page of any comic this week, which is establishing uh, the thing I've been asking for for literally years at this point, right? Cass and Steph are out fighting grunts, right? And I mean, Cass especially is like straight up in our Batgirl outfit now, right? That's just, we've uh -huh. established that already. Yeah, Steph's still in the, the spoiler suit. I, I think the spoiler, the spoiler one's still cool enough and distinct enough that I don't think they felt the need. Whereas 
Cassie's orphan suit was just the Batgirl suit without the Bat logo of the year, so it always looked kind of, I don't know, kind of naked. Do you know, I think part of the problem is as well is they need Steph to keep her purple colour scheme. Yes. But we just spent like three years with Babs running around in a purple bat. Yes. I mean, I think uh, Steph, you can't see it in this panel, but I'm pretty sure from the Batman issues from before, she did have a Bat logo on it now. So it's still the spoiler suit, but it's got a Bat logo on it. If you really just, you could put, could you put ears on the hood? <laughs> Please no. Still, you know, <laughs> I don't think you so, need like, to. Like a, but... one of those those uh, Japanese style hoodies that, that look like animals. You know, like, uh, <laughs> it's called like a Kigurumi. I'd rather if not. A DC editorial is listening to this. Please disregard the last. <laughs> yes. You know, just Please you know, put a little bit of bad ears there. Please no. She's still there. Joe, actually, this reminded me of. There's a moment way back. This is going back to a Marvel thing, but uh, way back when Bendis started off his new Avengers run. There's a moment in mm-hmm. issue one of that where something, you know, whatever events happening out near the city and all the, all these various random heroes have run out. And there's a moment where Spider-Man says to Cap, say it, say it. And he, you know, you t- t- flip the page and it's uh, Cap yelling Avengers Assemble, right? You know, yeah. that's the moment. Um, So here it reminded me of that because, you know, Steph, Cass is like, you know, you, or Steph's like, you have to say it. Like, please, you'll make Cass so happy if you see it. So you go back to the Watchtower and Batgirl, you know, Barbara's in full Oracle mode and she's like, okay, Batgirls on my signal, go. She calls them Batgirls. We've got Batgirls. It's officially a thing. And I do mm-hmm. appreciate them having Huntress there to sort of point out that this is kind of an evolution of Birds of Prey. Uh, it's neat. But no. Yeah, I mean, it is, though. You're still yeah. seeing Dinah, you know, but <laughs> other than that. Well, I don't you know. think Huntress is going to like stick around and be a part of it too much, but uh, you know, I, like yeah. the, the point here is to set up that it is kind of an evolution of Birds of Prey, uh, or you know, Oracle explains that yeah, she can still get in the suit and go kick ass occasionally, but hey, like she always liked the idea of being everywhere, and she can't do that in the outfit, and that's the appeal yeah. of being Oracle partly, but it also gives her chip and her, her spine I... a chance to like not be as heavily used. <laughs> And this is where I feel like she is at her best. Because, yeah, sure, she can be Batgirl. But to me, when I got into comics, she was already Oracle. And she fit into that that role so well, you know, as, as kind of the the network for superheroes. And, you know, she can be everywhere at once. And on here now, she's not there. Like how they uh, be like, you know, how they added here that you know her her spinal uh what does she call them on here I don't implants. find it but the the implants are you know they they could go out at any time it's just kind of better to to save this for big occasions so when we do see her suit up you know theoretically it would be during you know when Tynan's writing a big huge batman thing i think her feeling she can do more by helping everyone from this sort mm-hmm. of role is like the best justification for her wanting to do this when she you know she can yeah. put on the suit and go fight I'm honestly a little bit surprised that they haven't, as of yet, maybe they still will in the eventual book slash story, whenever the, wherever this shows up. If they, you know, that um, they aren't tying this into uh, the, you know, the, the lack of Alfred there now, because mm-hmm. Alfred has kind of been filling that role well, for the past you know, decade or mm-hmm. so. Yeah, actually, to be honest, I mean, when we get to Batman, I think it kind of shows you in Batman, she is filling that role now. She is kind of taking yeah. that place as Alfred, right. so... No, you know, I think functionally she is here as well. That's what I'm saying. Is that yeah. I'm surprised that it's not being addressed yet. Uh, maybe, maybe it will be in that story when mm-hmm. it comes up. Um, but it feels like that's part of, or it should be part of her motivation here. Is 
as well as she's done this before, she knows what she's doing. She's good at it. She can do. She yeah, help. I, there isn't anyone else in that role anymore. I honestly even think I need like a story beat out of it. I'd like even just a, a subtle nod to this was Alfred's job before would be enough yeah. for me just to kind of like set up. Oh, she's aware that she's doing it. She's aware that she's filling that role that he was. Yeah, just some self acknowledgement. Yeah. Uh, but it's just, uh, I even think of playing the Arkham games and I'm like, you literally start off with Oracle and then when Oracle stopped being the thing you spoke to, you, you spoke to Alfred instead. You know, even that mm-hmm. game kind of swapped them in those roles. So it's kind of interesting. Um, uh, but the idea that, you know, Alfred was still fairly limited because he, he typically only spoke to Batman and maybe a few other Bat family members. Oracle is much more wider scope and the idea, oh, I'm going to take this global, I'm going to take this out. Like, but she mostly talks to Bat characters and Gotham characters, but yeah, like there's precedence in comics for her to straight up to call Superman, to call, you know, whoever. You know? Yeah. So, that's uh, that's neat. Uh, but yeah, so, so they react to the, the Joker attack. Grifter shows up to get uh, Lucius Fox, who's with uh, Jace. Uh, so, mm-hmm. he, is this the first time he's been introduced in present day? I, I believe so. Yeah. I was I was wondering I that. So. Uh, so it says that. Uh, we introduced the mayor character, who obviously having read Batman as well, we know is going to be a, a fairly prominent character. Uh, does yeah, it... he's been showing up in Detective recently as well. Yeah. Oh, neat. Okay, that's cool. Uh, that, he was in that, uh, that one, that one issue I had to read. That mm-hmm. was where he was running for mayor. Well, I, I like mm-hmm. that this worked for me, even, not, even though I hadn't read him in Detective. Yeah. yeah. But it set that up nicely. Uh, sets up that they don't really want uh, to rely on the, the, the you know the, the masks as much anymore, uh, but we essentially have this almost like I mean it's not even just, it's just one panel, but the idea that Mahoney's like one of the few people who have survived, he's, he's able to like try and not breathe in the toxin, and he's running around inside. Um, I actually love the cliffhanger because this is split into two, um, but the cliffhanger to yeah. this I love. It's just it's Mahoney running through and he's on the walkie-talkie. He's like, please, is anyone? You know, coming to help, and you just hear "Stay on the line," and, you, and the, the, that that final page is just this gorgeous yeah. full page spread of Batman saying he's on his because because Batman's this, not been here the whole uh, story so far. This is his right. first appearance. This this page is uh, Jimenez doing his his best Malif. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, because if I didn't know better, I, I probably would have said it was a Malif page. Yeah, he's, he's upside down. He's on the zip, you know, the grapple hook line or whatever. Uh, and it's just this super dark and inky. Uh, it's a gorgeous page. It's absolutely wonderful. It's, it's it's both gorgeous and it's a wonderful like F yeah moment after the previous like question. You know, just mm-hmm. simple simple storytelling. Uh, how do we feel? I mean, it's only part one of this, I suppose. But yeah, nay or meh. Yeah. 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 Um. So. Oh my god. Are we sure this is Joker toxin? And, uh, I would not. You know. I mean, I, yeah, because there's no hint of Joker other than the fact that Joker talks. Is be- I mean, the ending implies it's actually more someone else. Just that, that's what I'm going to say. Also, this guy's red hair. Is this Peacekeeper 1? Uh, is this the guy that becomes the first Peacekeeper? We'll you check know that- when we get to that later, when we get a name. Uh, again, and double check, I guess. Yeah, I don't think did, so. Did we ever get a name for Peacekeeper One? No, never the guy name. No, so that's one. what I'm saying. It's when when that reveal was made, and what was that? The was that in Dark Detective? Yeah, uh, our next Batman took off his mask. Mm. Yeah, yeah, so I, well, I mean, he does lose an arm by the end of the story. I mean, that's not to say that he can't get like a uh, like a bionic arm or something. Cybernetic, but, well, yeah. and we know everyone in the magistrate from those books they they get upgraded, you know. Uh, I mean that comes up. No, I just that comes up in Batman though, so we'll get to that in Batman. 
Gotcha. Yeah. Uh, uh, so, uh, for the record, my air is more on the actual storytelling. I like the ideas. I like uh, you know going forward. I'm excited for these various stories. I just think it reads really like you know there's like two pages of each thing and it feels really fragmented it doesn't feel like it flows together as one story i completely disagree all of us about reacting to the fact there's an attack on arkham this all felt completely connected to me, <laughs> me it, it just felt really disjointed to me it made it feel big to me it felt no, like it was affecting the whole city everyone's reacting to it it felt that i was into it i i prefer when tynan is juggling bat characters versus just his straight up batman run you know like his detective i feel like he has the right like mind to do this so to see all these characters pop up the way that they do i really like it it makes it feel you know i feel the sense of gotham well one of the best things about his run so far has been the ensemble building of like a cast mm -hmm. that he's using and uh you know having oracle in the back girls obviously harley's been a thing and that's still true in the new issue too uh yep. plus this mayor plus magistrate stuff and the villain that we're getting to in the back half of this later uh i'm loving all the stuff that's is, is struggling uh so uh, next up, we have the Wonder Woman section, uh, setting up the Nubia, uh, is going to be the replacement for Diana, but they do acknowledge that there is this other contender, this Brazilian Wonder Woman, yeah. uh, and Yara from, Flor. From the other, yeah, from the distant, you know, other tribe, sisterhood, yeah. Say, yeah. yeah. Uh, so they reference that. So, uh, yeah, the, the story beat here is that Nubia gets, like, a test where she's going to open the box for the Medusa head, and it's a certain death. <laughs> <laughs> but there's nothing in it it's just well, not yeah yeah not just death but it's a fate worse than death because your body is you know frozen but your mind's still alive sure yeah so it's like, I like that newbie is like i'll take my chances let's do this <laughs> um you know yeah uh and and that's where hippolyta is like oh no okay you you pass but nobly that's the type of attitude it takes yeah but nobly she's not sending nubia off to go be the new wonder woman mm -hmm. she's she's basically saying that she's going to go and go into the world of man which makes sense because we know she's going to be on justice league uh but nubia state and it makes me wonder actually like how much of the wonder woman book is going to have some nubia stuff in it is it going to continue to be a backup yeah. in that story uh, i think for the like... foreseeable future at least yeah um because uh, I mean, all the solicits so far are still dealing with Diana. Uh, yeah, but who's to say that at the end of that arc, we don't get a swap, and now we mm -hmm. get Nubia in the main It's, you know, it's very possible, section. especially as uh, this, this story was uh, Clinton and Conrad, right? Yeah. So. right. Mm -hmm. yeah, I could see them doing a flip where they put Nubia in the main story mm -hmm. and Diana goes out of the backup for an arc. Like, yeah. They could totally or do it's, that. Yeah. possible they do some Hippolyta story as well. Oh, yeah, yeah. Right. yeah they, could, right. they could rotate the cast. Well, uh, maybe not Yara, just because she has her own book. <laughs> but if, you yeah. know, all the others, you know, why not? Uh, makes sense. You have to rename the book Wonder Women. <laughs> fine by me. Oh, fine, sure, whatever. Uh, Wonder Arc, because they'd have to renumber. Just call it Wonder Women, it's fine. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, they didn't renumber Red Hood in any of those bloody renames. Yeah, but, you know. No one cares about Red Hood. That's Red Hood. It's not Wonder, it's not Wonder Woman. Except you uh, and David. No, it's Wonder Women. <laughs> uh so yeah uh year and on that again just a few pages matt so far yay connor i mean yeah it's fine uh, i i don't have any strong some feelings on this one either way yeah sure. that's kind of where i'm at but i'm also not at a meh i, yeah. I, I like the story because i like the whole medusa you're, head you're not you're not concerned is the point though you're, you're like Maybe I should no. be like a year plus for true excitement, but yeah, in sense yeah. that, yeah, sure, I'm, I'm in. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, no, I'm at that point. It's like, yeah, it looks fine. Yeah, okay. 
Uh, there are a couple of pages of Yara, just to follow on from that, which introduces her mm-hmm. in present day. Uh, she's going back to Brazil, which her, her, her auntie, I think it is, who she's living with, is mm-hmm. not happy about it. Uh, v- very upset, the little photo that, that is taken. Uh, Yara sort of, like, perks up and smells for it, even though they're having a fight, but the auntie does not. Uh, I I love her character so much. I know. Like, <laughs> this is only two pages. Well, technically three, because one's a two-page oh. spread, but whatever. <laughs> like, it's, right. it's really just two pages. And that two-page spread of her waving goodbye has so much personality. And, mm-hmm. I mean, the only real key plot beat, other than introducing the idea of her aunt and uncle and that she she moved away from Brazil, is that there's a couple of, I suspect, Amazons from the tribe she's technically from who have yeah. found her. Yeah. Secret agent style. So, uh, Which tells me, why, why is she up in Boise, Idaho? Which is, you know, pretty pretty much the opposite of the rainforest as you can get. Right. Um, you know, Matt, I, I'm I so... just know from backstory context that she's been living there for a, a while, most yeah. of her life. I am so glad mm-hmm. you knew where Boise was, because I had no idea. <laughs> yeah, no, it's... I know. I only knew uh, uh, that she was in Idaho because of external interview stuff. Yes, I, I was not aware yeah, of no. Idaho, so... Um, I have a question. <laughs> Matt, is, is it normal yeah. for um, American airports to just hang the flag like that? Because that was just, like, bizarre to me. Oh, yeah, no, yeah, 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 no, that, that's a thing. Cut down, America. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's the wrong way up. <laughs> well, now, as has been America, we have certain codes and regulations that come to hanging the flag. And as long as it's not upside down, uh, if you display it lengthwise like that, I do think the stars have to be facing. Top, yeah. Yeah, up in the top corner. because um, And you have to designate which way is, is straight. Or straight, which one is is where you're looking at it from? Because if you go around to the other side, now it's on the mm. you know the opposite side. But yeah, it's uh, that that's normal, Connor, and it's you know. <laughs> I'm not sure you can double print read... it so that it's that it's just flipped on the other side to so it's no right because the way that, that flags are sewn with the different fabric, right? It's not just uh, one, fair. you know, like proper flags like this. Like if you get one that's printed, that's like a cheapie you hang outside your house. But even then, it's not double-sided like that, like what you're saying. It's all straight through. I think I so. love the idea of stealing like a proper flag look from an airport like this and replacing it with like a photocopied one just to see if anyone notices mm-hmm. for any length of time. Really? I you will don't... get shot. <laughs> <laughs> Let's imagine you are Catwoman and a Master Thief <laughs> yes. and you're not like... I would venture to guess that not a lot of people would notice because I've, I've noticed that the people that care about the flag the most are just very loud about it and they probably don't actually know like like it's against the flag code to wear clothing items flag with the code. flag with yeah. the flag code no yeah. like legit it's like a thing you I was know, I was thinking all the time I was thinking of the end of being the ultimate disaster movie where he replaces Whistler's mother with a a, a printout of it because he ruins the painting and just puts it in the frame and hope no one's notices <laughs> delightful film I regret bringing it up. Unbelievable. <laughs> yeah. uh, on to the, the GSA, or more specifically, Alan Scott uh, fragment, which is again notable here in that uh, they do reference that history has somewhat been restored uh, because of the end of Death Metal. Mm-hmm. Uh, the idea of the GSA disbanding, uh, Infinity Inc. coming there, and continuity being a little wonky as to their history, uh, but you've got Alan yep. with his kids. Uh, and the main part point of this is Alan's telling his kids that he's gay, uh, and we're we're kind of yep. finally getting to this, and them being happy to hear it from him and having a touching moment. Yeah, 
and this is this is something that I really like on top of like because as far as I know, the first instance of him being gay came from James Robinson's Earth Two. I, th- yes. I think so. Yeah. You know, so now the fact that the Earth Two version has bled into to here, I think that's really cool, and the fact that it doesn't take anything away from him having kids. Just like the whole story that he tells them, like I had to pretend to be someone I wasn't, you know, but I got, you know, a family yeah. out of it. There's, and whatnot. Like, there's it's... definitely never been any history of gay men having kids before. Well, I think it adds a yeah. lot more. Him being gay is actually far more interesting if he grew up in the era of World War Two, and yeah. he, he grew up in those yeah. eras where it was right. harder to be open about that. Uh, right. So downright illegal at that point. Yeah. Uh, so. Yeah. You know, I I think that actually adds a. I mean, I was never there was never a problem having the Earth Two version, but the Earth Two version yeah. was a present day Alan Scott. This is right. interesting because oh, he had to live through this time period, and part of well, that concealment is, is informs his experience with it. Well, and I love that he said, "Yeah, you know, my closest friends kind of knew when I would have, you know, other friends." And <laughs> yeah. so I just I I like that idea too. Like, of course, Jay knew. You yeah, know, him and Jerry are like best friends. And and then you know, there's the implication that he wasn't alone the entire time. It's 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 not like yeah. he's he's just been sat there on his own in his room. Right. So no, I thought this was a, a very nicely told story, and especially with what we know about Obsidian, right? Because mm-hmm. that was his his I don't want to say defining characteristic, but it, it was a a big thing during the '90s for Obsidian to be gay, and so for for him to be there to support like. The kid to support the dad, or vice versa, you know. Like it's just a nicely told story. Yeah, I really, uh, I really he's taking the, the name of Sentinel again. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, I really liked this story when I read it, just because obviously I'm in for teasing whatever we're going to do with the GSA. But mm-hmm. um, like knowing now that Alan's plot is going to at least be one of these threads that's in the miniseries that's coming now in the summer, uh, yeah. even more so because it's like okay, so there's there's plans for this to continue in some form. Uh, and continue mm-hmm. to explore this character, and the idea that he's hunting for other GSA members on top of that is just—it's mm-hmm. just you know, chef's kiss. Like, yes, <laughs> give it to me. Uh, I, so I think we're all enthusiastically yay uh, on that. Very much, and burn art. I'll take anytime. Of course, like, yeah. It's, honestly, I think this is some of Burn's best work as well. I think the, uh, uh, I think, and a complaint that could be leveled against Burn is. Uh, Sometimes there's a lack of shading and subtlety in nuance across the shade as it goes through. He'll tend to do in like big blocks. I um, mean, his his art always seemed to me is very pop art styled. So you don't, yeah, you're right. You don't play with the shading a lot. Here though, he almost was like, I'm going for it. Right, especially like um, shadows on the faces. They kind of get softer and harder, you know, as they go. Yeah, um, I, I agree. I think this, it still feels like Burn, but it feels like Burn doing a more serious comic book as opposed to his usual mm-hmm. cartoony. Like, it feels like it's a nice blend of, yeah, you know, mm-hmm. not a dark story because it's not, it's not a dark story that's been told, but it's a more emotional story being told. So it, it, the yeah. art is reflecting that by not just being... I think the, the word I would use is somber. Yeah, okay. Yeah, somber. Uh, so yeah, yeah, there we have the Teen Titans uh, set up, which is only, it's literally two pages. Uh, of kids going to this Titans Academy. Uh, I did not realize there was going to be this many kids. <laughs> yeah, I mean, honestly, 
there's nothing really wrong with these two pages. It's just that we are so unenthusiastic about the book because of the future state story that it just has a bit of a stink to it. <laughs> right, and I think that's that's true of various other stories in this, like where you know the the Yara Floor one. I think the only reason we're so enthusiastic about those you know, mm-hmm. two slash three pages, depending on how you count it, is because of how much we care about Yara Floor from those you know two issues already. I think mm-hmm. those two pages in themselves aren't that exciting, really. But it's just what we're bringing to it, and and this is here the other reverse, but we're bringing to it a pretty negative spin already. Yeah, yeah. Um, at the same time, I don't think those Jarrah pages would read badly if you know we just wouldn't be as excited. It would just be like, oh, that seems exactly. fine. Let's see what and, it's like. And I don't yeah. think this reads badly. I don't think if if we hadn't read any of the the Titan stuff from Future State, I don't think we'd be like disappointed in what this is doing. We'd be like, okay, it's two pages. I mean, these two pages yeah. are better than a lot of what that last um, issue was there's not a lot of room to go wrong in two pages <laughs> no but they're not overstuffed it feels like it's got a direction and that's the thing we always liked about the premise of titans academy is okay it's got a clear idea it's doing this thing for the titans yeah. that, that's all thing i'm gonna forget about the future state story like just throw it out of my head yes and just you know go forward like hey this is the red x thing i don't have to you know we can just keep wondering who it is and just try to enjoy the teen titans as teachers like i wanted to yeah I mean, there is a tease for Red X in that second page, but the, the foreground yeah, mask like, coming out of the bag, yeah. And that's fine. Like, you know, but I was oh, getting Matt, Hogwarts Matt, vibes, Mike. too. Mm. <laughs> Always interrupts him midpoint yeah. when he's, he's, he's going off on something. Right. You know, I, it, uh, actually, can I just say, that Titans logo they've all got in their backpacks is very X-Men. It's just a T instead of an yeah. X. <laughs> yeah. I was going to say, I, this, them going across the, the water in the Titans Tower looming, you know, I was getting Hogwarts vibes a little bit. <laughs> you know, I, I can they, see that. Yeah. They bring the first years across on the boats. Paul Hogwarts, yeah. but not lame. Yes, I agree. I mean... Look, there's uh, a very real chance this is going to be way lamer than Hogwarts, and you know it. Yeah. <laughs> I would have to try really hard to be lamer than Hogwarts. Uh, I mean, we read the... We read the the Future State stuff. It was, you know, the Four Horsemen. The moment the Four Horsemen's come out, it's instantly lamer than Hogwarts. Uh, you know? I'm... Let's put maybe even, maybe. Okay, I'll call it a tie. Uh, um, <laughs> can we talk real quick, too, that on the... So in this universe, and this might just be a fun little art thing that the artists threw in there, mm-hmm. apparently the Teen Titans have a comic book that the kids are reading. Because a kid, yeah. if you... Oh, yeah, page, I see. The, uh, Wolfman Perez, all new Teen Titans. I think that's probably just a neat just nod. Just a Easter egg. Yeah. Like a fun... Okay. You see that sort of thing a lot. Uh, and comics, yeah. so. but I just—it was so clear, like it caught my eye mm. as I was reading. Uh, I think yeah. it stands out as well because it's in like grayscale as opposed yeah. to everything else. Yeah. In color. Uh, so I mean the 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 yeah man, uh, <laughs> yeah yeah man, nay. Eh. This is one where it's a <laughs> on the line of meh and yeah. yes, like because again, you just say, but I'm gonna forget that and I'm gonna go in fresh and it. You know, I'll say it's meh, but it's only meh because of what the the future state yes. story set me up for. Right. So. I, I would say the opposite, where it's it's met in spite of the future state stuff. Because really, like, really, I would be nay based off of just these two pages. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm kind of just I'm I'm like you know like they're they're fine these two pages. So I mean it would probably be meh on its own, but the the future state stuff is dragging it down in my brain. So I'm kind of like going, uh, that's not really fair to project it that, bring it down that much. So it's kind of on the line between them. 
Well, in some ways, maybe the most controversial story up next, uh, the John stuff. Um, because I, I know some people aren't necessarily fond of this idea of Spectre saying John is going to be a tyrant someday and that he's not a real Superman, he should never be Superman. Uh, as, as, you know, obviously Diana's watching saying, what are you talking about? That's John, he's Superman. Uh, and, it's, you know, Spectre has this big speech about why he's went through all these horrible things. He was kidnapped by, a, you know, Ultraman for some time. His grandfather had him for some time. He missed some of his years. How much this is potentially going to mess him up. But then, of course, Diana has this great little speech about, no, look what he's just done with this monster. They, they didn't understand mm-hmm. the earth they were on. He showed compassion. He showed, you know, uh, he showed compassion and risked his own life for an enemy's sake. What's truer of a Superman than that? Um, so she kind of wins this debate and Spectre mm-hmm. kind of gives up and says, okay, so be it. <laughs> he's Superman then for, for now. now. But uh, he bears watching, Diana. Yeah. So I think that's why there's like a slight concern with the story in that I like it. I like the point that, no, no, he is Superman from Diana's perspective. Yeah. But it shows me a clear editorial perspective that they're not convinced in John's future and they probably want to play with the the dark John at some point and I'm not looking forward to that. Well, no, I, I to me it lines up with the whole idea of you've seen possible futures, Diana, right? They may come to pass, they may not. So for Spectre to be like, oh no, he's set to become a tyrant, she's like, well wait, you know, that's not who he is. You're writing him off already, you know? And so I just like that, you know, we see like a perfect distillation of what this character has been through on those pages. Right. And just like how he's a conceived on one world, born on another. Both of those are now gone. So he's kind of a a man without a country in that way. Hmm. So he's kind of free to be who he wants and that she trusts, you know, that's Superman's son. He, he is Superman, you know, uh, so, you know, I, I like this. When, when people are having a fit with it, I was like, well, it's not like we had an evil future John monologuing about, I mean, is, is about it things. Possible Spectre's concerns here are more a tease for the uh, evil son that we saw That's in El Savelle, rather than John himself. Yeah. Right. You know, so, um, no, I, I thought this was a really good story here. Like... And I just uh, love the the layouts too, the art, how everything is spinning, and it's the, the spirals it, are nice. Yeah, yeah, and it's kind of disorienting as you're reading it. And then when he pops out on the other side and saves this thing, when it's a you know, it's just a little itty bitty time monster. Yeah, and I think it is worth noting that I assume Spectre and the Quintessence as a whole have seen the same future state stuff that that Diana mm-hmm. saw him, you know, we saw, and in that. Superman Man of Metropolis, uh, is that what it was called? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Superman of Metropolis. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, John was a tyrant. He bottled the entire city. Like, there's not right. really any debating around that. Right, but he didn't do it in tyrant reasons. He did it in the name that's, of safety. Well, that's not, right? that's not really the point. That That's uh, that's kind of irrelevant. Like, you can still be a, a tyrant and doing it for, quote-unquote, the right reasons. Right, but he also went back and put this, it back at the end. Don't forget how that ended. No, I know. Uh, I'm know. not disputing that, but I mean, it's more just he still made those decisions at the time, and, and there's the idea that, right. okay, and well, maybe he'll do more honestly, of that stuff, and that's probably why the spectrum right, worked. But, but again, if you see, you, you didn't read the back half of it, right? So and the whole back half of that was him going like, well, no, I definitely messed up because I was trying to do too much of what would my dad do instead of what should I do? 
Yeah, and, honestly, and that's what makes him go back? If that, and, if, and, if this tease yeah, of him being a tyrant is just referring to what happened in that future state book, then it's not actually that big a deal because it was a, a it was a lessing defining moment, and that was it. <laughs> no, I, yeah, no, I agree. But I suspect what I'm what I'm saying is I think the Spectre has seen that and is going. I you know he's like I don't think this will be the only bad decision he makes. I think he's oh sure he'll probably make other tyrant-esque decisions is, is what the Spectre's argument here is. Well, I, I mean, if, uh, you know, if Johnson has a, a plan in mind to play with future John stuff uh, and he's yeah. run, then we'll see what he does with that. He's no Jordan Kent, all right? So we can... <laughs> Have you watched both episodes, Matt, of the... No, the show, I've, I've only watched the first one. Okay. And I, I will say I watched the, the first five minutes of the first episode made me weep. Like this is a Superman I've been wanting for on on my screen for decades now. Actually, you know, I'm going to ask you a question, and I'm not going to I'm not going to tell you the answer if you don't know. But I just want to know if yeah. you if you know this. Do you know who Jordan's named after? I feel like I should know it. No, that's good. We're, yeah, we're fine, because Pete. there was a eureka moment when they mentioned it in the second episode that we were like, of course, it's like, it makes total sense. <laughs> Damn it, now I have to go watch the second episode. <laughs> no, I don't, because I I remember my friend arguing about what Clark's middle name is. And just, of course, I know it's Jerome after Jerry Siegel. That's what Jerry's short for. No, 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 no. You're the wrong path of thinking. No. Right, right, right. So I'm like, I'm trying to think. Um, you, you just, when we're finished here, it's not go a, and watch the second yeah. episode, and you'll be like, ah. It's, it's not a meta thing, Matt. It's something that Clark would do in universe. So it's not off the right or anything like that. It's not nothing like that. No, 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 no. I'm trying to. <laughs> not like the Schuster mines that they mentioned in the first episode. <laughs> just uh, while while Matt thinks, uh, I just you know a point on this story. Yes. What mm -hmm. I think is interesting, from a more you know a larger perspective of going forward, rather than what this story actually is, is that Johnson decided in his you know story in this issue to tell a John story. When, mm -hmm. as far as we know, there are no current upcoming plans for John and his run. Not directly, anyway. Not as John as Superman in the way that this book is showing. And I do wonder if maybe he actually has some longer-term plans to split the books into two, where after a certain point, action might be the Clark book and Superman might be the mm. John book, perhaps. Right. Possibly. Yeah, because we do know that in is it Superman, that John plays a pretty big role. Like, in that first arc, it's, you know, Superman and Son, basically. So... Or is that an action? I, can't, I, don't... I don't remember this at all, Matt, so I can't tell you which one it is. <laughs> yeah. Well, let me look at next week's comics, because... <laughs> You'll know if it's in Superman. Or... Yeah, no, so it's... it looks like John's on that cover, okay. so I think it's in Superman. There is, uh, I think that's a bit irrelevant, though, uh, because those first two issues are like a two-part yeah, yeah. crossover. Um, I, like, does anyone expect me to remember a solicit text for anything until the book comes out is... Don't tell me Jordan can't stand after Hal Jordan. No, no. Okay. <laughs> that would be funnier, though. I'd be like, wait, I don't even think Clark and Hal are, like, buddies that way. Uh, like, and also that Hal, as far as we know, doesn't even exist in that universe. No, that's right. I just, but I just, I was thinking of the name Jordan in comics going, mm. and that's the only one that came look, up. Look, just stop worrying your brain about it, because this will bother you, and you'll you know be distracted for the whole episode. You know that I can. Stop thinking about it, and go and watch the episode when you finish. 
You got, you've got time before the hockey okay, starts. Let, let's, let's, get, let's get through the comics. Yeah, we're going, we're going. Alright, so yay, nay, man, whatever on this one, Matt. Uh, a big yay. Of course it's a big yay. There's a Superman logo involved. Uh, Connor. Uh, I'll give it a yay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I don't get me wrong. I think, again, the two future state issues from, from Johnson are by far, like, more exciting to me than this, but... Uh, three. Uh, two. Uh... But, hey. Uh, so then we have the Green Arrow Black Canary uh, few pages, which also, mm-hmm. of course, has the return of Roy. Roy is back after Crisis, after Death Metal. Uh, and he almost calls, uh, or does call, but hangs up. And, yeah. you know, he just he feels a bit weird about it. Uh, but, you know, uh, Dinah and Ollie do have a little conversation here about how parts of continuity are sort of coming back into their brain they're talking mm-hmm. about how some of their memories are starting to come back from previous lives uh, and it has a little tease at the end as well where she's like you know what let's just leave all the cosmic stuff to the justice league and he's like eh, about that obviously clearly a little joke lead into the fact that they're going mm-hmm. to be on the team in bendis's justice league uh which 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 was nice um <laughs> and, so. and of course they pop in as they're doing the deed and uh i love that uh Diana's like, maybe we, we yeah. don't need to be here right now. <laughs> like, I, I like that. But um, just just the, the I feel like Williamson, because we know he wrote this, and when we get to another part later, I feel like he was bothered by Heroes in Crisis as much as we were. Oh, sure. And I I feel like he's using his new you know role as kind of an architect of the current DCU uh, yes. to be like, hey, I'm going to fix things. Yeah, it's basically all gone by the end of this, this yeah. issue. Yeah, uh, there's nothing that, that lasts. And this was the big one because my go-to joke was the only thing that lasted from Heroes in Crisis was the death of poor Roy. Yes. And now when I turned the page and he was there, I was shocked, was which is like always a good, two you know. Years, but was yeah, and was it even two full years? It feels like more like a year and a half. I don't know, I'm yeah. kind of ballparking, to be honest. I yeah, can't no. remember exactly but, the timings of Hero okay. and And I also feel like he, he finally throws away that stupid hat that the, <laughs> the writer who won't be named, you know, forced onto him in the New 52, and he throws it in the garbage, and now... He also now, behind his, his, his bow. Yeah, yes. I mean, well, and if this, this leads to him, you know, because I don't know how much, you know, pre infinite crisis stuff that you read but like he'd he'd gotten rid of the bow because he he mm. kind of had a grayson moment where mm. he was tired of being the sidekick of green arrow so to being arsenal right that's when he changed to being arsenal and he went to work for checkmate or the government one of the two and he was like you know using laser guns and, and other things he's off to uh, that's why he got the name. he's off to become magistrate one that's what he's off to do with it uh, I hope not. Uh, <laughs> Although, if they choose to do that, I'm like, oh man. Uh, uh, so I, I don't think so. So yeah, I, I mean, yeah, on this one, I would say. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, hard, hard to do anything. Just looking at the art. Yeah. Malif, hard, hard not to get excited. And I don't know how much he's going to be doing going forward. This is just a fun. Hey, maybe thing. I'd say he'd uh, do backups in Justice League, but that's where the Justice League Dark stories are going. So right. uh, maybe right. this will be more to do with the. Uh, well, the book we, with uh, Williamson with the mini or something we, like that. We know from what Ram V said with, with Swamp Thing that if, if if it's successful enough, this is just season one mm-hmm. of it. So so maybe the same with, with Justice League Dark. If it gets enough of a, you know, it could spin back off it's, into its own title. I think it, it's harder because obviously uh, with, with Swamp Thing, P.S., all of you go to your shops and you know, make sure you buy your mm-hmm. copy uh, if you want more of it. 
uh, which you should. Um, I think what you have to say is it's harder to track because obviously with Swamp Thing, they can just look at the direct sales of Swamp Thing and go, all right, this is doing good enough, we'll do Yeah, more. but word of mouth and stuff too, you know, like if if people get on there and there's enough that are just like, oh man, yeah, they're just like Dark Title, not, not doing it, you know, I, I right. feel like they would change. It's just it's just so, a harder metric for them to sure, you know, but the, look at and go, well, this is worth its own book. That doesn't mean it's impossible still, you know? Hmm. Uh, but yeah, so next up is a Stargirl story, uh, setting up the mini series that's coming up soon. Uh, this feels rel- relatively separate to everything else. It feels like it's just here to set up the mini series that's coming up and isn't as uh, you know a main part of continuity or a main part of the world. Also, the most early two thousands art in the entire book. Yes. Yeah. Uh, John's doing John's things. Like I'm not not mad at that though. Yeah, Stargirl's. Right. Uh, you know. Interacting with uh, with King Midas, uh, yep. Stripe shows up, and it basically, you know, establishes once again the relationship between her, you know, with Courtney and Pat. Uh, we get like a sort of principal uh, Strickland moment from Back to the Future with her showing up late to uh, school and Pat bailing her out. But then, of course, he gets a call saying the Seven Soldiers need him, so he's like, "Hey, there's a reason to ditch school," and they they run off. Um, question: You guys have watched Star Girl? Did the Seven Soldiers play into the show? Uh, kind of. Okay. Uh, so, this is something that John Joey has at the they're, forefront of They're definitely in. in Pat's history. Yes. Yeah. And if if you've read, uh, what was it, Stars and Stripes, is that the book? Mm-hmm. The, the, yeah. The, yeah. If you've read that, uh, it takes one of the plot beats to do with one of the, the soldiers in that and kind of transposes it directly okay. into the show, uh, more or okay. less. Um, so if you're familiar, then yeah, no, no spoilers there. Uh, yeah. But beyond that, they're not like a, a regular ongoing occurrence, at least. No, no, no. But, yeah, saying, but they like, may show up I just had a later. thought that, like, if they're on the forefront of his mind when he was doing the show, he was like, hey, maybe comic idea. You know what I mean? Right. And, like, and this is the thing that. we know from solicit slash interview stuff that there's going to mm-hmm. be an eight soldier all along, and, right. and we're going to yeah. find out Honestly, secret history. It wouldn't surprise me if this miniseries is him workshopping ideas for, like, season three of the show. You know, he's, he's obviously working on season two right now, uh, this is just him saying, "Ah, oh, we need material for seasons three and four, so I'm going to <laughs> do some it, it, mini series." It would not be surprising. Uh, if you count them all in that group shot, there's already eight. Is there? Yeah. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, there is. You're right. Technically, yes. Well, did Pat count as one of the seven? No, I can't remember. I don't think so, actually. Yeah. But I think, then it, was, does I think it was the Seven Soldiers and Pat was just kind of along for the ride at points, right? Yeah, Pat don't but count. Then, okay, who's who's the who are the two sidekicks? Then back there, do they count? It's, I mean, it's not my strength here. <laughs> no, I, I, I haven't read. So I, I wouldn't ask Talking Superman because he was big on Morrison. If I should go check out the Seven Soldiers, he goes, uh, "It's kind of its own thing." The Morrison book. Yeah, that's so that's a whole he, thing where it's like each each soldier has their own. Mini issue, issue, yeah. issue or mini, yeah. The mini, if they're each seven, 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 because Grant was that working was some magic. If yeah, you, if you yeah. ask me, and um, it's a whole thing. Yeah, uh, that I've I've looked at and I've I've started to dabble in, but I've never dived all in, and I'm like I I really should at some point. Yeah. He he did tell me to check out the Frankenstein, knowing my taste. Like that one, even if I don't read the other ones, those seven issues are a lot of fun, and would be right up my alley. So that might be something that I do later, but. He said, "As as far as this team's concerned, they're two different. Yeah, yeah, very different. Uh, yeah, 
Um, yeah. I will say I, I really like the Atmos. I, I said, oh, it's the most early 2000s. Right. That's not a, a you know, a knock on it. Uh, no. I think it's a lot of fun. I think it's really expressive. There's a panel um, where she's trying to explain to the principal. She's thinking of different excuses. That Again, I think part of this is just fresh on my mind, but it looks straight like uh, one of Garbutt's panels from the uh, Stephanie Brown uh, Batgirl stuff. Um, obviously, we've been doing that on previously, which is why it's, it's fresh, but it looks straight out of that. Mm. Yeah, I can see that. Um, also, do you guys recognize the name Blue Valley anywhere besides the show, of course? Uh, besides the show, no. Why? Yeah, that that's the town that Wally West is originally from. Oh, okay. When he when he comes to visit, uh, Aunt Iris and gets doused with the chemicals and struck by lightning. Um, so so yeah, Blue Blue Valley, Nebraska. Uh, are we yeah on this one? But if you had to guess, where would you? <laughs> I'm assuming Matt's on the yay side. Matt, Matt's on a yay plus for sure. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Uh. Yeah, yeah, I'm fairly yeah. I'm not like super excited, Jay, but yeah. I'm, I'm more, again, this is one where I'm excited because of what I'm bringing with it. Like, oh, I want more Stargirl. This, mm-hmm. you know, it's like, what, four pages again? It's fine. Uh, you know, on, yeah. on its own, it's enjoyable enough. Um, I actually think this has more substance than a lot of the stories do because it has like a little fight scene with, with Midas yeah. and then it's got some of the, the school life. So it gives it's me a balance pro- of what, what it's actually supposed to be with the superheroics balanced with the, the school stuff. Right, it's a proper short story versus just a tease. Yeah, um, you know, like they'll they'll include this in the trade, you know. Whereas I'm not 100 percent certain a lot of the other ones would I, I, you'd actually get a lot out of it. I mean, I know? think the Batman two parts will probably be in the the trade. Yeah, for that yeah, arc. yeah, but that because that that's yeah, yeah. Um, or even or even um, Yara and her stuff, you would see that popping up. Depends the what the. That might or might not. It depends on where the right. uh, the first issue actually starts. Right. So yeah. that's what I'm saying. Where this this feels like it would definitely be, you know, almost like the zero. Like back back in the day, you used to be able to mail in from Wizard like half issues that were kind of stuff like it, this. It's the sort of thing that might they might put these few pages before the credits page for the trade. They may have mm-hmm. like a little sort of like prologue, yeah, and then have the the credits and whatnot. Uh. And it'll be really consistent because I think um, Anox on art for the the at least the next one shot that we we're getting mm. as well, uh, if not beyond that. So it, it won't feel out of place. Yeah, I think I said many earlier. Yes, yeah, a one shot we're getting, but yeah, the, the Star Girl thing coming. We, we're we're just assuming there's a mini coming after us, really, aren't we? Yeah. Uh, so then we get back to the Batman stuff. Batman arrives at Arkham, um, or he's on his way to Arkham. He's not quite there yet. Uh, and we have whoever the villain is with this uh, kind of tan uh, narration box with the sort of scratchy black text mm-hmm. uh, sort of narrating about how Gotham is changing. It needs to evolve. The people in it need to evolve. They need to be more scared. Uh, and uh, Mahoney is a bit of a hero. He saves a couple of nurses that he's found mm-hmm. uh, just before an explosion in the Arkham. And he loses an arm. He's like, Batman comes and finds him, and he's, he's and oh, and a, and a leg. Actually, I even noticed the leg before. Uh, oh, <laughs> uh, well, I think what I like about this is that it shows that, c- given the whole stories about how Gotham needs to move beyond relying on people with masks, I do like that a regular like guard actually saves the day for a couple. Of, I mean, obviously he loses a lot in the process, right? But he actually saves these two nurses before Batman gets there, uh, and it's like proper heroic. Uh, in his first question as he's losing consciousness is did the nurses make it yeah they okay so it's it's just yeah. i thought it was a neat little beat that thematically ties in and mm-hmm. batman the police try to arrest batman he's like look 
there's like 17 people potentially still inside. I'm going to go in there and I'm going to get whoever I can. Uh, and that's when we cut to some of the other stuff and we're introduced to this Mr. Saint. Uh, Simon Saint. Simon Saint. From With his weirdly big head. Yes. Wait, is it Simon? Saint Industries. Yes. I think it is because I, I remember that because when I first read it, it wasn't in this book. I read it right. in an interview and I thought I was going to say, yeah, Simon Stagg. Right. And, and it didn't and it threw me. Yeah. Isn't Simon saying the name of the saint of character too? That's what? Uh, there's a character called... Uh, there's a Val Kilmer movie called The Saint that was based on an old TV show. And I feel like his name was Simon Saint as well. I mean, it's a little read, so there's a good chance someone else has come yeah. up with Simon yeah. Saint at some point. That's why I thought... Was it Simon? I couldn't remember if they actually say it in the issue or if I just... This is definitely there. Simon Saint. Uh, okay. it's, it's said on the next page. Yes. Okay. Uh, cool. Oh, there it is. So, yes. Yeah, so basically, he's the one who wants to start the magistrate program. He's behind setting it up. But the, the, the setting needs to be more scared before they'll accept and, you know, open their arms willingly to it. And that's when we reveal the new look scarecrow on the final page of this. He's the one helping get everyone scared. And presumably, we, pres- you know, we, we, we think he's behind the Arkham Joker Toxin attack uh, yep. to drive up the fear. Uh, so. Isn't he? Which is why it might actually be Joker Toxin, just used yes. by Scare. But, well, I'm thinking it's it's adjusted, and that's why they're like, well, they're, it's not typical Joker, right? Like, they're not laughing. They're, like, already dead with smiles on their face, which makes me wonder if he altered it, and it is a... Do you think there's an element of... Uh, so, again, this isn't that far-fetched, but, you know, a lot of, you know, a lot of drugs like, can make you seem basically dead. Yeah, uh, and the idea that oh now Bane has risen, risen from the dead, yeah. is is scary to people, mm. right? Yeah, oh, yeah. and so it's almost like a, a an adapted Joker Scarecrow hybrid gas, right? Where it, or it made it made him see everybody, you know, that way. Yeah. Mahoney, I'm sure, I'm sure, he's the only one in there, right? Like, yeah, well, I mean, the only one running around that we, we get to see. Well, right. The only thing against that is is Batman's reading saying there's only 17 alive. So yeah. we're assuming that well, most that's after the explosion. True. You know, so yeah. who knows? But yeah. I mean, we spoke um, about uh, obviously this look of Scarecrow when they first revealed it whenever ago, but um, there are some elements that are a little bit over the top, but I, I will say I do love the, the gas mask. The actual mask, I think, mm-hmm. looks great. I think it's only over the top for this reveal. Yeah. I think they, they kind of went above and beyond for the reveal page. Mm. Um, I don't think it will feel as over the top when we're just seeing it in regular usage. Yeah, but it's as, as a bit scarier than what typical Joker oh, or big time. Scarecrow has been. In, in I also years. get like, he's a cult leader vibe, you know? Like, there's just something about him. Hmm. Well, he's a cult of personality, Matt. True. Yeah. <laughs> I love, real quick, I love that after uh, Paul White made that announcement, <laughs> Punk instantly took to Twitter and goes, it's not me, the Blackhawks are playing on Sunday. <laughs> that watching his favorite hockey team play is far more important than showing up at a wrestling Yes, show. but if he was trying oh, to swerve his, wrestling stuff. If he was trying yeah. to serve a swerve his, that's what yeah. he would say. <laughs> Let me just say, Pete, if it is him, you'll be the first to know and you'll probably hear it. You know? Yes, I'll probably hear it from the distance. Yes. The yell that so, happens. I'll think it is yeah. for the record, but yes. I don't either. I don't either. That's yeah. why. But I just I did love that the Blackhawks are on. Not that like, hey, I'm doing anything important. Yes. You know. Uh, oh, I, I mean, it's obviously David Arquette, but let's move on. Uh, so, uh, um, 
so yes, yeah, so I'm still yay on the bat stuff. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I love Scarecrow. I, you know, my bat villains go up and down, and you know, over the time, I've realized Ivy's not so much a villain, right, anymore. No. So I, I, I think you know, Scarecrow, Two Face, kind of top that list. So I'm, I'm 100 in for Tynan's. If he can, if he can do what you know he did for Clayface, but in reverse, where he sure. can make you know Scarecrow that an actual scary character, I'm, I'm here for that. Yeah, that's cool. Uh, Green Lantern's next, and I will say, it's not the best few pages of the book, but I will say I am far more optimistic about the series than I was after reading the first issue of the Future State book uh, by this writer, uh, because this actually gave me some of the premise. It, you know, it's, it's Simon and, and John, and they're going to Oa in a ship uh, with young Kelly, a Teen Lantern, who has to learn about everything, <laughs> uh, and it's basically just building up to her seeing Oa for the first time, and it's a cool moment for her. Uh, yeah. I will say, when they bring up like Hal, Jess, and Kyle uh, all being away, like monitoring the the new planets mm-hmm. and stuff, I was like, you know, he just kind of listed some of my favorites that I'd rather be following. But I mean, it's get the education of Kelly and you know, give, give these characters some more time. Guy got a super boy treatment, and I don't like that. Oh, well, that guy's not important. It doesn't matter. So bull crap. <laughs> yeah. So matter. maybe it's because. Guy is actually down on Oa already, and that's, Maybe. that's why he's not somewhere else. There's no need to mention that he's off on some other world. He's down sure. there. Oh sure. As a Guy Gardner fan, it makes me a little he's, bit. He's, he's running the bar down there. Fine, if that's what it is. When we get there, it's not a big hangout because it's cool to see Simon back. Yeah. yeah. You know, because we haven't I haven't seen him in years at this point. You know, because at least Jess we had in, you know, Odyssey. Yeah, at least I'll if you were reading that, but yeah, yeah but Simon, she was there. Yeah, Simon. Yeah, Simon was yeah. anywhere. And so to see see him show back up with John and Teen Lantern, like, and I do, I do yeah, like yeah. them continuing with Teen Lantern, even though Bendis is away from her now. Like they're saying, no, no, we have this character who was given a modified, like almost like pirated uh-huh. Green Lantern energy, like device. Like that's a mystery, and they're going to investigate yeah. it and take her to you. And I have a, I have a question. Yes. Um, yeah. What am I forgetting? Because when did we get back to Oa? Yeah, uh, that that's new because it's been Mogo. Yeah, that's why I was just saying, Joe. Like, like, this whole conversation we've been saying Oa because it's Oa in the book. There's so, Oa. Yeah. Think about it. Crisis. So just now, we just had we just had a reboot. Like, <laughs> no, we just had a crisis. But <laughs> right. Mogo's there. Which, well, yeah, because Mogo's next. And I'm like, what? which Oa goes against Mogo in that the whole original Mogo appearance that Mogo doesn't socialize. Right. <laughs> Mogo has grown since then. Right. Well, I mean, well, look, grown. look at it this way, right? Reality got rewritten because of the anti-crisis, and Oa came back, so it's like Mogo's just there. Maybe Mogo won't stick around. Mogo's just, like, helping Oa yeah. make sure everything's okay, and then Mogo's going to leave. He's, he's dropping everyone off. Yes. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, neat. Um, so, no, I mean, there's a lot of little things I liked here. I liked uh, Simon and John talking about Kelly, talking about why they're in a ship rather than just flying. Mm-hmm. Uh, talking about the mystery of you know wh- where her power comes from, like I'm like you know what this is not like directionless like that that first issue of the Future State book was. This actually yeah. seems like it might be a good series you know, if it feels like this. I almost yeah I almost felt like Thorn felt like well Future State stuff I can kind of do whatever I want with, and it doesn't have to be indicative of my you know thing. So you can almost keep it closer to the vest. But this rekindled, like, my love of Green Lantern. It's because, you know, it's mm-hmm. been missing from my life for a while now. 
and like just seeing like Simon and then Mogo just in that yeah you know, I mean the end maybe hanging around I was like oh yeah I love this section of the DCU like maybe it still won't be that good maybe we'll try issue one and it won't be that great but I'm far more less miserable about trying issue one now after these few pages of like oh this yeah. is actually kind of what I this... imagined it was going to feel like right this feels like Green Lantern whereas the feature state issue we read outside the guy story which I felt that was almost you know Twilight Zone Green Lantern. Um, this feels very much Green Lantern. Even even the fact that they're using a ship, which kind of looks like Adam Sir's ship. Well, I wasn't even thinking you know? of the backstory. I was just thinking of the uh, the main story by the, the writer yeah, who's the, main, the book. No, yeah. no, no, I know that, but that didn't feel Green Lantern at all. It felt like closer to something like Omega Men, you know? Um, but yeah. I don't very... even, even care what it felt like. It was just badly written because nothing happened. Sure. <laughs> that was my problem with sure. it. Sure. <laughs> uh, you can feel whatever you want to a pot. I mean, not really, but I mean, I would take that if it still felt like a good story. <laughs> but it didn't. I'm just saying. I, I, I'm i happy to have a Green Lantern vibe again. I mean, Cara, Cara's been, been quiet, long. so Cara clearly hates this. Uh, no, I don't hate it. I just don't have any strong feelings on it. I, I think it's do you, do you have any strong I, I feelings on anything in this book? Uh, honestly, no. And that's part of the problem. Is he that... said that, but again, I don't... I, I, ha I have strong feelings about things that are coming after this book in that it, it, it presents a lot of ideas that excite me. But as a whole, I think it's a very un unexciting issue in, in, in itself. I like that it's a tease. It, the, the whole, like, this is a 64-page tease for the future of DC. And I'm, and I'm okay with that. And you're getting little bites. You know, it's like a sampler platter at a restaurant. Yeah, yeah, we'll come back, we'll back to this when it's done, because right. there's no point in talking about the overall yeah. thing yet. Um, um, and as for this particular story, uh, part of this is still, you know, my, my negative impression on the previous stuff. I have I have no experience with uh, Kelly, uh, you know, Tingland at all, so yeah. that's all new to me here. It's, you know, it's fine. I don't hate these three pages. I just don't particularly like them either. Uh, yeah. I mean, I, I think it does a good job of it if you've never read any Kelly stuff before. I think this completely sets up the, the, well, the, the things you need to know for what the ongoing story is going to be with her. Yeah. Even even as if you read the stuff around her, she's getting a quick history of the Green Lantern Corps. So even if you're new to Green Lantern, you're kind of getting quick beats here like she is reading those. So, it's, yeah, it's a pretty great introduction to her character. And even when you get to the last page and she says, Esta Pintura, which means like this is like a painting. You know, so this is the first time she's seen space things, you know. Uh, yeah, if I, that we're all kind of used to, it, but her her perspective is fresh. And on that, even yeah, just her reacting to everything for the first time does make it very new Green Lantern reader friendly in a lot of ways, mm -hmm. uh, because mm -hmm. you can use her as a conduit for all your your first time experiences. So there's a lot of things going on for this, uh, which I think yeah. is a good sign uh, for Green Lantern to come. Uh, so here's hoping, here's hoping that the, uh, the, the, the main book is actually going to stick this. Uh, so I'm, I'm actually more yay than I thought I was going to be on this one, Matt. Mm -hmm. you, 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 I guess you're feeling yay? I am too. Yeah. I, I had a little bit of, you know, any, like I know Thorne doesn't like Hal, you know, and I'm, I, I like Hal a whole lot, but if he's going to use that as an opportunity to showcase other lanterns, Great. Do you know what? Ha we need that. We have so many of them. Hal's, why not? Hal's, Hal's had his turn. Hal's been focused on so much for the last goddamn uh -huh. fifteen years. You know what? He can take a back seat. I'm, I'm always hesitant when I hear a writer hates a character. You know, like, and I know they're just doing it for effect or or whatever. But you know, 
But the, and, and I think what's interesting about this particular case is he's been vocal about his, his hatred of Hal over years well before getting the gig. It's not like he's yeah. just like, oh, I got the no. gig. Like, I don't like Hal, by the way. It's This is something that's kind of part of his personality in general when it comes to right. you know, his, his I, and, and, I prefer that. He can't still <laughs> tell a, an effective story. But it's like, I wouldn't give Pete a Red Hood story if I was an editor. Yeah. Right? Because he doesn't like Jason Todd. But so, no, to, like, to that previous point, though, I, I prefer that, that that's consistent with who he's, what he's been saying for years. Right. I, think, I think it's actually more annoying if they've no. never said anything and then they just go, oh, by the way, I hate this character. When they no, get the gig. I, I'm not saying it's... Again, I, I don't think it's even a bad thing that he hates Hal. He's perfectly allowed to hate Hal. Yeah. I mean, hell, there's characters we all hate, right? And But the difference is we're not suddenly writing characters very much in that wheelhouse and, and related to that. Uh, and that's where it comes out. It's... it's Think about DDO writing Dick Grayson, right? I mean, I, I, I don't think it's going to be that much of an issue as long as they don't force him yeah. to write lots of Hal stuff. And I mean, the premise of his book right now has Hal Which, nowhere near right, it. Is is great until you remember this is DC editorial and they love Hal. <laughs> well, but again, like like people point out, Hal has been the focus for how many years now? And the what's great with Green Lantern, that's what I was going to get to with DDO and Nightwing. Let's say he's writing Nightwing. It's not like you can sub out another Nightwing. You know, at least with Green Lantern, you can, like, there's John and Simon, now Kelly, then you have Jess and Guy and Kyle, or, you know, any number of the Alien Lanterns, right? So, that he can play with. So it's not just Hal here. So... Uh, it's not, I mean, it's not Hal okay, at all. It's, it's not even the premise of the book, which is why I don't even think it's an right. issue. I, like, it's not even... No, but I just... To me, it is a little bit like I hear that coming from a creative, and it just it kind of rubs me the wrong way. Because, it, some- because I mean, no. let's say uh, Humphrey said that when he took on Green Lanterns back at the start of Rebirth, it wouldn't right. like Hal like had like maybe a it cameo has- at some point in that like fifty issue plus run. I don't. I think I would no, have liked okay. it then either. Here's the thing though: it, it it doesn't have direct impact on the the story that he's telling. I'm sure in in that Hal isn't showing up. But that in itself is probably a reaction to he doesn't like Hal, so Hal won't have parts where, even if we think there should be Hal at this moment, uh, they won't be there. It, it would be kind of like in 10 years' time, hypothetically, John is Superman. Uh, Clark is retired for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. And whoever's writing them doesn't like Clark Kent, but, but is writing John as Superman. We'd be like, well, this doesn't feel... Right, yeah, you know, we don't we, we don't necessarily like that. Even though even though Clark's not the focus of this story, it still feels a bit weird. Uh and I think that's kind of where this comes in for a lot of people, is that even if this isn't a Hal story, the fact that Hal is such a you know, a big part of the Greenland mythos to dislike Hal, to a lot of Greenland fans feels like that he he must dislike a lot of Greenland elements, and that's where their concern comes in. I think there's tons of Green Lantern fans that hate Hal Jordan. Just like there's tons of Flash fans who hate how Barry Allen hogs the spotlight. So it's kind of a weird thing, especially since I don't necessarily think if a writer loves a character, let's say a writer loves, you know, Jess, a writer loves, you know, Kyle, but hates Hal Jordan, should they never get to write Kyle or Jess because they should be disqualified because they don't like Hal Jordan? I I disagree with that sentiment completely. No, the whole reason we have Barry Allen back is because John's loves Barry Allen. It was his favorite character. Yeah, yeah, but that, that, what I'm trying to say, you know what I mean? Yeah, but what, the point I'm trying to make though is though I don't think a writer who loves Kyle Rayner should be disqualified from writing Kyle Rayner because they hate Hal Jordan. I don't think I should ever I mean, be he's easily the worst 
Earth Lantern, so I think it should. Shut up. That's not the point I'm making. <laughs> Again, I'm playing Devil's Advocate, so I don't really feel this way, but I think the yeah. argument comes in that, sure, you can do a Kyle Rayner book as, as a Green Lantern, that's fine in, in this scenario. Well, this isn't this is a general Green Lantern book where it's got a lot of the, the core involved as well. So the fact that by its nature, Hal should be at some point probably involved, they're worried that then it will either avoid Hal because he doesn't want to write Hal or he'll write Hal badly. That's where their concern comes yeah. in. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Until that is actually committed, it's kind of assuming someone is guilty of something before they actually do it. So. True. And oh, that's oh, where... You're saying comics read as a, reason, uh, comics read as a reasonable people. I mean, Shazam was a thing because of this, so... You know. <laughs> that wasn't comic readers, that was comics journalism. That's a... <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. Add quotes, he, he, he doesn't consider himself a journalist anymore. He, he, he actively refutes that statement that he is not a journalist, he is a reporter. There is a difference, apparently. Oh, good lord. <laughs> I don't like that guy. Alright, let's move on, let's move on. Let's move on, uh, please. It's getting late now. The Flash story. Hey, I've been keeping this brisk. It's not my fault that there's been weird debates yes, brought know, about stupid things. Alright. Um, and Connor being like just unbearably negative all the time for no goddamn reason. Hey, I was being quiet because I didn't want to be, you know, incredibly hey, negative. Yes, but when he's being quiet, I know it's because he's going to be negative or or otherwise. Order art on Flash is something I'm okay with. So seeing this here, you know, it's not it's not his part. best. He's got. A couple... I don't like that very first. Yeah, panel. he's got. It's a weird face in that first panel. It's kind of ugly, to be honest. Uh, I have to... I'm glad I'm not alone because I've been uh, probably more critical of Paul. I hate you guys do this to me, where I'm just reading and I I, I skim like not skim, but I'm I'm reading. I don't pay attention to that. And you guys pointed out. Now I can't even see Look it. Look at his face. It's like also, I know. Barry's abs throughout the entire story are just all over the place. Anyway, anyway. So this is. I mean, this is the thing. I am not enthusiastic about the flashbook going forward because the premise from the solicitors is not sound pleasant. However, this story has Barry saying to Wally, hey, you're the Flash now, because I'm going to go off and investigate the multiverse. Mm -hmm. So this is doing, in theory, what a lot of us wanted for such a goddamn long time. Yeah. That, like, it makes me want to hope, but also the premise of the, the Flashbook seems a bit iffy. So I'm not sure. It's weird. I, I don't know how I feel about this. Well, and again, this is part of the Williamson rehab of, of you know, post Heroes in Crisis, that through Metal, where we got mm -hmm. the, you know, the Wally stuff there that's been fixed. Now to this, where he's turning the keys back over to him, he's like, hey, you're Flash while I was gone. You're more than capable of it. I'm going to go do some other stuff. And, uh, you have fun, man. I'm not going to lie. When it got to the full pitch spread, because, you know, Wally's saying, yeah, but what about, you can't just leave. Who'll be the Flash? And he goes to the full pitch spread, and Barry says, you're the Flash now, Wally. I read it as, you're the Flash now, dog. Uh, just because. Yeah. Uh, memes... Uh, it's an early meme. You're the man down now, dog, was like the earliest meme on the internet. <laughs> Just for anyone who doesn't know what I'm talking about. Hey, uh, guys, get it Photoshop. Go ahead and add that and then send it to Pete. Yes. Uh, oh, please do. <laughs> I don't think it'll take him long. Yeah. Uh, I know. It's a bit of text. Uh, so, I mean, so I like what it's doing in that sense. Mm -hmm. I, I like what, you know, this passing of the torch and Barry letting Oops. Wally be the Flash again properly is something I like. Uh, they, they, this is one where it's more just that the ongoing book from the solicitors doesn't seem like it's really, it still feels like it's doing things that I'm going to dislike. I'm going to obviously give it a chance, but my enthusiasm is definitely dampened by that. But hey, so let's 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 overanalyze this this big pages. Uh, I knew Spectre. this was gonna happen. 
Well, uh, how are we feeling about the hunt? Before we move on, who's, how are we feeling about the Flash story? Yeah. <laughs> Close, closer to... Well, now that I know that Williamson is using that to bridge on to Infinite Frontier, you know, like, still not in on the Flash main title, so I don't or I want to give it a full yay, but, you know... Skeptical. I'll put it in the middle. Skeptical. Yeah, I'm excited by the idea of the, uh, you know, uh, Flash working with the uh, the, you know, the the other place you know, the other people in the, the House of Heroes whatever that team's called I can't remember yeah yeah um, but all that stuff excites me a in lot fact, you is know, this, is, really building on that Morrison stuff is this the story where they name the other planet in the center because the two planets one's the Elseworld the other one is Earth Omega is that this story? did we not have this name in we in had Earth Omega already because there's Earth Alpha right and there's Earth or Earth Omega now so this might be the first Earth Omega. But I remember at the end of Metal, there was Earth Alpha. Because it was a whole thing. Oh, you're but, thinking of the Elseworld. It's the Elseworld. It was never called Earth Alpha. I don't remember Earth Alpha. Because I, I thought it was Earth Omega. And, and it's Omega in the Elseworld. Huh. Yeah. I remember Earth Alpha. They never called it Earth, Earth Alpha. I have no idea what you're talking about, man. I just got Mandela affected. It's, it, they, they, there was two planets. They're, one's close to Earth, so they're calling that the Elseworld. That was what was at the end of Death Metal. Right. And then this is naming the other one. This is naming the second one as Earth and, Omega. And maybe I'm also being Mandela affected because I was convinced that we I knew this name already. No, that's that's, uh, that, that's I mean, as far uh, this is the first time I read this. This was new to me. I wonder if maybe it was in some sort of. Uh, interview or article that I'd mentioned yeah. it before because I knew maybe. This yeah, 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 maybe, maybe it was in an article yeah but it was definitely not in any of the books before now Okay, at least the ones I, I read it was in all I know time. is that Earth, Earth Omega must have a ton of five star matches it's the best boat planet the best boat planet yes it's just it's got barbed wire everywhere yeah, just it's. Then, then there's plan. a golden planet. You put them together. <laughs> you know. yeah, maybe a golden moon. Maybe it's got a golden moon, Matt. Golden moon. There you yes. go. Uh, I love just how I lost Carter. Right now. I'm, <laughs> I'm like, what's going? On? And you give me you know shit for stuff out. I feel that if Connor watched wrestling, he'd love Kenny Omega. <laughs> That's all. Uh, maybe. So yeah. I have no idea what you guys just said. That was a that was a lot of gibberish. <laughs> Did you just forget words? Because like literally, they're no, all no, no. English no, words. No. They were all English words, but none of it made any sense. <laughs> oh jeez! Look, it's fine. There's the the three sides of hell. There's going to be exploding barbed wire, and uh, Moxley's going to be gloriously taken out via fake injury. <laughs> To go be a baby daddy. Oh my god! Yeah, it's not even gonna be fake though, because I know Moxley's a human <laughs> being who likes to hurt himself. So poor, poor Renee's gonna have to take care of him whilst taking care of a newborn, because he's gonna be like so uh -huh. injured. From... <laughs> uh, oh, I wait. can't wait. Uh, we're recording this a day before Revolution, and I'm excited. Okay, mm -hmm. there's excitement. Uh, mm -hmm. All right, so as a flash story, uh, yeah. uh, skeptical uh, is the word I'd go back to for that one. Uh, so yeah, there's a page of uh, Spe Spectre and Wonder Woman walking through uh, just various things in the 
the multiverse happening. Kind of maybe some of it's implying some things, some of it's maybe callbacks to well, other things. Some are obviously teases for stuff to come. I mean, Supergirl's yes. holding a sword, which is clearly a reference to the Superman yeah. book. I mean, that's, yeah. That is just the cover, isn't it? Um, well, it's different artists, yeah. but yeah, it's just the it's different artists, same but pose. It is the version of that. Yeah. Is, you know, uh, so I look at my, my lock screen on my phone. Yeah, the Swamp yeah. Thing it looks like a tease of the Swamp Thing book. Uh, mm-hmm. You've got yeah, the you got... Titans. Yeah, you've got Lobo and Crush, which mm-hmm. we definitely spoke yeah. about in Look, some book. Uh, Deathstroke looking like he's being Hamlet. You know? <laughs> yeah. To kill or not to kill? That's the question. Yeah, you got some Justice League Dark stuff going on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the one that stuck out to me, you guys want to guess? Uh, uh, yeah, I think it's clear because yeah. it, it's, yeah. it's the blue and gold. And I'm like, where is, is this from? Yeah. What? Like, uh, on, man. That's on an yeah. Earth that is is being erased from the timeline. How dare you? <laughs> I mean, you, see, most of them I can kind of point through. Like Shazam, that stuff might even tie in with the Titan stuff potentially. Or, or given... Justice League, because Black Adam's in that. Rock of Eternity, right? Yeah. That's fine in right. the back. What is that on the left of? Of the Shazam panel, I can't quite make it out underneath the the tech uh, bubbles. It, so it looks like some type of like. At first, I thought it was Wildcat. I'm like, well, that's not Wildcat. Yeah, that's is it maybe Midnighter? Maybe, but the suit looks a little bit off. But yeah, like zooming in on my tablet, I was able to get more. You know that yeah. it's not Wildcat. So, but it is someone beating the absolute piss out of somebody. So maybe it's Midnighter. But maybe. There's the Aquaman stuff, which we don't have an Aquaman book yet. No. Do we? But they look so happy. So let's just let them be happy and right I now. And I think what should be interesting to most of us is the, the Green Lantern panel, which features yeah. all the lands that aren't going to be in the Green Lantern book. Which perhaps mm-hmm. suggests there'll be a Green Lantern core book or something akin for all the right. other lanterns. You mean and, things uh... we've been yelling that we should have for the past three years is have two lantern books. Yes. Yeah. Um, you I... know what? <laughs> I'm okay with with Jess uh, being swapped out with with John Stewart for the Four Corpsmen. That, I mean, I'd rather look. she I'd rather she replace Kyle. <laughs> no, 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 no. I mean, no. we only need one sensitive Green Lantern there, right? And I'd rather have her sensitivity issues um, than him being a you know. I would rather artist. get rid of Guy. Oh, I'm an artist. Of oh. course, we do. You're gonna go there. I think Guy should go and Kellogg should replace Guy because he's a more interesting hard ass Green Lantern. Guy's, Guy's the wild card. Every team's gonna have wild card. Right. He's he's the Arn. You know. Is Arn the wild card? I I don't know. But I feel like he's the one that kind of keeps them together because that's what that whole story was okay. in the special. You know what I mean? And that to me with the four horsemen, that was always Arn. You know, everyone else yeah. came and went. And you know what? It was always Rick and Arn. Connor can't say so. shit, but that's because it was a direct reference to the the four horsemen and Green Lantern at one yeah. point with the four corpsmen. Yeah. So this is all very relevant comparison. Sake. It is very relevant. It, no, so. which is why I wasn't going to say anything because I, I know that that's what it's yes. referencing. Although obviously. The Four Horsemen as an idea has been around like a thousand years, give or take, probably. Yes, but that's not what the reference in the book was. It was no. it was to the wrestlers. I know, yeah. I know. Four but legs on a table. It, it but I, I mean, how's Ric Flair, right? I mean, that's yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, we've gone through this before. Yeah. <laughs> the amount of women, come on, <laughs> <laughs> gotta be. I just 
<laughs> I mean, I'll never read that Vendetti run because I know that after that reference, all I want Hal to do is to chop someone in the chest and go woo, and he doesn't do it. I know he doesn't do it, so uh, I'm just not going to read it. But you know what? I'm I'm sure guy spine busted somebody. <laughs> I'm sure him and Arkillo. So. Oh dear. Anyway. Yes. Cool. Uh, so that's that page. Uh, <laughs> uh, but yeah. So what are women? It sounds like she's agreeing to take the job, and then she's like, "No, I'm not taking this job. You misunderstand me." Um, yeah, take this job and shove it. Yeah, you've just shown me that all all these people are going to a new infinite frontier, so I'm going to be there to guide them there. Like I'm going into this new chapter, and um, we get this yeah, great two page spread of the. This is basically remember the two page rebirth spread of all the characters. Yep. This is essentially infinite frontiers version of that. Now, not everyone is there, but most people are there. Because uh, there's definitely some people you can look for that you won't find. Uh, if you really try, but um, notably, next Batman's there as well as regular Batman. Yeah, and so on. I will say, almost all my favorites are represented, so I'm okay. Um, who was I looking for? Because I was, I was delighted that. Uh, I'm forgetting now. I don't know. I because I, I looked at the page, you know, really in depth when I first saw I mean, it. Some of the interesting ones to me of where we don't know where they're going to show up. Uh, Raven. Mm-hmm. Um, Batwoman. Batwoman, fair. Uh, Raven's probably just Titans Academy, though. I'd have thought. Well, maybe, but we haven't had any mention of her with that yet. Mm. But um, I mean, it makes sense, I suppose. Uh, Vixen. Yeah, Vixen could be yeah. a number of places. Yeah. Steel, maybe as well, is the one that sticks out to me. It's a little bit different. Where's Steel? He's up there. Oh no, he's, he's up there. Yeah. 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 Raven's, what were you saying, Matt? Raven's under Batman. Where's Raven? Under Batman. Bully's knee. Oh, okay. Oh, that is Raven. Yeah, I know it's Raven. <laughs> no, no, no. In my head, I, I always look for purple and stuff with hey, Raven. Like your signature. A purple, a Matt, that is so Raven. That is so Raven. I got it. I just got a flash of the future, and now I got to prevent it. <laughs> I've never even seen that so Raven, but I thought of the joke, and I'm going to do it. <laughs> yeah. Um, either of I, but my wife watches it, so you know. Of course, your wife, who's a teenage girl, and uh, of course, watches such things on Disney Channel. I had to tell her today, I am done. <laughs> I am done listening <laughs> listen to Taylor Swift in the car. Hey, I, I want. I want last year. Hold on, Matt. I want the audio <laughs> listeners to know that Matt, before he started that sentence, looked over his shoulder to make sure he couldn't be heard. <laughs> that was what that pause. Oh. <laughs> That she is, is the sneaky. best moment we've had in months. <laughs> yeah. He is sneaky, and I don't, don't that you know. like, Am I safe? Yeah, okay. Yeah. That was the that, that was the peel and key sketch of call, calling the wave bitches. It was, it was like, uh-huh. and, I, and I said, and I said, bitch. <laughs> you said that? Yeah. <laughs> I think it was only as funny though because it was it was really organic. Like I don't uh, think he planned that no, like, no, to no. be funny. He just genuinely checked for his own safety yeah i i both both oh. can be true <laughs> yeah but no it, yes it, uh so, so anyways so the epilogue um, which unfortunately i mean what's in the epilogue is perfectly fine unfortunately the art just completely oh thank god for the lettering before, i know before we move on so if she had joined oh, with sure. the quintessence would she have replaced somebody or would they become the sextessence <laughs> No, seriously. Like, it's a good question. question. Uh, no, um, it is a good question because uh, who would she have? Repl- I mean, she, she probably would have replaced Hera, right? You would think. You would think. 
So that that's why I just I, unless, I wonder unless the old wizard's looking to retire. Right. Oh, I or remember. Gavity. I remember what it was. So I was happy to see Spoil at the bottom, but I couldn't find Cast. That that was that was that was my thought. Uh, well, okay. this page. Cast not somewhere on one of the sides. I, I, I don't think so. Donna Troy's there though. I can see her. And I mean, she's she's the big bat member, big bat family member that is kind of missing here. Yeah. Everyone else, even even Duke's there. Yeah. So, you're right. Yeah. So, it was just it was just, it was just a major thing. Not a big deal. Uh. But yeah, so we ha we hear the the contestants talking to someone, and it's mm -hmm. someone saying that no matter what, I am the end, I am the final, I, but I am finite. And the implication I got here from this, because I mean, it turns out to be Dark Side, right? That's the big final page, who looks mm -hmm. awful in JRGR's art. But uh, mm -hmm. the big thing I was getting here is that this is a Dark Side who's more powerful than he's ever been because he now has all of continuity, like in his head, like he remembers everything. He's every version of Dark Side so, that's ever been. I, this... I love that he's turned a, all, ro all roads lead to Rome into just about him. Yes, that's amazing. Which is the most Dark Side thing you can do? Yeah, yeah, because Dark Side is exactly so. Yeah, and um, I, I am so glad I didn't have to rely on the art for this reveal because as soon as we're talking about Earth Omega, and then you have the the big yeah. black box or bubble with the white text, and I'm like, I, I know this, I know who this is from just mm. those, yeah. that linking or alone. But but still, you know, outside the art, it is very well paced out by Williams. It is, but the reveal you from know? the lettering was more exciting to me than the reveal. Yeah. There, and you that, know, that's so, why I'm grateful. There's the so much of this like Infinite Frontier stuff that feels a little fresh to me and it feels okay we're in a new era it feels like we're post a reset of some kind mm -hmm. but it's a kind of exciting because this is the first one in a long time where it feels like it's incorporating all of past continuity that's kind of part of the, 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 mm -hmm. the what's special about it uh but this dark side reveal where he's talking about how he's the most powerful he's ever been because he has all of his past continuity intact and together is the big one big thing that it feels like okay this is us really getting one of those juicy new details because continuity has Maybe reset's not the word in this case, but like reformed. Right. Uh, and and we should point out that in this story, it's not just a reveal of Darkseid. He is seemingly killing the Quintessence. Yes, he's yeah. he's killed the Quintessence and uh I, I don't know if he's absorbed their power or he's just like got his power had, in his hands. Had but... Diana would have been there, she would have slapped him back down. You know. <laughs> so he's lucky she wasn't there. Yes. They caught him off guard though. Like, you know, yeah. it, it's all all the spikes coming from behind them. I don't you know. Mm -hmm. So, Some stranger inspect to get an extra uh, second of warning, but even though... And this fine. is also the uh, the cost, right, that Diana was worried about, is something's right. coming for the DCU. And, well, I mean, right. you could roll your eyes and say it's just dark side again, but I do kind of like this this way they've framed it as like, no, this is dark side with all of his past versions intact so, kind of thing. Yeah, so uh, we had learned in, in New 52 that when it came to the, uh, to, to the fifth world stuff, there was only one of them, right? There hmm. wasn't a multiverse of of those characters. So Darkseid had always kind of... He was extra multiversal, being that there was only one Darkseid. So now the fact that there's been Darkseids over time and he has access to all of that power, that's a, that's a nice little wrinkle. Yeah, because I, I, I have to assume that the whole baby Darkseid reborn into Darkseid is all gone now, and it's just we're just the Darkseid. This is just plain Darkseid well, now. Well, yeah, this is Darkseid. I... So he's he's absorbed all of the forms of every Darkseid yeah. we've ever seen to become one right. Megazord Darkseid. Yeah, right, but so... given that it's always well, meant to have been a wrote... it's always meant to have been a version of Darkseid, though, right? So 
this is not the baby that's grown up. This is now just true dark side. And no, yes, this, it's, is, it's, this it's, is he has absorbed that baby. Yes, I, I, that, I, I, that version happened. I get you know it did happen. I get dark that. But what I'm saying is though is that this is not that baby growing up anymore. This is true dark side who's incorporated all the other little versions that have came along along the way. So, but, but yeah, so it just it strikes out too that the thing I want to talk about earlier with Williamson was he started off Justice League Odyssey, right? Mm-hmm. He had an intent of using Darkseid as he went to that, you know, the Lost Sector it was type a, deal. Darkseid as Hannibal Lecter was his kind of pitch, right? Mm-hmm. Right. But as you found out as it went, is that Darkseid was using that to reform his power. That he was using, like, this power of belief through all these different planets to amp him back up. So I feel like this is kind of where Williamson was going before things kind of went sideways, you know? that he for whatever reason he stopped on that book and then that book just kept going and, i mean you know i think just to t- t- tack on at that point i think it's fair to say that for infinite frontier this month and going forward is dr- the true start of the post didio era in the sense that this is yeah. where they've had time to yeah. plan and start their stories right. what they wanted to do you know you know for the, for the new editors and whatnot like this um, is where it begins I'm really wondering if if something like Infinite Frontier was planned before all this, and then it, you know it got sidetracked well, I mean, with whatever, you it, know, it, it was it was five G. That was what was planned but, before this. But, right, but the five G was always a little bit different. I felt too. You know, I mean, it wasn't no, necessarily I mean, the same. I get what Matt's saying here. He's saying that if, yeah. if Williamson had a vague plan of to do something like this with right. Darkseid at some point, he's now finally sure. getting to reframe it in this new light. Right. And, and maybe that's why he left that book in the first place is that's to kind of slap down his plans. That's right, that's what I'm kind of thinking. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm here for that. So I made that connection when I was reading this. I was like, oh, man, it's kind of similar to Justice League Odyssey, Darkseid, you know, who's trying to, you know, subvert the power of belief to make himself even more powerful. It's very dark side. Yeah, I mean, I I'm it. super into Infinite Frontier this one shot as a whole because it makes me excited for just the scope of what the DC universe is doing. Uh, going forward um I, like i'm super into it and, you know we get to this this uh like checklist page essentially uh for what's coming up uh obviously march is just packed with everything that's returning so you get action comics batman batman superman batman urban legends detective comics catwoman flash harley quinn joker justice league nightwing suicide squad superman swamp thing teen Titans academy wonder woman and then it's just april's just green lantern issue one maze mr miracles mini robin star girl wonder girl engine supergirl uh, an Infinite Frontier issue one. It just says coming this it's, summer, but it, it's July. It said it uh, before the epilogue. Uh, what? What? It's just uh, that, that, the previous page. So it's at the end of the the bottom of the dark side page, coming in July. Uh, the article said June. The article said June. I'm sure it did. It said, I'm, I'm sure it said. I mean, I'm looking at it right now in the book. Uh, no, it, I, it I see. Said, it. I see it. I see. I looked at it when you said it. Right. I don't. I'm not not believing you. I don't remember reading in the article. To be honest, this is so. a fun conversation. Oh, well, it's him. He has to like. I, I get what he's saying. I've looked at the book. Just cool. Saying. Oh my god, you are the worst. Son. I don't even care if he's right. He's still a prick, right? Uh... <laughs> Again, this is why he would love Kenny Omega. <laughs> <laughs> don't care if he's right. He's still a prick. <laughs> There's, there's being right and there's being a prick and those those are not mutually exclusive, right? <laughs> not at all. I never said they oh. were. Not at all. Cool. Right. What's uh what what what's we rating this? Yes, we are rating, yes. 
Hold on, hold on. I'm finding this article again. Uh, yeah, Matt, read oh it. Oh my god, the need of you guys both to be right. Well, I, 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 I left it. I'm not even looking. Where, where the book? I'm just looking for. Well, I'm not. I'm not doing this to be right. I'm doing this to give the correct information oh. to the audience. Okay. That I, I, I am doing cool. this out of uh, professionalism. Thank you very much. Yeah. Well, go on, Matt. Go on, Matt. Read it. Oh, okay. Well, I thought you were going to drop the info. I can drop the info of... after you've read it. Okay, well, I'm, <laughs> I'm going to give this a very high eight. I, I enjoyed the majority of this, so. <laughs> can't give it higher because of JRJR art there at the end. Like, you can't. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I can't argue with that logic. Yes, yes, yes. 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 Well, for, I mean, the start of the article says leads to Infinite Frontier issue one in June, so that's how the article starts. So I knew I wasn't imagining this. Uh, where are we? Infinite Frontier will launch June twenty second, according to DC. They changed their mind after printing. Uh, yeah, I, I knew I read June twenty second. I knew I did. Uh, okay. All right. So Connor's wrong and a prick. Great. Be I mean, I wasn't wrong. Best, the issue was wrong. Best possible outcome. Best possible outcome. <laughs> At no point did I say the article was wrong. I just said the issue says July. That's not me wrong. That's the, the issue. Hashtag, wrong. hashtag Conroe was wrong. Conroe was wrong. That's your hashtag. That. Right. Uh, what are you giving it, Connor? I'm giving it a five. Um... <laughs> I, yeah, no, this is. Uh, I actually. I don't know if I tweeted it or if I put it on uh, a Facebook message to someone. Uh, this was the blandest issue that has ever gotten me so excited for stuff. I, I I did not enjoy reading this. I thought it was a horrible experience with all the fragmented and the through line was really rough at best with with the the Wonder Woman Inspector stuff. Uh, there are moments I like and individual stories that I like. Sure, some of these are okay, but for the most part, none of them were enough. To satisfy anything, and I kind of just felt like, eh, is that it? The end. But I'm also excited for all the things that it, that it's coming from it. So that's why it gets the five. I don't think the through line in this is really that much weaker than the through line of Rebirth issue one. Now, Rebirth issue one is a better issue. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying they're equal. I think the uh, the key difference for me uh, between the two, because I can actually give you a, a quantifiable thing here, is uh, Rebirth had emotion and. To what it was doing with Wally, not just for mm -hmm. me caring about Wally, but it was about Wally reconnecting. No, I, with I, I think that was, and his he was actually physically attempting to get to break through all issue. That was what the, the struggle was from a character no, point of view. Whereas I, Wonder Woman is just an observer. I agree, that's why it's better. But I don't think that this is as soulless uh, as your description would would make it. Um, I, I'm excited for so much that this is set up. I'm excited for the DCU going forward. Um, and yeah, so I, I'm I am going to I'll agree with Matt and give it the straight eight. Um Boom. And I think that art in the last epilogue does kinda it probably would have been at least an eight point five if it wasn't for that last uh, epilogue's art. Just uh put that put that out there. Batman issue one oh six, James Tain in the fourth writing and Jorge Jimenez on the art. On the main story, of course, we'll get to the backup uh, separately. Uh, so this is returning to Tynan's run, but it is very much a new status quo that's set up where he has got much less money. He's living in a more normal place, uh, slumming it as, uh, one of his neighbors. He's got an apartment. Puts it. Uh, 
And before Cara gets into his negativity, because Cara said on Twitter that he wanted yes. to complain about something on like page two. Yeah. Um, I really like this issue. I love a lot of what it's setting up for Gotham wide. So um, I'm going to let Cara go first because I would rather go on to the positivity after. That's fair. Um, mine is actually, it's a very specific complaint because actually I have a lot of good things to say about this book as well. Uh, so I'll we'll get into those. But the one thing I, I absolutely do have a real problem with is some of the lettering. Specifically, the lettering to do with the uh, the scarecrow stuff, and anyone where it's uh, or Bruce when he's affected by the the fear gas, it has a like a drop shadow effect along with kind of being like a wavy to kind of, you know give it this this odd feeling. And I get the the effect they're going for, but I think it's actually really hard to read. Uh, it, it looks blurry at points. It looks out of focus, and I have to strain to read it, and it is not nice, especially after reading. Um, the Scarecrow narration box, which is a very similar font in the Infinite Frontier issue, uh, where it was a very similar font, but it was a lot clearer and cleaner for me to read. Okay, so I'm going to agree, but when I read it physically, it was fine. I had no problem with it. This must be a problem in digital versus... So you think it's something about reading it on the screen? I I would... Very possible. I, I would... What's funny is that when I was reading this on the tablet, I never had a problem. I would agree it looks yeah. kind of blurry and hard to read now that I'm looking yeah. at Because I'm on the screen, right? Because I've got it on like my monitor next to the Skype window, mm-hmm. right? And I would agree that it's a little bit... See, I, I, I didn't think this was going to be the complaint. I thought you were going to complain about how it transitions from Bruce's narration into dial- uh, Scarecrow's actual dialogue. And I was, going to comp- I was going to argue with you and say it was amazing. Well, not amazing, but like... I'd say that I thought it was a really good technique of showing how Scarecrow's in his head and knows what he's thinking. I thought that was a nice little touch. And I thought you were going mm-hmm. to complain about that. Uh, this is kind of fair. I don't think it's a big deal, but... I, I, I think it's a big deal in the sense that it's actually not as big a deal in this issue as I thought it was going to be when I tweeted that because this, you know, I, I tweeted that before I got out of this opening section where it was, you know, this this font for three pages. Oh, Conroe jumping the gun. What a surprise. No, no, but here's the thing. <laughs> I stand by the complaint as a concern going forward because this is going to be a thing over the entirety <clears throat> of the arc because they're not going to change this. And now I'm dreading getting to Scarecrow stuff in this arc because I'm I'm terrified of having to read this well, font over and over. It was fine on my I, tablet, I so like I'm not that worried. Even even with the art on the tablet, the the art's even blurry, almost like a dreamlike haze. Do you, do you know what I get right? from that, from that? I mean, I will say it's having an effect that I think is doing its job well, even if it is a little harder to read. And the the sound effect I'm hearing on his voice, it sounds kind of like. Uh, I hate to bring up Star Wars, but I'm getting not quite Darth Vader, but I'm getting like you're coming through a breather, kind of distorted. Yeah, that's what like, I'm getting from yeah, it. Yeah, like like a scuba. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kinda, yeah, yeah. So uh, and and this thing, I like the effect. I get what it's going for. I just think it's it's a chore to actually read, and that is not good uh, for for sure. Um, which it was like, you know, I did think this was a reasonably fair complaint, as as opposed to some of my other. No, no, no. So. I had no idea what you were going to say, right? And then when you started talking about it, I was like, it can't be that bad. So I pull up a, a, a page mm-hmm. on the tablet, and I see it. And I'm like, oh, okay. I get what he's saying here. Yeah, honestly, I, I mean, uh, I didn't have a big problem. Again, I think it was fine on the tablet. It's only on the monitor screen that at my distance that it's it's feeling a bit iffy. Yeah. But-, but see, I, I read this physically, and that's why I didn't think it was a problem. Yeah. Because physically, you get like a depth 
to it so it makes it like it it stands out but it didn't it wasn't blurry you know yeah this is maybe a slightly millage may vary depending on how you're reading it to be honest but yeah uh, okay so minor lettering quibble okay Knock that out. Um, so this is set. Th- this opening couple of pages is set further down the line because Scarecrow has Batman. Uh, yeah. Seemingly, it's about going to the narration up. boxes. It's Batman uh, tied up, uh, and the, the the Scarecrow gas or whatever it is is infecting him because he's. It's like he's trying to like keep on to his own narration, but it's turning into Scarecrow's fonts and it's becoming his fears, these worries. And like I said, that kind of transitions to where Scarecrow then responds to something he's just said in the narration box. Which I thought was a nice little trick to show that he's kind of in his head. He knows what he's thinking, uh, and it's it's the idea of how much of this is he actually saying out loud without yes. realizing. Yeah, yeah, that too. Yeah, so there's a lot of cool stuff, but it, it obviously cuts back to what it calls old Gotham, which I actually kind of like that as well. Old and Gotham. I actually really like the transition as well because it's you know it's Bruce talking to himself. You know, remember how it started? It was on the road. A woman's voice in your head yes. telling you, and then the next thing is just. Uh, you know, the, it's Oracle. The speech bubble. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's Oracle speaking to him, mm-hmm. which is, you know, goes into Oracle filling a role. And the, I'm glad the neon vibes from Future State mm. are carrying over here. There's some neon. Yep. I I wasn't gonna get this physically, and then I saw the cover, and I realized <laughs> I like Scarecrow. And I was like, okay, if this hey. arc doesn't go right, I'll I'll make this a digital hey, book. Matt. Uh, here's what? something to point out: is that now that it's monthly, it may be more consistently Jimenez. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. And especially as uh, March is busy over on Joker. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. So we'll, we'll, we'll be March. Um, well, my thing yeah. is also, as I had said, 105 was going to be my last physical Batman. Right. So I told my shop, stop you, pulling you, Batman you, for me. Did your shop hold it for you anyway? They did. And so I got to go. I thought he's like, well, they, no. They know. know how you are. They know that he lies. We know how. No, that's not a lie. I can't remember. You know, there was you're lying to yourself. Shop owners on Twitter <laughs> yes. this week. Uh-huh. Uh, I don't know which one it was. I follow a handful, um, mm-hmm. but it was uh, they they tweeted saying, "Oh, when you know when regulars come in and say they're not buying comics anymore, and then just uh, oh. with the with the gif uh, from Hamilton of you know you'll be back, you'll be back." It was um, Higgins. Was it Higgins? Okay, I couldn't remember. I didn't know if it was Higgins or Big yeah. Bang Comics. I couldn't remember which one so, of them was. So, yeah, so I just looked at the cover, and that cover is, is amazing. And then, as I'm reading it, I was like, oh, okay, well, Scarecrow, and then the Jimenez art. I, I feel mean, like Jimenez here, just I think this like, opening page of the Batmobile. Oh, it's great. I love like, the sound effect going on the road next to it, uh, the, the broom uh-huh. of the engine. Oh, there, that's there's really so nice. much atmosphere, there's so much world building in this issue for the various, again, the ensemble cast that is now going to inhabit Batman. And even though we already had it in the Infinite Frontier issue, it just cutting to Oracle at her desk, and she's like snacking on like what ruffles. They're ruffles. Ruffles, okay. Like, yeah, they're that they are. Or, I don't know if you guys, you know, the chips there. If they're called something else. Yeah, we don't have right? ruffles, but not, not to the my ruffles, knowledge, anyway. No. They're the ridges type chips. Oh, the McCoys. Um, Got it. Sure. Be, um, I don't know. They could be fresh. But just, I, <laughs> I, I took took to to twitter earlier in the week when i was reading this and was like i, I definitely want to talk about babs transitioning to, to this role as oracle but we already talked about that in infinite frontier um so like i mean, it was there you know, too so I, mean, I, mean, I will just say again but, on on lettering quibbles yeah. still not a big fan of this oracle uh font with the, the green on green not not oh, big on fine. that it's very 
it's very digital yeah i'm not i'm not i'm not fussed uh but it, it, um, it sets up more stuff here it sets up this uh yeah was it the insanity collective basically this this new group this this villainous group that's emerging who are like basically against all the the, the insane people <laughs> they're being run by someone calling himself master wise yeah which is spelled w-y-z-e so i feel like this is uh obviously i mean i, I don't expect i i expect them to obviously be a feature in the book but they feel like they're more going to be like a bunch of c-listers that happen to propel other plot elements forward rather than being the focus but well it's world building I, I do like the idea that almost this cult they're not really a cult though because they are like a collective they have cult vibes is is spinning out of joker war right like joker War changed gotham so much that like this group popped up and now they're pulling heists together and it is like a it's all you know it's almost a backlash to like you know joker inspired so many people to put on clown makeup and Mm -hmm. be his henchmen that this is like a backlash to anyone who would consider doing that this is right we're a sane kind of criminal (laughs) kind of thing uh and, you know, there's some good... One of my favorite things about Oracle as a character in that role is is the banter with, you know... So there's a, so there's a running gag here about how Batman's had to take a lot of the fancier stuff out of the car, uh, but he's driving at, like, 95 miles per hour, but the auto, like, drive isn't really there. And he he goes, like, okay, I'm going to go and, like, deal with the, the villains, because some of them are up in, like, a sort of uh, big giant drone uh, with the, the stolen loot. Yeah. So he's going to grapple up there... And he says, oh, there's no AI. There's just this kind of a remote control. Uh, and because she was just sort of saying, try not to crash then, <laughs> since you're going so fast, he says it to her as he's on his way out of the car, saying, hey, you have to drive now. <laughs> so it's, he's left Oracle in control of the Batmobile remotely, yeah. running yeah. at ridiculous um, speeds, which is just funny. It's a giant page, RC car. Yeah. A lot of fun. Uh, also on this page, we've got the teaser of Mir- Miracle... Is it Mary or Molly? Miracle Mary. Yeah, who's Mary. like the, the second in command of this group. Yeah, yeah, who's the next, you know, Tynan character yes. along the lines of Punchline and, and Ghostmaker mm-hmm. uh, and Clown. It's a good tease because uh, she's in silhouette and then it's just a shot of her mouth and the walkie-talkie and, and that's mm-hmm. it. Also, this introduces my favorite lettering technique in this issue. And I've been negative on the lettering so far, but I want to give some real praise here. Replacing the, the generic symbols that we use for swearing with the bats is a touch yeah. of inspired genius that I can't believe I've never seen done before. Well, and they're consistent with what word they're saying. Which I'm always a fan yeah, of. Right letters. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Advantage is the effing Batman is the obviously the line that's been uh-huh. said. Yeah. Uh, but that that panel of Batman, if you go to the next page, like Batman coming out at the front of the, the Batmobile with a grapple is just beautiful. It's oh, it is. gorgeous stuff. Uh, and, and at the bottom, of course, uh, Oracle with the reflections on her glasses. Again, just there's just little, like the book is beautiful. Uh, but then, of course, uh, Ghostmaker shows up and Oracle complains that she put out the call for his help, like you know. 20 minutes ago and he's, he's late uh which actually so they, they, both, they both kind of are doing this uh the ghostmaker's been told not to kill anyone as uh, a gorgeous full page spread of batman like with two of the you know the, the various henchmen like you know grabbed um one of my favorite things though and i i, I was actually enjoying the inclusion of harley and what tyna was doing with her but one of my favorite funny pages of this whole issue is there's one page of harley basically getting to this event after everything's already done and she's out of breath. She's running across rooftops. She's running across the roof. Yeah. So that's the bit that gets me. And she's like, wait a minute. And Matt, your mate's going, by the way. And Harley's just like, wait, how am I supposed to get here in time? Like, we don't all have, I mean, are you all millionaires? How do you have so many bikes and cars? Like, how am I going to get to the... So, More of the bat swearing. 
Yeah, mm-hmm. I love the I idea can... that she's trying to be good and be an ally, but she just doesn't know how to get to the locations mm-hmm. quick enough. She's, it's really funny just, to me. It's just there, her and her. What I'm assuming is a baseball bat on her back. Yeah, uh, it, yeah. It, it maybe it, it doesn't look big enough to be a mallet. Could be a mallet. You know, it, it could be, but I assume I'd see the mallet sticking out. Yeah, it's just again, it's the ensemble. It's like Harley's been a, a regular uh, main character in this bat run. And I, I appreciate yeah. writers who do that and have a, you know, a set. You know, if you imagine that each one is a TV show, I want to be able to imagine that opening title sequence from the nineties, where here's a, here's the seven characters who are, are basically in every issue or close to. Uh, I want that feeling from the characters in, in a run, and I get that here. And I think Harley's there, Oracle's there. Uh, obviously, this Ghostmaker character's there now. Yeah, so. Yeah. Uh, and, yeah, and now we have the villainous characters coming in, the mayor and all that kind of stuff. Uh, so we go to uh, this uh, Simon Saint again, and he's basically pitching the magistrate to the mayor uh, mm-hmm. and why it's a good idea. Uh, and they're all very polite to each other in this scene. He has like a hologram of what a, a peacekeeper would look like. Uh, yep. But it says, you know, only one to five peacekeepers per city. We had more interest. There was like 12 in Gotham though, right? In right, State. and so this is what I like from Tynan, adding a little bit of some social commentary here. <clears throat> in that, A, this is Simon Saint, who we find out he's from Gotham, you know, and then left, and, he, and then he went to Silicon Valley. Um, and, and if you pay attention to a lot of stuff that's going on, like, you get a lot of this kind of law and order type stuff coming out of there mm. because of, of they're so... They're so far away. They're, they're the running so far ahead of the law. Right. Can't, mm. can't legislate that, fast enough to keep up with what they're innovating. Right. And then on top of it, so this guy takes that and is like, well, I, I can fix that problem by if you turn the law over to us. Yeah. And, and, and the idea that he promises, oh, one to five, you know, you know specifically yeah. chosen peacekeepers. And the idea that that's how you sell it. You sell it at this manageable right. level, but we know for a fact it gets... Right. Yeah, and there's also the uh, idea that he makes it clear that oh, the police would still be there to deal with regular crimes. Like that's what they were built to do. But in, but, but super villains, like you can't rely on capes for that. So the peacekeepers are there for the super villains. And just one other detail here, I like just before whatever Matt says is that I like the idea that it kind of mirrors Bruce Wayne in a weird way that he was in Gotham and he left and then mm-hmm. learned all his skills. So in this case, it was Silicon Valley, but he came back right. to Gotham with all those skills. So this is how he sort of comes back as a Batman right. kind of thing. Right. No, and that's real good. But like. The plan doesn't sound terrible, right? Like Connor says, it's how they sell it. Yeah. And, uh, oh, you know, you're uh, like... If we didn't a, already read Future State, and if we also didn't right. already know that he was working with Scarecrow, then right. we might actually think, oh, this might not sound so bad. <laughs> right, and, and even the, someone that already knew all this, <clears throat> going like, you know, one to five, they deal with, like, the two-faced shenanigans, mm-hmm. right? And you leave the police to actually do their job, what they're supposed to do. And it's like, huh... Not not a bad sell. Uh, yeah, which, by the so, way, but, uh, whoever yeah. d- d- decided to do the out of focus like city behind the silhouette of Scarecrow mm-hmm. was a genius. Like that is gorgeous. Yeah. Oh, the, those two panels yeah. are spectacular. And, and obviously, and is the sequ- I mean, even the sequencing right. of going from the window and then going across mm-hmm. the street to like him watching through from right. the, the the rooftop, it's beautiful. It's got a real sense of movement to it. An atmosphere. I mean, yeah. it's got. If the city feels alive because of this out of focus element, I think. Yeah, I do. I do love that. You know, the this. Uh, you know, like uh, you know, neon, all the lights that. I don't think we'd really seen in Gotham much before. Future State seems to have 
carried backwards. I mean, it... They're like, that's that's the, the look we're going to use for Gotham and, going forward. And the good news is, is that Detective is, you know, obviously Mora, who was doing Dark Detective, which was even more neon-y than Future State, or Future State Next Batman was. So, yes. Uh, maybe we have a different, slightly different look to it than this, but it, we're definitely getting neon in that book. So Right, and I think that was Belair co- coloured that stuff, mm-hmm. right? Uh, I, I don't so. know if she's co- colouring Detective, but I hope so. Yeah, or at the very least set up a style that should be emulated. Uh, yeah, the house style for Gotham. Yeah. Not in terms of, oh, we want everything to look like this, but just colours, tone, scheme. Kind of, yeah, yeah. We're, we're going cyberpunk with Gotham. Yeah. Pretty much. You know, versus the old gothic rundown buildings. It's like the dystopian that's just under the surface, right? You know, that Blade Runner kind of vibe. Uh, yeah, which I like. Yeah, um... So yeah, we're interested uh, where Bruce is living now, and then the, the neighbor who just always seems to go out when the press is around, so he can complain about Bruce Wayne <laughs> moving in. Very uh, American thing. Yeah, uh, and Ghostmaker's there. He he wants to spar. Uh, Bruce is he, he does get up and do it, but he's you know he's he's mostly we're, thinking about his uh, plans. We're supposed to hate Ghostmaker, right? Not anymore. I still do. I, I don't, don't think like we're supposed to. I, no, I get that. I think yeah. I think we're supposed to feel this. Ah, oh, he's supposed to have grown on us. That oh, okay, maybe we're supposed no. to like him after all. He's 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 got the the same mindset as as Bruce and some of our other heroes. With you know, right. he's realistically he's not that far away from a Red Hood. No, that's what I was going to say. He's got kind of a Jason relationship with them right now. Yeah, and we all know how it, how long it took me to get yeah. over Jason. Yes, so. but. I, I think that's... But we're still supposed to like Jason, right? I, we just don't, collectively. I think the difference with this, though, is because it's Tynan's own character, mm-hmm. I think there's an end point for this character in this run, whatever it may be, that it's going to build to. Yeah, sure. But I'm just saying, there's probably his a whole vibe arc. here... Go ahead, Connor. I, saying, I think there is a narrative arc in plan, but also I think Tynan really wants to leave a lot of these characters around for the future, so I don't think it's going to yeah. be... Well, it may not be death, but I do think he'll have a, you know, there's a purpose to, that he's heading with with the character, he's, for better or worse. He's learned enough from Bruce now that he doesn't have to be so brutal, and he goes off back, you know. Basically, what we're saying is, this is kind of going to be the same uh, arc that Damien went through in the early Batman and Robin stuff very, in very, 52. Very possibly. Yeah, I but- mean, He's an endearing little shit. I mean, who knows though? Maybe, uh, maybe he will ultimately reject the teachings of Bruce, and he'll, you know, be outright villainous again by the end. I mean, I don't know. Um, but he'll be a new outlaw. But he, he yeah. very much could get killed though. Like, I mean, because he's a new character that Tynan created, he could kill him. I mean, even if he wants to leave a bunch of characters around, he still has Punchline. He still has this new character that he's just the you know, Ghost uh, yeah. Clown Hunter is still there. Like, there's a bunch yeah. of characters that he can leave around and still kill this yeah, one. Yeah, I mean, this this new one uh, is going to be what is fourth in twenty five issues, if that. Yeah. yeah. And then he said he was going to introduce a villain soon. Mm-hmm. Was that not a thing? Like a new villain? Quite possibly. Wait, maybe yeah. is that Simon Saint? Oh, maybe. Maybe that's what it meant. Maybe. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but but again, I, I like because we go to the mayor's next. Um, and he's basically saying, yeah, we're never doing this stupid magistrate thing. We don't need them. <laughs> That's that, just stupid. That made me feel great. Yeah. You know. Uh, but because, of course, he has no intentions of doing it, uh, the final play- page, the cliffhanger, is that, you know, whether real or hallucinated or symbolic, there is a scarecrow, not not the scarecrow, but there is a scarecrow behind him in his house. <laughs> I like to think it's a real one that 
Scarecrow has put there. Yes. Just to, mm. so that when he turns around and sees it, he'll, like, get the message. I, I mean, clearly it's the whole point is to scare the shit out of him so that he'll want to, you know, put the magistrate program into practice. When, when, the idea that if he thinks he's personally in a lot of danger, mm. he's yeah. more likely to go, okay, well, maybe the city is out of control. Yeah. Right. Uh, and again, even that, like, you could do some political commentary of, like, you know, Simon saying working with one of the supervillains who he's actively saying, hey, you need us to protect you from said supervillain. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's, you know, there's stuff yeah. there, uh, which is neat. Yeah, I, I, I love this issue of Batman, honestly. I thought it, the world building was great. Even though I'm not in love with Ghostmaker as a character, he's such a, just a, a part of the whole thing rather mm-hmm. than, like, the focus that it didn't even bother me at all. It was gorgeous. I like what they're doing with Scarecrow. I like what they're doing with Simon Saint. I obviously love what they're doing with Oracle. Uh, supporting cast. I, I'm, in, I'm into it. Uh, I mean, we'll rate the book as a whole after the, the backup, but uh, right. that's just kind of where I'm wrapping up that. Which I, I knew it was there, and so I got to the end of the story, and there were still pages. I was like, wait, but that... And then I was like, oh yeah, there's Robin back up. Because yeah. I got so wrapped up in... Yeah, that's the, the two-part Robin back. This is yeah, it's a yeah. prologue to because this is Williamson doing a Damien story, and obviously he's doing the Damien mm-hmm. book, which is starting in uh, May. So this is a, a just a tease, essentially a prologue to that, uh, which is basically Damien comes to see Talia, uh, and uh, takes out a bunch of her henchmen. Uh, I actually really like the opening of this. Uh, mm-hmm. So she's a, she's in Markovia, just just for. Which- Context. I do love that that's continuing from what Benda started in Leviathan, mm. that Markovia is this rogue nation, you know? Yes. Uh, which is cool. Hey, I do like that. World building continuity is a thing, which is nice. <laughs> it is, and I like it. Well, what I was going to say is I actually really like what the art does here, because, we, you know, they're, they're at the top of some, like, tower, this hotel, there's like a, like a, a helipad on the top, and there's a few henchmen standing around, but it actually does a little circle around them, and kind of pulls them off, and then it zooms in essentially for the rest mm-hmm. of the panels, and it and it but it tracks in for the insert with it uh, through the art uh, as a guide, which is really nice. I do like uh, Damien showing up in shadows, and Talia saying you're just as theatrical as your father, like just complaining that you're trying to be like Batman. <laughs> uh, I also kind of like that Damien says, "Look, I have uh, I've given up the bat. I'm back home to you, mother." And she's immediately like, oh, so you failed. <laughs> you couldn't even become yeah, a bat. Run home to your mom, <laughs> yes. basically, is what she said. Yeah, that, that was a really nice touch. Uh, we should mention Glenn Mellencoff's on the art, just because I'm on the art page, or the mm-hmm. credits page. Uh, and then there's a bunch of assassins show up. The League of Lazarus are here to kill Talia. Um, well, well, they don't say they're here to kill them. They uh, say true, they're here yeah. to test them. Okay, true, 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 true. Uh, and they've got like a uh, writing like in green all written all over their bodies uh, so we have League of Assassins League of Shadows and now League of Lazarus just to keep track of all these various mm-hmm. leagues too uh, many leagues yes but uh, they, they they get to fighting uh, and it ends on a cliffhanger where because again that's given only 10 pages rather than mm-hmm. a full 20 page story uh, we're one of the maybe the leader of this little squad I've actually got Talia by the throat, which makes me think that Talia may actually be in on this as a way to test Damien. Yeah. Uh, because da- cause she's, throughout the whole fight, she's saying, hey, Damien, kill, kill. Uh, but then she gets grabbed at the end, or knife at her throat, and she yells at him, you know what you're waiting for? Kill him now, Damien. And he pauses, and then the final pile is just a splash of blood. And we don't know who the splash of blood's coming from. Is it Damien killing the guy? Is it Talia getting killed herself? Is it someone else's I, I, blood? Uh, yeah, I do suspect that 
you are roused in this as well that it is probably the test is have you really rejected yes. that are you willing to kill right. are you willing to be an assassin and um, take up your mantle the the panel of her she had her arm behind her back mm-hmm. I, I have a bad feeling this dude's about to get uh split the, open yes there's a very you good know? chance that splash of yeah. blood is her slicing something yeah. from him Probably yeah, something so... very sensitive. Yeah. I... <laughs> Look, Talia wouldn't be as petty as that. She'd hit the artery in the thigh. I don't know, man. <laughs> I mean, all right. She'd hit that first and then go back. Yeah. So... She'd worry yeah, about her own safety first. If the, um... This is a weird Ivan Drago paraphrase, but if the deck is cut, the deck is cut. <laughs> oh, dear. <laughs> um, sure. <laughs> Do you, know, do, you know what, do you know what I think I'll say about these backups to having just gotten one of them this week? Because uh, it was just this one, as far as the books this week go. Uh, is that... Well, technically. In terms of it being oversized with a backup. Uh, I will say that giving this to, like, a, a bigger writer... Because sometimes the backups can fall victim to being, like, you know, an up-and-comer. And they end up being yeah. a bit more rougher around the edges. Yeah. Because this has actually got a, a, a direction because it's leading to an ongoing book... And because it is like someone who's been writing ongoing DC books for a long time, so it doesn't just feel like a, a throwaway thing. It does. It doesn't. It didn't fill me it's, with the same sense of like, oh, there's like ten pages of fluff at the end. It's a weird, like, frustrating element to me, in that, especially after having read it, I can make this statement very confidently. Mm-hmm. This is one twenty-page issue cut into two to throw in backups. This Possibly. could have been Robin issue zero. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, like you know. They'd have to maybe slightly rechange this cliffhanger, but frankly, you could probably just have that as a page turn. Yeah, yeah. And it would still work. I uh, mean, that happens for a lot. I mean, a lot of ending cliffhangers could be page turn cliffhangers, really. Right. Uh, exactly. But this one here, I could really see it. Like, you could just turn to the next page and not even notice. And that, it frustrates me a little bit that they're, you know, bumping up this and Detective this month with this backup where this could have just been a Robin issue. Like, you could have just started the Robin issue zero, done a tease issue for that. Like, there's no reason not to, except for the fact that they want to do the back. I mean, well, I think theoretically these are issue ones, right? So they would have gotten the issue one bump, mm. but they're not because they're not renumbering. I think so. Now they get kind of that bump from throwing a backup in. Yeah, I, I think the smart thing here is less about adding on the extra dollar so they can charge the extra dollar. I think, I mean, it's obviously partly that, but I would say mm. it's more to do with well, you've read this because you bought Batman because you were already because tons of people buy Batman, right? Mm-hmm. And then maybe you also read Detective, because lots of people still read Detective, that maybe you're more inclined to go try the Robin book out if you like the, the two backups. There's that. I think there's the cynical part of me. I, I do agree with that. That this is It's it's maybe easier to sell people on. You've seen the first part of the story already. Yeah. You don't need to buy Robin Zero. I get, I get that approach. It's a sales pitch, basically. It is. What I dislike, though, again, is there are, I mean, uh, and there are sales figures that will back me up on this. There are probably thousands of people that read Batman that don't read Detective Comics. That will now feel forced into buying Detective Comics if they want to read the next part of this story, no, especially if they're interested in the Robin series. There are, but Batman is maybe an unfair one because it does sell so much more than everything else. But it, it, it does, that said, yeah. Detective is still quite high up in the DC rankings. So, you know, it, it'd be worse if it was like part one's in Batman, part two is in... Suicide Squad. <laughs> yeah, like... yeah, that 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 would be extra shit. I, I yeah. agree that it, it that it it could be a lot worse, but there are still thousands yeah. between them. Like, we know that. We do know that, but uh, but maybe even then, that's part of it as well. Is that like 
hey, Detective Comics is starting a new run. You've got an incentive to try out the new run as well for that. So it's kind of a double... Like, it does make sense. There's a, an intelligence no, there's, work there's here. There's a clear business sense to it yeah. that I understand from their perspective. That doesn't mean I necessarily like it as a consumer. I, I, I mean, I'm, I'm willing to give them a chance on this and see how it, it plays. Like, I mean, as far as the backup goes, I think this flowed quite well. Uh, I didn't like it as much as the main story by any means, but... I, solid. I like first this. Half I, of an issue. Yeah. Yeah. Club's art's really good. I think I, for all his bad takes on Twitter, he's still a very good artist. Sure. <laughs> yeah. I do enjoy. And uh, thankfully, they're bad takes in just like, what are you saying? As opposed to problematic. What is wrong with you? Yeah. Yeah. And so, like, yeah, no. Um, no, I like the art. I was getting like kung fu movie vibes sure. in yeah, it. Yeah. Just with the way that it was. Like, Talia does this standing kick that looks physically impossible. Right, but it looks so good that you don't care. Um, yeah, um, but yeah. No, I, mean, I enjoyed it well enough. I, I think this is a nice proof of concept that these backups working. Uh, mm-hmm. So, yeah. Uh, but I'll just to rating the the book as a whole, Matt. What are you uh, giving it? Uh, I'm gonna listen. Uh, <laughs> let's go with a straight eight. Hey, uh, Connor. Uh, just for the sake of breaking it down a little bit. The backup on its own is like a seven, just to you know, for where that dragged things. Mm-hmm. Uh, the main story, I would have given a seven point five. Uh, I am knocking at least half a point off, if not slightly more, for my lettering complaints at the start. That did give me some problems. Um, so overall, I think I'll give it a seven. Uh, I'm giving it a nine. I really like this issue. There you go. Uh, uh, obviously, it's the main story mainly, but I think that the backup's a solid backup that still kept my attention, and I was like, oh, hey, I made this day main story well enough, you know? It was like a little bonus at the end, but the main story, I love the art, uh, I love the mythology and the the, the, the character Just ensemble building, all that I'm stuff. Interested. I know you, you didn't do it on this particular issue, but going forward, do you plan on maybe rating main stories and then the backup separately? <laughs> you know, in, in, like, like we did in... In I mean, State. we did that in Future State because they were the full sizes. It was a full 20 page for the most part, backups. Yeah, I'm just thinking of things like when we get to, for example, Justice League, mm-hmm. where you've got a 20 page Justice League story and then a 10 page completely unrelated Justice League dark story. I'm using that as an example okay. because that's an ongoing thing. I'm okay with rating them separately, but when we get to doing top fives, I don't think they should count separately. Uh, no, ranking. I agree. Uh, and, and they never did before. I still think we should do like an overall mm. ranking there and for the top fives you still have to take, have the book as it is or at least what you read of it if, yeah. if, if you're not reading a backup consistently then disregard i suppose yes fair enough but yeah uh, i mean i, I, mean, I was probably, for me this was probably a nine and a seven but i'd still just go with a nine overall because that was the main <laughs> feature you know yeah boy uh all right cool there you go <laughs> The Swamp Thing issue one, Ram V writing Mike Perkins on art. This is, you know, one of the most anticipated things this week, I think, for us, uh, because Ram V's mm-hmm. been kind of killing it. And But it is worth mentioning, despite him doing a Future State Swamp Thing, this, of course, is the start of a new character who is a new Swamp Thing. And I think at one point in the build-up to this, reading the solicits or whatever, I said it had some Immortal Hulk vibes. And now that I've actually read it... <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, yes, this is Immortal Hulk. This is DC's Immortal Hulk. Yeah. Give it to me. I, I don't think I'm spotting anything too much, but saying, oh my God, I love this issue. Yeah. It's wonderful. Uh, it, and this is probably the best Mike Perkins art's ever been. And I've always liked his art. I don't it, think there's a single point in this issue where the Mike Perkins 
face problem that we tend to have even in the, even yeah. in the issues that we like of his mm -hmm. there's usually a handful of faces that look a bit weird right or overshadowed yeah. there's none of that in this issue i don't know is is there a different inker maybe no, no he, he inks it he all does... himself yeah it weirdly reminded me of sorrentino in places i think that's the, the colors mm. maybe but like i was like hmm, the shading even the faces you know there was there was a, a vibe to it so um yeah no it starts off with a monster story that's how you hooked me uh yeah right? as soon as i read this i mean book, even this book is made for us yeah even before you get to the monster like it starts off with like a crime scene it's just like you know a couple of cops mm -hmm. out in the desert investigating this body and it's kind of weird talking about bugs and maggots and you're just like Ugh, you know uh, it feels like a crime book to start with, and then yeah. it's like you know one of the cops is telling the new forensics guy who's like new to the area, uh, like you know there's a legend, you know this pale hunter, mm -hmm. I think is that what they called pale him? wanderer, pale wanderer, um, yep. and tells a story of of this this uh, soldier who came back uh, from whatever war it was at the time, eighteen sixty two, which which means he fled the world uh, world war, the world war. <laughs> civil war, civil war, <laughs> yeah. Uh, and yeah. basically, the, the town went to shit after it because at first, you know, he worked as a hunter and like he did like random odd jobs, but then mm -hmm. kind of fell away from society. And uh, obviously, it's kind of a silly legend because he'd be in his like hundred and fifties or whatever by now or mm -hmm. something. Um, and but you know, it's this dark story where he eventually became part of the desert, and he, you know, it's just a legend of this monster. And again, the art and this, the coloring—it's all these muted colors mm -hmm. and like all, almost watercolor esque. Uh, which is completely at odds at the really vibrant popping colours of the rest of the issue. It really just sets it apart as this story. Yeah, it's just, and this is the thing, you know, so you're doing this and you're like, well, okay, there's, there's, clearly this is the villain, right? Whatever Swamp thing we're getting, mm -hmm. this is the villain we're like talking yeah. about right now. And um, uh, uh, Bidkar, who's doing the letters, does a trick that I've seen them do a couple of times in this story where it shifts to not having a, a box behind it. It just all of a sudden the box fades away, and it yeah. just becomes the text on the image, and it you know you 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 probably don't even realize it as you're reading it because the idea is you you're getting sucked into this story as they're telling it because this is you know as they're telling this story, and it just becomes the story. And, you know it's it's wonderful stuff. Yeah, the older cop, the mustache guy, um, he's obviously more skeptical and says you know cut out this, and he's he's saying like all oh, these stories all come from the same thing, and he. But it's this really interesting sentiment he shares before we cut to this new character who's ultimately going to be our, our new Swamp Thing. Um, talks about how, you know, we recognize something in like the the, the lakes and the, the deserts and the forests and all, all the sort of more natural parts of the world. Uh, is there's, there's this thing that we have where, you know, the realization that from the moment we're born, we're all trying so violently to be something else, uh, to grow into something different. Um so the idea of the unknown and the and the natural is kind of scary to us, mm -hmm. and we cut to this like it's a really simple panel, but I love this panel of the plane flying through the sky with a lightning bolt. But there's this green coloring to the it's the sky. This storm that we see over the next few pages, yeah, it's this green glow instead of the usual dark blues and greys. It's really striking. That again, obviously, this is you know it's a swamp thing book, so we're like, okay, I see the the link already. <laughs> yeah. The but green is coming for him. Right, yeah. but it's just so striking. Uh, so, so yeah, we're interested in Levi, this uh, character who's on his way back mm -hmm. uh, from India, where he was visiting his uh, his father, his dying father at that. Mm -hmm. uh, and he's on his way back to the US. Um, 
And we hear, I mean, there's, there's some hints of maybe protests and violence, uh, wherever he, you know, wherever in India he specifically was, uh, that is kind of building. But he's scared of flying. And not, he's not scared enough that he wouldn't go on a plane, but he's always nervous when he's on the plane. And the, the guy next to him is kind of trying to, like, you know, hey, you all right, son? Uh, like, you want some help? Yeah, he's like, ah, don't worry about it. It's just a storm. And it turns mm-hmm. out he has this nightmare. He, st- he is on a plane. You know, he wakes up on the plane. Mm-hmm. But he has a nightmare. He runs to the bathroom because he thinks he's going to be sick. And he has this nightmare where he turns into, essentially, I, I mean, it's basically a swamp thing, but it's more of like a, a violent, like, explosion what of swamp thing. explodes out of him into the, this tree. Yeah, it becomes an actual tree, and it's it's spectacular. Uh, and the plane sort of breaks apart because you know he mm-hmm. just, just you know just rips it in half because it becomes this tree in the middle of the plane. But then then he's woken up after they've landed. Mm-hmm. Uh, what I want to say as well is something I I clocked when I was reading it the first time, but I, you know before I re- you know before it revealed that this was a dream segment because it's it's not immediately clear, right? No, no. Especially as hey, you could start your story with him turning into something for the first time and destroying a plane. It would be dark as shit, but you could do that if you wanted right. to. It's um, the page before when he's like, yeah, okay, I need to go to the you know, I need to go to the bathroom. All the art is a little bit off on that page, and it was really bugging me when I first read it. Like, mm-hmm. the, the, the angles are slightly weird. They're, like, wavy. Like, the, the door to the bathroom is, like, wavy. And yeah. I, like, I thought there was something wrong with the art for an issue. Like, like Perkins had made a mistake. And I was like, what is going on? It, it, it was bugging me. And then you know, two pages later, and, it, and, he, and he's, he's waking up. It's a nightmare. And all of a sudden, it makes sense. It's this. It's this visual clue that no, he's not in reality. Yeah, honestly, even if it wasn't a nightmare, I'd have said it would. It works because if he's nauseous, it's like the idea of right. like, this is what he's seeing. Like his vision his, is getting away. His mind, his state of mind isn't right. He, he, yeah, I think maybe just yeah. getting the idea that he's, like, he feels unbalanced mm-hmm. is sort of brought across in that as well. Uh, but we're interested to Jennifer, who's this uh, friend of his, who, uh, who he doesn't met in the narration. They have been intimate uh, on and off, so it's kind of like a friend slash girlfriend that he kind of mm-hmm. is, you know, in his it's life. It's complicated. It's complicated, yes. But she picks him up from the airport and wants to hear about the the trip and like talking to his father. Um, there, uh, as mentioned, there are people watching him. There are agents mm-hmm. of some kind spying Someone's on him, taking a picture. Yeah, because yeah. we get like in the early part of the book, like we see him like there's violence. Where assuming where he came from, right? Because he has the the newspaper. Yeah, I think that's a reasonable there. assumption. Yeah. Right. So he's he looks like he's he's been bothered by something, whatever happened. So I was like, is this are these guys does that have to do with the other? Right? Like is that why they're following him? Not just because it's something. Oh, I don't know. It's whatever. I actually don't know. But whatever he, I, I did he was coming back from. Honestly, it was this whole thing that was like him getting off the plane, getting picked up and the the dream sequence on the plane that felt really a mortal halt to me. And that's not to say that mm. I think this is in any way taking from it. It's just that there is definitely, I think the second you turn Swamp Thing into not a constant thing, but more of a Jekyll and Hyde thing, it becomes yeah. DC's Hulk. Because as yeah. much as they can try to do with other characters, and as much as you can compare Swamp Thing to, say, Man Thing, I think Swamp Thing, in terms of scale, in terms of importance to the mythology, is DC's Hulk. Yeah, and just here, though, too, it's almost where Hulk's this primal rage from the mind of a, you know... Almost like an abuse survivor mm-hmm. kind of deal mm-hmm. in Immortal Hulk. Here, it's almost like it's Earth's rage coming out through one person. Right. And I wouldn't be too surprised if by the end of this 10-issue first season, uh, hoping there's a second already, right. um, so everyone go out and buy it at your stores. Uh, <laughs> uh, but what I'm saying is I would not be surprised if by the end of this season, he is just 
Swamp Thing a bit more full time, like you know, that, that's one out. I I think that's possible. Although the way it's playing it so far, like, I could totally see them sticking to this, like you know, turning into him and turning back. Um, mm -hmm. maybe turning into him would be less horrifying for him by the end of the book, right. though, because uh, right now it is this delirious thing that seems to be triggered by a number of things, possibly how he's feeling, uh, which again feels kind of Hulk esque. Events in the yeah. world might be yeah. even more directly impactful rather than anything that's personally him. For whatever reason, he's been chosen, but it's maybe right. not him triggering it, but more the green being like, no, we're needed here now. Yeah, because obviously right. we see these cops are investigating stuff and they're, they're tracking down um, because because the body that's there, they suspect that's you know some of the this is where people dump bodies because they know that the wilderness right. will kind of just take care of them. Uh, and they're they're attacking this guy or attacking attacking. They're hunting down, uh, looking for this guy who's getting attacked by this monster, uh, who's all it's also a POV, but then we eventually see him, and he's got, like, the two hands, like, he's ripped off two hands <laughs> from someone. Yeah. And there's this big shadow, it's really good. And one of the cops is, like, chasing him with a shotgun. Uh, so this is sort of playing out as we're cutting back and forth. And, we, and again, but I love that it's playing with the intimacy, it's like him, like, okay, him and this Jennifer, Levi and Jennifer, we're getting to know what their connection is, that she does clearly deeply care for him, and maybe even the reason why they're not a full-time relationship is probably just because he is so standoffish and kind of, like, you know, broody yeah. and weird and emotional. Um, but, damn, that uh, page where he, like, goes to sleep and there's, like, leaves around him and he's just, it's just his face mm -hmm. in the darkness. Like, I was getting, like, serious, like, almost yeah. Sandman-era, like, like, vertical comics vibes from this. I get that. And I think it's these pages as well where we see these flashes in the... the orange which is a, you know such a stark contrast to the green uh that i think matt is onto something when he's saying you know, it's something to do with those protests or what exactly was going on because yeah. this looks like some you know, you know memories are to do with well, his stuff and he's seeing those things there's some hints here that his brother who was involved in the protests made some sort of pact with something so it may actually be his brother's fault that he has become swamp thing right uh, at least that, that's and, then, and he's talking about like the burning of the forest and like he he can't remember exactly what happened, so he's getting flashes of it. Because uh, we um, we kind of glossed over it, but you know, because we see like a sort of a quick flash here of his like his father dying and forgiving him. Uh, but you know, but he mm -hmm. says Levi, I forgive you, rather than Levi, I am sorry, which is what we expect him to say because what we hear from Levi is his father kind of disowned him for leaving and not being right. like a loyal son, which is what his brother, which is what he saw his brother right. as. He saw him as the loyal son. Uh, so it's sort of like doing this, but uh, then of course he turns into Swamp Thing, and he's basically called to just on on the actual final bit of this page where he you know, he calls you know, the the Eldritch Green, which I think is very telling of the direction Ramsey's yeah. wanting to to have this approach here. Yeah, yeah, but he's called to where this monster attack's happening in the desert. Um, I never actually quite got it because it says the Sonoran Desert. Do you know what that is, Matt? Do you know what that is? Yeah, the Sonoran Desert's in, it runs like New Mexico, Arizona, sure. I assumed it along was, the border. I assumed it was in that general area, but I didn't really know for sure. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, the, the guy's speaking Spanish as he's running, and, mm. you know, yeah, it's a, it's a big desert that runs along the border there. So, uh, but of course, you know, when, when just as the, the, the sheriff or whoever it is is about to get nabbed by this monster, uh, this mm -hmm. swamp thing appears. And I do think it's a, it's a bit more demonic looking, this swamp thing. I love how it bursts out of the cactus. Yeah, it, yep. like even there's that two-page layout where you see it. It's it's not as full as normal swamp thing. There's a lot of like gaps in between the veins and. Mm -hmm. uh, what it says to me is, 
there wasn't enough green for it to transform from. You know, usually something grows from stuff, right? When he's mm-hmm. traveling from place to place. Uh, right now, the power's not there to, to form out of nothing. It has to <clears throat> transform the cactus that's there. And that's the... uh, and there's not enough greenery there to, to use. But these visuals of this swamp thing and it looking so horrifying is, again, another thing that made me think of Immortal Hulk in the sense that Immortal Hulk took Hulk and made it a horror book. This feels like a horror book through and through. Uh, yeah. It, yeah. it feels horrifying. Uh, the end of the issue, though, is just as he's, as he's encountering this this monster man, whatever you know, whatever's made him this way, um, he's, you know, he's pulled back, uh, and he pops out of a tree in Central Park. It's worth mentioning Jennifer's apartment where he went was in New York, so that's sort of in the vicinity of where he originally was, but not obviously exactly. Which makes me wonder, like, did he actually like as Swamp Thing go to the tree or go to Central Park and use the green to like travel? Mm-hmm. Uh, to Depends. does she have any plants in, in a living room? Oh, maybe, yeah. But he... in fact, I think she does. I think that's where those leaves come from. If uh, if you go back to that page that you you liked so much, mm. if you look just above that page, the the top panel, uh, sorry, just above that bit, uh, um, where he's lying on the on the sofa. Mm-hmm. Oh, there's you a can plant. See a little plant just above yeah. his head. Yeah. Uh. So, but no, he comes out of the tree in Central Park, and he just sort of lies there uh, in his pajamas, and it's again, it's very Hulk waking up. Like after a morning yeah. of Hulk rampaging, almost right. But you also kind of jumped over the most interesting part of the entire issue. Oh, hold on, hold on, hold on. Conversation. Oh, one final point on this final uh, panel, though, uh, he's in a very fetal position as well. I think that's probably worth noting for thematics. Yeah. Yeah. Almost as if he's been reborn. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So what do you think, Connor? Yeah. The uh, the conversation he has with the the monster that I'm assuming is the Pale Wanderer because it kind of seems to match uh-huh. up with the story. I always assumed it was him, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. never, you know, arises, but I think it's a, a reasonable assumption. But you know, the the idea that uh, you know, he talks about you know, he's he's actually a desert who dreamed of being a man, uh, which I think is really interesting. Um, you know, the idea that he wasn't the man first. This is the personification of of the desert. Where's, same way he's right, the personification he, of the green. Right. He took over, right, that farmer, and then became yes. that story. And because they talk about like. All that soldier wanted to do is go back to his home and be left alone, and he would chase people away, you know? And... Yeah, and they talk about it's, it's especially when newcomers come to the desert. It's it's theirs. Right. Um, right. But I think it's really interesting. Yeah, we, we've, we've got various, you know, red, green, you know, rot, what you mm-hmm. take your pick. Um, the idea that there's more out there as well, like, you know, this is this one desert. Uh, personified into a being. Yeah, like and the uh, idea what if, of it. Yeah, what if it's the idea that it's not just like a because obviously we're talking about the red, the green, the rot. They're kind of universal things that apply to everything that is in that umbrella across the entire planet, uh, but arguably across the entire existence. What if the idea here is that like not so much that deserts in general have like a personification or a, a a sentience of some kind of force that becomes something is that like you say just this one desert wanted to be alive so yes it, it would be like the idea of i think you know to, to use the, the where this book goes is central park could have its own mm-hmm. being essentially that it took over right. as it's still central park it's just central park that walks around I don't think it is uh, Central Park, though, that's, that Swamp Thing is, though, for the record. No, no I don't either. I, uh, I'm, I'm, I was just using that as an example to compare it to this is the one desert. 
then right. you could it's... have one for just Central Parks. Swamp Thing it's still though personified. is green is everything. Yeah, that said though, I, I do think it's. I don't think like something that small should like because Matt the way Matt described it, it sounds like this desert's quite expansive <laughs> and yeah. as, you know. And so I don't necessarily think it's the Sonoran. I think it's that area, right? And I'm thinking to to Rams uh, Justice League Dark story, Connor, mm-hmm. where they they went to Africa. And they dealt with the whole ideas, and, right? And that it wasn't, comes back in here, right? Right, and it wasn't exactly the whole the green and red and rot. It went a little bit deeper, you know. And that's what I feel like here is it's tying, because we saw what he did with the green there, yeah. By it, it, you know, it inhabited the the other place, and you know maybe because of that, this is what leads to the green as an idea persisting and the idea of whatever the pale wanderer is they come from the same place there it does par- yeah, perhaps I... make me wonder if this swamp thing is even actually the, the you know the guardian of the green like swamp thing t- I, typically is i would say right. yes and no uh, i think it's more accurately it is the green um in the same way that this you know pale wanderer is the desert and it, you mm-hmm. know or, you know this particular desert right. and it took over this person uh the dialogue is you know you're you're a newborn thing a child uh, I think he's not just talking to Levi here. I think he's talking to the Green, who has, you know, basically has had to rebirth itself. Yeah. Right. Um, and and this idea that you know he talks about you know, you know again uh, combined to ideas like talk about just like storytelling. You know, you know they 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 don't die. You can't kill an idea. You just subsume it and work it into your narrative. Uh, and one will work. Well, uh, you know, one will win out. Well, why why is the, yeah. why is the Green have to be reborn? Explain that part. So in, in Justice League Dark, basically Swamp Thing, Alec Holland, had to sacrifice himself so Zatanna could basically get control of the Upside Down Man, right? Yeah, you know, you know like the, the planet where the Upside Down Man came from, like that world, that dimension? Mm-hmm. Right? The green uh, through Swamp Thing uh, had to create life there and uh, gave itself right. up to be the green there um, so that it would establish order and, re- and reality and rules and right. break the upside down man's inconsistent logic right and in in that it broke the control right and it went from being you know disorder well i don't feel order. bad then i didn't get that the green itself has been reborn because i didn't read just so dark right but i don't think you need to i can i can just think that this is a new form of swamp thing in the way that when they brought him back in Friday's Day, up to that point, Swamp Thing had been the memory of Alec Holland, right? Mm. In in whatever made up the Swamp Thing. Whereas post-Friday's Day, he was Alec Holland again, right? In in the green in that way. Now here, the green's been... I don't want to say reborn, but it's been reconstituted to whatever whatever happened in India... Right, that chose Levi. This is the new version, so it's not necessarily from, maybe an avatar f- like we're used yeah, to from, with the parliament. For, yeah, from what you're saying, it doesn't sound to me like there's going to be a parliament. It sounds like that's gone. No, and this is a completely fresh start. Possible future, yeah. Right, and that's where Connor was getting at, where he is the green, as if the pale wanderer is desolation. You know, because that's almost what it is. It's almost what? not necessarily the desert, but the idea of which is why I think nothing. perhaps the rules here are going to be a little bit different. If he's not actually an yeah. avatar like Swamp Thing usually is, mm-hmm. 
Uh, well, that's maybe why he will be transitioning back and forth, and it's not a permanent thing. Right. It maybe why the rules well, are just well, completely different. Possibly, and I think what what why I think though by the end it might be Swamp Thing all the time is in the same way that the you know this uh, you know the Pell Wanderer has been t- you know is is not that man anymore. It, it, he is the desert in that body. I wonder if by the end of this, there's a chance that this will be the green in the body of Levi, as opposed to before where it was it depends a, you know it was alec holland in the body of the of the swamp thing it depends right? what direction they want to go in because i mean the whole point of the story could be that that's the that's the warning like the story it, it, it might be yeah and it might be that maybe he needs to find balance by the end yeah maybe he has to the, the, the point is just for him to learn to not let it take over completely uh but right. you know I mean, that's just a case of what, well, and, and that, whatever the story wants to and go that to goes, right and that goes in with with the original you know with swamp thing being the avatar and wanting to find balance for the green Right, whereas we were introduced to that concept with the green and the red and the rot, that they all try to have balance. But when one tries to oversee the other, that's when things get wonky. Right, when the when the red ends up having a champion that mm-hmm. goes too far, it throws that balance completely off. You know, so here this almost gets rid of that whole parliament the, idea. The, you know, the pale wonder is an interesting one because obviously he's been around for a long time, but does the balance of the red the green the and the raw like does that see something like him existing as unnatural and as an anomaly that should be rectified or i, I would say no i think he is like a a lesser being essentially to them yeah. it, essentially if to put this on par if the red green and raw are humanity then things like this you know the the, the pale wonder they're, they're like dogs they're like they're there they're they're, they're around you know but they're not running the planet in the same way i think what he's trying clearly to say you don't have pets yeah, i think because what he's yeah. trying to say matt is the uh the pale wanderers a mid carder yeah yeah could be but you know you sometimes wrestling the shit mid- again. <laughs> yeah but sometimes the pale you know the pale <laughs> the mid carder can end up gaining such a following oh yeah that you have no choice but to put them and maybe that's what this waking up you know what, whatever the green felt the pull there right Maybe that's what the Pale Wanderer wanted. So, who knows? It. I do know this, but I just want to touch on before we move on this this idea of Eldritch. Like, I know it's tied to Lovecraft, right? Yeah. But what does that exactly mean? Uh, you know, is it like a, a cosmic terror kind I of deal? I think it's the is unknown, it, more specifically. The unknown? Mm-hmm. Well, if that's what this is, the unknown green, then uh, it's a new form. Uh, unknown and, to some extent, uncomprehensible by our puny human yeah. minds. Yes. What, as, as this whole last 20 minutes has been, right? Us trying to piece together <laughs> exactly what it is. I thought Matt was going to say, as this whole last 20 minutes has been, uh, me trying to listen to you two talk about it. <laughs> no, 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 no. I, I think I, I take your part as well. Yet another issue showcasing why Bramby is the best new talent DC has had in years. For real. Uh, yeah. Now, I, after this, when we're done, Connor, I need to talk to you about his other books just to find out exactly if they're my kind of thing. The Savage Shores is 100% your kind of thing. There I think... Go. That's what that was my next question. I mean, it's Ram V and Tom King, right? Although they both do very different things, but I think you look at Mr. Yeah. Miracle, you look at... Uh... I think... Ram V is more exciting to me on an ongoing book. Sure. They have different uh, strengths, and, that's for sure, but I mean... And I, I think maybe it's safe to say maybe it's because I haven't seen a Ram V book as of yet go long enough to ruin itself, like right. Tom King's Batman did, for example. Whereas Tom King, in a, in a confined you know, setting, I can absolutely love. Right. Mm-hmm. There, there is a creator-owned vibe 
to the stuff that we liked out of those two guys too. You know, like we tend to prefer when it's Tom King doing like, sure, Mr. Miracle's not his character, but he's definitely doing his take on the character. It's, it's interesting because I think this this Swamp Thing falls in the same lines as of uh, any of those Tom King prestige series where I can see this in a bookstore for years. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Whereas his, his Catwoman run or his Justice League mm-hmm. Dark, uh, they feel more traditional DC books, even though like Catwoman is more of a crime book and you could say there's an indie influence from that. It still feels like it's no, it's an ongoing DC book as well, where it doesn't feel like this is designed for one amazing trade that will sell for years. Whereas this definitely does. Uh, it's a bit different. Right. Yeah. Cool. All right. All right, Mal, what are you rating that? Oh, uh, this is a 9.5. Connor? I'm going to give it the 10. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm going to go with the 9.5 as well. It's it's, it's pretty exceptional. Nigh on mm-hmm. perfect. But super atmospheric. Very exciting. It's an introduction of a new character as well. Uh, which And this is the thing. If you're interested in a new character, you do it in a book as good as this, mm-hmm. and no one is going to critique that it's a new character. No one. We're all just going to be excited by a new character. And it's good. It's fine. It's great news. All right. <laughs> Man Bat issue two, Dave Vilgos and Summit Kumar on the art. Uh, we were pretty positive on issue one of this this book, um, yeah. with the only real disappointment being that they were kind of shorting the Suicide Squad in perhaps by the by the end. Uh, so, how do we feel about issue two? I I still like it. It's less of a monster book. This one's more actiony, it's- right? Yeah, I'd say good, but not as good. I'd say not as yeah. good, too. Also, Kumar's art felt to take a step back. Yeah, oh, you know? can, like, can, it's so good. Can I just mention, though, the, the, the regular yeah. cover is, like, beautiful. It's like a horror yeah. movie oh, cover. Absolutely it's, phenomenal. Yeah. It's wonderful. Yeah. Um, um, I will say, so my favorite stuff in this book uh, continues to be, like, so the, the opening sequence is a flashback to uh, Kirk and his wife when they're sort of bonding mm-hmm. and talking about trying to help his sister. Uh, it's just a really sweet flashback, kind of setting up how they sort of fell for each other in the first place. Um, and it's kind of a shame, even though the action is pretty fun. Once Man and Bat's actually fighting the Suicide Squad, there was an element of me that when the the scope comes into panel and like the Suicide Squad basically invade the book, I'm like, you remember? I'm and like, you're like, oh, oh, this. Like, especially since where it ends as well, which is that the next issue is going to. Be, I mean, maybe it'll be great because it will be all about his character. Mm-hmm. But it's going to be Harley yeah. giving him a therapy session is the next issue. Which, which I do like, though, just because it, it is this is the version of Harley I like versus the Suicide Squad version that this is yeah. going was, back to. There was a point you know, early is, on with Harley that I was worried for just, just for a second until I realized what it was doing. Mm-hmm. Uh, like when I actually stopped and thought about it because it sounded really over the top, like Harley doing really Harley things. And then I realized, oh, no. She's putting that on on purpose because she's mm-hmm. clearly not with it and is is just trying to sound like Harley. Yeah, uh, and then and then all of a sudden I really like that panel. I, I had a weird moment because yeah, I, I thought the art in that those two panels with her, where she's really like serious looking for a panel, and then she's like really over the top mm-hmm. Harley for a panel. Uh, yeah. I, I wasn't super in love with it. I think I think what hurts us a little bit is now it has it comes out in the same week as the Swamp Thing, which is another Jekyll and Hyde Hyde style book. Is that there's an unfair comparison element just by there existing is. together hey, man, with it? I have plenty of love in my heart for different monsters, so you know. Oh uh, um, yeah, this is again Pete. Those two panels with Harley that you're talking about there. That second one, 
because this is why I, when I realized that's her being aware that you know it is over the top she's putting that on oh i get it i still don't think it looks good though in fact i mean the pieces are just a little bit off i I, well it's not just faces i have some i like the action i think man bat tippy looks very good but there's some panels of some members of the suicide squad there's a there's a panel just a page or two later of deadshot jumping off of a tree and looks a bit bulky it's not, even, it's not even just bulky. His arms and legs look just the wrong size. Like I mean, I know it's maybe from an angle and the way he's like sort of like bent, but his legs look tiny and his arms look huge. And I feel like, wait a minute, if we're looking down below up at him, shouldn't his legs look bigger than his arms? Because they're closer. Yeah. Right. And it's, it, uh, it, looks, I it looks like a little alien or something. It's really weird. And there's a few panels in the book that have like art like that where the the body proportions are just really weird. But speaking of comparison, Scarecrow shows up uh, later in this issue. Yeah. And it's kind of generic Scarecrow and, you know, compared to what Batman's doing with, like, its new version of Scarecrow. Uh-huh. It feels a little bit, oh, it's a little bit worn down. Um, it does specify in this book, though, uh, just for the sake of, you know, Deadshot being alive, that this is set before Just Sleep Dark. Before, like, this is set Technically, years ago yeah. in continuity, because this is before mm. any of the Justice League Dark stuff. It's before, right. I think it's even before the first metal. And maybe, uh, yeah. Um, but, uh, so, like, I'm not going to hold the Scarecrow design against them. No, no, no. But it's, no. it's just a comparison thing where, like, we get that exciting new horrific take, and then you go to this book, and it's like, ah, oh, it's just kind of. You know. I actually love what he did with Scarecrow, though, where he, he's spraying the, the, you know, the goons with the yeah. gas, and they're seeing all the, the army of man bats, basically. Mm-hmm. Mm. That was a great and moment. Just... And then the, the shadow of. Of, yeah. of Scarecrow kind of coming over them. I love that mm-hmm. moment. Yeah, the issue flows yeah, so... quite a bit because it's, it's mostly action with the Suicide Squad fighting them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah it, it, I read very quick, but um, but no, it, you had Croc and, and Man Bat fight. I like that. And I like, like you know, Deadshot, you know, you gotta bring him in alive, preferably. Yeah, I, I liked how it built know, to Croc. doesn't play to his strength. Yeah, I liked how it built so... to Croc because it was like he takes on all these very, you know, no, Fairly normal humans. It's like, you know, Deadshot, Boomerang, yeah. you know, people with tricks and guns and whatever. Uh, and then Croc comes in, it's like, oh shit, he may actually beat me. <laughs> right. Uh, so, you know, I mean, I do like the pat. Like, there are some good art in this. As much as I was complaining about some of the body stuff, like Man Bat, like flying out of the water when he breaks free. And especially, mm-hmm. I love the streaks of blood from his wings where uh, Croc's been uh, biting or stabbing him. And boomerangs. Boomerangs have been there. Stabbed him. Yeah. Right. Uh, so, so yeah, the, the motion of stuff with Man Bat is great. Like, in fact, the next page when he lands on Boomerang and he's like staring down at him, mm-hmm. uh, that stuff looks glorious. Yeah. Um, uh, honestly, that dead shot. I, I did feel that with that dead shot as well. I didn't think I didn't have it quite pegged to the arms and legs, but uh, it was his torso that mm. looked off to me. It's huge. He's built like cable. Yeah, yeah. Like that's the one panel in this whole issue where I'm like, oh, I do not like that. He's got a white torso and then really tiny little legs. It's, it's, it's yeah, like, yeah, it's weird. It's like he's a. I'm trying to think it's like an alien from like a movie that I'm trying to compare him to, and I can't quite think of what it is. But some little silly thing <laughs> from. <laughs> or maybe from a cartoon or something, I don't know. Uh, so, I mean, I still like. Uh, I like the flashback, I like some of the action. Um, I do kind of wish the Suicide Squad didn't invade the book, though. Uh, mm. So we'll see how issue but, three goes with that. Yeah, I'm kind of okay with issue three because if it is going to be him talking about his feelings to Doctor Harleen, I'm I'm good with that because we're going to get more about his sister. I feel yeah, it might each... actually be really interesting. It's it's interesting yeah. that's going to be the midpoint of the series. It's only five issues. Yeah. Oh, that's that's a good point. 
Um, yeah, I mean, as much as it's still Harley stuff, at least this, yeah, may just be like an exploration of his backstory, which, given that I like yeah. that flashback at the start, is maybe a really good sign, ultimately, but... Yeah. Uh, yeah. But definitely, like, but, I yeah, really but... liked issue one, and this was, this was okay, this was mm-hmm. fine, but I didn't love yeah. it. Yeah. I, and I'm still fine with it. Like I'm, I'm not. It didn't chase me off. Oh sure, yeah. You yeah. know, so I'm, I'm still, still into all of this. But yeah, I mean, after this is why I saved Swamp Thing for last, mm-hmm. right? Just because I, I think that if I would have read Swamp Thing, then read this, it would have been like Whiplash. So, you know. All right. But, uh, uh, yeah. What are you, what are you reading it, Matt? Uh, I'm gonna give this a, a seven. The art did take a step back, and uh, the story's all right, but. That's still good. Huh? Uh, I agree with the 7, actually, which is less than what I gave before, but it's still good. Yeah, I would go a little bit. I'm going to go with a 6. Like, I, I didn't have a bad time reading it, by any means, but there was just enough little yeah. problems in the art that I had. Uh, Suicide Squad kind of invading the book that I was otherwise really enjoying. Uh, just annoyed me a bit, but I'm still in for issue 3 to see what it does now. Uh, mm-hmm. Especially since he's taking out the Suicide Squad now, so it's like, it's kind of done. So... <laughs> Uh, they're not going to be in the back half of the book for sure. No, or at least if they are, they're going to have to revamp what they're doing with them. Yeah, there may be a page of them like waking up from being like they're having their asses kicked next issue, but that, mm-hmm. that, I don't suspect much more than that. Uh, so there you go. Crime Syndicate issue one, another mini series here. This is Andy Schmidt writing with uh Kieran McCohen and or McCowan maybe, uh, and Brian Hitch on art. But there's actually a backup. It's not actually an oversized mm-hmm. book. But there is like a sort of designated backup <laughs> section. This is a separate story. Yeah, thankfully. Uh, <laughs> well, I, uh, I I chose not to read this because it okay. was dull. Um, You're not wrong, Matt, Connor. Yeah, that's not making me regret that. Oh, well, why? I'm, I don't know why little... t- today's catchphrase became Connor's a prick. But honestly, it's coming up again. Just I'm I'm a prick for not reading a book that didn't look very good. Yes, try issue ones. So, you covered. Right. He, he has to fight later. I, I got stuff to do today. I want to get this done. Um, so, I had high hopes on this book. So, it's mostly on me. Um, so, when I started it, Infinite Frontier is meant to be like, hey, we're going forward. Mm-hmm. And this felt like a big step back. Um, and it's just the characterizations of these crime syndicate. Like, I understand they want it to be different because now Earth 3 is different. Um, but different doesn't, I don't know. I say a different form of, uh, I can't even get my words together right. It was bad. Like, I did not <laughs> enjoy reading this. Um, I love how he's searching for words and <laughs> it just ends up with this. Because I didn't want to outright say that, but. Like, can I ask a question? Be- is is is, is Ultraman as a kid being responsible for killing JFK? Is that a new thing, or is that something that's that, that's completely that's new? Completely because new. traditionally, okay. Ultraman isn't an alien. He is a human that ended up getting powers via kryptonite, and then he almost becomes an addict because he needs that kryptonite to feel special. Mm-hmm. Yes, right. And, well, it's, they, they, and it's they do they do reference he's an addict later on in the issue, so yeah. presumably he's still munching so, on like, kryptonite. Right, and. He might not be Kryptonian, but he's being played as Kryptonian here. Mm-hmm. I was getting vibes of, of Brightburn. Actually, here. I didn't even notice this when I was reading it, but on the, the page yeah. where, you know, where he's floating in the air as a kid, uh, yeah. he's on Elm mm-hmm. Street. Yeah. <laughs> it says Elm yeah, Street. It. <laughs> That's what he's saying. Yeah. Um, They're not subtle then, is what you're saying. <laughs> no, not at all. 
And so, like, and I, and I get this is, you know, versions of the of the Justice League that are on an Earth where morality is flipped, but I didn't get that. You know, I don't get that morality split. Yeah, it's about like I have in weird in different versions of Earth three. Because um, uh, obviously we skip ahead to when they're adults and yeah. uh, Ultraman doesn't like the fake news that's been printed in the Daily right. Planet about him. Cat Grant took a stand and said mm-hmm. some nasty Which things about I, him. I do like that Cat is the the publisher because you know she does have a different relationship with Superman traditionally. Mm-hmm. Um, so for <laughs> for her to be the one running those stories, I, I, I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah, I wasn't uh, super into this either. There was the odd little thing that I kind of like, like in the mm-hmm. art where. For example, they tease like someone speak, speaking to the president, and it, it, it's these two close-up right. panels of the mouse, and it's like whoever the villainous woman is is like saying, you know, right. something, and then she's like makes like moving his mouth to match it, mm-hmm. and it just you, you get a sense of what it's doing, and it turns out to be Superwoman, right. uh, with President right. Oliver Queen, <laughs> right? Who's but it's Donna Troy, Superwoman. Yes, very different. Which, which is different. Which again. Different doesn't always mean bad. That's what I was trying to get around to. But here, I just... Nothing lands yeah. for me. John Stewart is the power ring. Uh, right, now. which I did. That was the one high point here is how different they've made this power ring from different. And not just because it's John, just his whole idea of of order, right? And that's what he's going to try to bring to this earth. Um, it's, it's completely different than the power ring that we've got that he's like this scared individual mm-hmm. that lets the ring make the decisions for him that's completely different from this which, which that was a good change i thought yeah uh yeah here. And, you know, you know, the, make the character interesting there's a star invasion towards the end which they all kind of react to uh after they're um, <laughs> which i do like uh, yeah. you know no one's allowed to bully the city but me <laughs> I, I did like that out of ultraman it was very ultraman yeah but yeah i was very disappointed and then we got to the backup and Oh, just this whole story. You're skipping over uh, oh. Owl Man's introduction oh, just quickly. Where yeah. it's Thomas right. Wayne, who's Owl Man, and. Right. Typical. And uh, basically, Alfred like shoots someone in the back of a head who's taken, a, taken some Instagram videos of Owl Man. Uh, right. It's like, always clean up after your, your, your messies, uh, Master Thomas. That's uh, basically the thing. Yeah. Uh, yeah, the backup is basically just like a, a telling of young Ultra Man. So, I it, it, take this for what you will. I took this version of if these are the Kents. <laughs> this is the Snyder verse Kents. All right, Perfect. you end up well, with Ultraman. Basically, yeah, they 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 the opinionated people who describe someone as a a bunch of freeloaders, right? Right. Uh, right. And so so this is what this young Clark is is, is taught. And because he has that viewpoint, eventually when the Kents reveal that he's an alien and they show him the ship, he says, Uh you're liars, you've been making me do chores, you're freeloaders too, and now he's just evil because he sees everyone on Earth as a bunch of freeloaders. Right. And I'm just like, (laughs) alright, well, I don't... For the amount that you called me a prick, I feel like I made the right decision. He did. You're supposed to suffer too! Right, but Pete doesn't like springing surprises unless it's him doing it, you know? Well, like, like times where I was led to believe that we were all reading a book and I get there and I'm the only one that read it. Ah, you know? for the record, I'm not surprised. I'm just disappointed. Right, yeah, <laughs> but yeah. Uh, the one other thing I did think was funny here is they would editor note books that 
aren't oh real. yeah i actually thought I, think this was funny I yeah that was funny there's, there's, there's two or three editors notes where it'll say uh like john sure will mention something about the green lantern course right. like yeah coming up in green lantern core blah 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 uh on shelves never right. <laughs> and it was just I little that was way... funny yeah i got a kick out of that <laughs> yeah but like just these characterizations they just go a little bit too cartoony and not a good way yeah you know, I, like again the whole freeloaders thing and you're just like do something more like you already kind of set them up like again i was getting vibes of the kents from from man of steel where they're like this this country doesn't owe you anything the world doesn't owe you anything you'd be you <laughs> and you'd be proud of it and then it all loads to him like being like oh well, do I had to do chores so i almost would have yeah. preferred if this this book like the new r3 ultraman is just yeah. man of steel kents that would have been would have been great but it becomes if you Ultraman. Told me that's what it was i'd have gone and bought it right now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah right and it almost gets there and then you get to that and you're just like well this is not satisfying like him like he's just a brat that doesn't make ultraman work for me nah. he's just a bratty version of superman it, it does actually sound like you mentioned brightburn it sounds very along those lines but- but at least Brightburn had the guts to like actually make the kid a bad seed, whereas here he's just mad he had to do chores. Yeah, that's, that's that's reveal. Yeah, Brightburn was obviously trying to be more of a horror movie where it was dealing with the fear right. of the people because you know the the, the parents in Brightburn weren't mm-hmm. evil. The parents were scared of no. him and like were terrified right. when they started to realize what he was capable of. But they weren't awful mm-hmm. to him. They, they didn't make him be evil. No. You know. No. Uh, uh, but yeah, so. And here, that's where I, I got the vibe. That's what they were going for when he assassinates well, JFK. I mean, bet- between you know? between mentioning fake news, between the parents calling anyone yeah. who gets a hand out a freeloader, right. I mean, there's, there's a bit of a political message in here about, mm-hmm. you know, like, making, like, really entitled, uh, like, you know, uh, little shits. Yeah. I, like, I don't know. Which, like, yeah, which... Which I could buy the vibe if that was the morality on this Earth 3, right? That's, But I don't get that. I get that Earth 3 is actually not that much different than typical Earth, but just the Justice League is bad now. I, and, you know, and that to me, that Earth 3 doesn't work. Yeah. You know, you got to have that flip morality where, you, you know, Bendis even played with it in in his, you know, Young Justice and Superman run. You know, that, that's part of John's origin where that Ultraman imprisoned him in a volcano, you know, because he was almost jealous of him. Yeah. Oh, that was and definitely more that. interesting for sure. No. Yeah. And so this one is just not interesting. So. Yeah. I've been waiting my to finish for like three minutes so I could ask him what he's yeah. written and <laughs> move on. This is a four. <laughs> I mean, I'll go five just because I think it's told yeah. well enough and flows well enough that I can't really be too harsh on the actual, you know, the art of the comic booking side of it. Uh, and there's a couple of jokes here or there that were amusing, but I didn't really like it that much either, and I don't want to read the next one, so... Yeah, yeah. that's where I'm at, too. And most of that is my own expectations, because I came into this when it was announced, like, super stoked. Mm-hmm. And it just let me down real hard. I did not realize you were ever stoked for this, because uh, that, that, this was announced while my computer was broken, I believe. Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah. So as soon as I saw this, I was like, I don't know, yeah. I really... the whole time. What, I, what I, I assumed that you guys also had the same kind of muted yeah. trepidation about it. I didn't realize there was excitement about this one. No, for, for me it was because um, the first Morrison thing I think I ever read was his Earth 2 graphic novel. Mm. Like, I remember buying that in middle school. I had my mom get it for me at the bookstore, and I read that, and that really set the tone, like, oh, cool, like, 
evil versions can be cool. I don't think like, I, they're not just the soaky thing. I don't think I'd so, be describe myself as excited. Matt was excited. I was neutral yeah. curiosity, I suppose I'd call myself. Yeah. Yeah, I would never when this was announced, people was like, oh cool, we'll check out the first issue. Yeah, that was my me, I was like, oh yeah, this this could be like fun. And it wasn't. Yeah. <laughs> so uh yeah. Alright, are we reading it? Oh, we already did that. No, wait. Okay. Yeah. That's the new books. Thanks for right. attention. So I was I just, it was a brain fart moment. Give me peace. Mm-hmm. Give me peace. That, almost last book. Almost last book, yes. We got Patreon books. Every month at patreon.com slash TV, our higher tiered patrons can make Wait, Pete, I thought I thought you were gonna read Suicide Squad. <laughs> Very good. So sorry, what's this? Yeah. Pete didn't read an issue one. Right. Yeah. Come so, on. Had I read it? Robbie Thompson says, well, okay, if you'd read it, Matt, it'd have been hilarious because you last week very clearly mm-hmm. knew that none of us were going to read it. That was the joke. <laughs> you knew yeah. we weren't going to read that. I, I, I just want to say, after all the shit you just gave me for not reading an issue one, because yeah. we try issue ones here, yeah. why are you not right. reading this issue one? Because it was clear we were going to try issue one of that book. We, we, we said we were going to. I never said I was going to. Huh. I'll just assume Connor's not going to read anything now. I'll, I'll just assume Connor's not reading I anything. I wasn't here when this was announced to voice my displeasure. Hold on, hold on. Hold on. <laughs> yes, we I read this in between hockey periods. Did you actually read Suicide Squad? You read Suicide Squad? I did. Because I thought Pete was actually serious. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't serious. Well, well, yeah. So, Matt, I could I couldn't have been more clear that I was never going to touch that book last week. <laughs> What's wrong yeah. with you, Matt? Quick. Oh, I have nothing else. I, I was watching hockey. Uh, Ash, so we got our, our second uh, vaccine, and it hit her hard. <sighs> so, like, I was up here in the office watching hockey, so I could let her sleep. And I was like, well, I have nothing to read on the intermission right now. Why not? I could have found anything to else to read. No, nah, it's okay. Um. <laughs> It actually wasn't half bad compared to some like crime syndicate. So just a quick review. Yeah, we are. Oh, after the amazingness that was Tom Taylor's Suicide Squad, just going back to the trope of government, you know, blowing up villains. Yeah, I, I, I'm not digging it. Um but so uh Amanda Waller gets peacekeeper to lead this. She kind of flips on on Rick Flag, uh, and they send him into a, um, I want to say Arkham to pick up a Talon, who's William Cobb, who if you guys remember from way 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 back in the Nightwing run, he's Dick Grayson's like great great grandpa. He's the the main Talon that we were introduced to at the start of that story. Yeah, he is the original Grayson of Gotham. Yeah, right. Like, um, so they 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 break him out and he kills Bolt, who's who is basically just being used as a teleporter the suicide squad and it ends where waller goes to break someone else out and it's connor kent which i am offended by because he doesn't <laughs> belong in this book period that said it wasn't terrible but i i feel like that's robbie thompson in a nutshell like it's not bad writing it's just not my thing it's so serviceable yeah the art's good I, I do like the idea of uh, William Com's brain from being a talent is so broken. He only says who like an owl. Like, I, I thought that was a fun. That's so terrible. Yeah, but it's terrible in a fun way, you know, you know, uh, he's got like marks all over him and stuff. And, you know, he, he violently kills Bolt, which was cool. But like Peacemaker kind of sucks as a character. 
Like, unless it's John Cena, I really don't care. You know, I can't believe you read this. Do you know the yeah, first part of this is that David, yeah. who cuts up the podcast for the comic book yeah. channel, he asked me the other day, is anyone reading Suicide Squad? I said, oh, definitely not. And so he's not made a thumbnail yeah. for Suicide Squad, so he's going to be very upset cool. <laughs> that he has to do well, one I'm, I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I wanted to drop this on Pete, because again, I really believed he was going to read it, because we try issue once, and because I had already read my comics for the week, why not? You know? So yeah. we typically do try issue ones, but I felt that Suicide Squad. I mean, look, Matt. I thought I made it very clear in my jokey tone last week. Every time I said we're definitely going to read Suicide Squad, that it was very much he understood. Went, wink, yeah, wink, as he said. The only reason why yeah. I don't do that is because I can't wink. I physically can't wink. Otherwise, I would have winked. <laughs> well, you should learn to wink. <laughs> At least wink like Rocket does. <laughs> So there we go. So I'm going to give Suicide Squad a five. <laughs> Bare minimum. Boom. Don't have to read the second issue. Anything. It's just a music. That may be the best yeah. review we've ever done on this show is match review of Suicide Squad issue one. Curveball. Think right there. Drop it. 12, 12 to 6 curveball. All right. Gotcha. All right. Uh, so every month on patreon.com slash TV, our patrons at the higher tiers get to make myself or Connor read a book. Connor is about to tell you about a new book, uh, Noctera issue one. Yeah, this is uh, from Scott Snyder and Tony Daniel. Uh, I believe this was the one they kickstarted uh, mm-hmm. a few months back now. Uh, and, and it's finally here. Well, the first issue is anyway. Uh, the premise of this book uh, is the world has gone dark. The sun, they know it's still there, but for whatever reason, it's not breaking through. You can't see it. It's just darkness at all times. And what we learn is that if you don't keep yourself lit up, like you know, like physically illuminated by light, you will be infected by the darkness, and you will turn into a a creature known as I think they call them shades. Um. But this doesn't affect just humans. This is all life, all animals, all plants. Uh, if you if you're not illuminated for longer than roughly ten hours, although it you know it's flexible, then then your that life form will change into a shade. Uh, it's like an infection, uh, which is pretty interesting with the, with what they're playing with this already uh, in the first issue. Uh, our main character is uh, Val, uh, called sign Sundog. And uh, there's a little bit of a flashback at the start. Just, you know, it, it basically says uh, everyone, you know, has the question, where were you the morning that the big PM hit? Because that's what they call it, the big PM, because it's the big, you know, PM, you know, nighttime, afternoon, you know. So, yeah. Um, and just like, you know, the way it's treated here, it, it's, it's like asking someone, uh, you know, where were you when you heard about 9-11? Everyone know, you know, everyone goes, mm-hmm. oh, okay, I remember where I was. And uh, like all I the mean, stories... the sun going out is a pretty good to remember. It, it, no, it is. Uh, you know, and and she can tell us how you know all the stories are kind of the same. Just you know, I, I was doing the dishes, I was watching TV, you know, and and it, it just happened. Uh, and you know, it's again pounding back to that stuff. But, you know, she talks about how her story is different because um, she actually she's she's a uh, adopted. She has a you know, parents and a, and an adopted brother. Um, but when she was young, she was actually basically blind. She had like some pretty severe cataracts until she was like four or five. And 
It was like where she could just about see things when she, if she moved her head and looked at something, she'd get like a flash of something before it went dark. Um, and you know, and then they, they had this operation uh, when she was like five and saw her family for the first time, and then lived for you know maybe ten years or so. Uh, I think she's about thirteen to fifteen. It looks like when this uh, when when this event happens, and then everything is returned to darkness. And you know everyone else has you know this panic, but for her, there's this sense of going back to her childhood, and you know this is what she knew for years uh, of of her earliest memories. Uh, and this is where you know the, the, it actually cuts ahead. We're 13 years into the event, uh, 13 p.m. as the the calendar is now marked by this, uh, and she is a driver, um, seemingly for like refugees and such, where there's a big you know big like truck. Uh, where she drives people to an outpost, and uh, it's very Alan Wake if, uh, in the sense that you know when the shades attack, you can take them out with like bursts of light. Um, not just like you know, not just regular. It has to be like particularly bright, like flares, things like that, and that seems to destroy them, or at the very least, damage them enough that you you know you can get rid of them. Uh, but you know they have this fantastic action sequence where. She's in like this suit, uh, you know, driving the you know, driving the truck, and the the refugees are in the back. Um, they think something's wrong, even though she's telling them to stay calm. It's fine. One of them panics, and hits the emergency release for the door, and the shades start coming in. And they're like little, like almost like it's hard to describe because again, something they talk about is all the creatures that became shades kind of interbred with each other because uh, like the shades physically changed their biology, so they could. So you have like, you know, bats. This this looks like a bat with like suckerfish things, like like you know, like starfish suckerfish things to stick onto stuff. Sick. Yeah, like, but like with like four legs of it, like with the bat, like the wing. It's 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 a unique thing, basically. And there's all you know, a lot of a lot of really range for you know a lot of creative freedom for Tony Daniel to really come up with some great designs as the book goes on. I'm sure um, because he's you know set up this rules of kind of absolute freedom essentially uh they can kind of do what they want uh, and basically you know when the door is open she has to leave the the truck on auto drive and get out and start fighting them uh like you know she's like flare bullets and stuff like that uh, sizzlers and stuff you know just little like 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 grenades that let off light um but like a chemical light uh, like to really like uh, damage them and it's this great action sequence that goes on and she has to allow the flare to come and get rescued uh and you know the the city where they're going this like uh, outpost forty one, um, the reason it survived uh, is because the you know the before everything went dark, their town its history they they were you know light bulb factories that's what they made there, and they happened to be having a like a, a celebration of their their town history, uh, so there was like you know light bulbs everywhere so they were actually all safe. Uh, so you know that's where they're going. They've got these huge, like, big spotlights, floodlights, everything. Just you know, this protection on this wall. Uh, it's really, you know, gorgeous stuff from from Daniel. Uh, you know, the, the the sense of scope on this. Uh, it's so impressive with with uh, you know all these creatures in the in the bright light. Uh, but you know, we're inside the city now, and get a little bit of her history again. You, know, she's still got a brother, um, but we learn that he's not in a good spot. He's infected. Because what we learn is, you know, the infection does take humans as well, um, and it takes them. When it hits, it hits through the gums first. Uh, and it goes from the gums, it then spreads. 
but if you catch it while it's in the gums, you can contain it. Uh, you can have dialysis that'll not cure it, but will just keep it there. You can get there are like some particularly strong uh, sun lamps they believe that can like blast it out of you basically. And this is where we learn her motivation. What she's saving up for is uh, there's a sun lamp in this nearby town uh, that she wants to try and get for her brother. Uh, but what we learn is there's been an attack on this town by some human shades, because the human shades are different. They're not like all the other ones, because they don't intermingle and interbreed with other creatures. They are still human in a very scary way. They'd say they can take out an entire outpost. Now, an outpost is like an entire town in like two minutes, but they have their own society, their own language even. They're clearly intelligent on some level. Uh, and they are like the most terrifying thing uh, in this world. Uh, and a couple of humans' shades took out uh, the the town where she had this lamp, and it's it's not great. Um, so she takes up this offer from a guy who wants to hire her to take her to a safe. Ha uh, this guy who and what is I think it is granddaughter uh, to take them to this safe haven, where he claims to have been there recently. And recently enough that he has a sunburn from this place, uh, which again, you know, these people have not seen the sun in 13 years. So it's, it seems so unbelievable. Um, but you know, in desperation after learning of this, she decides to take it on and, you know, get the money and see if, and, and to see if this place is real and that, you know, this could save her brother. Uh, and then the, the final little cliffhanger is after she goes, there's a guy comes into the town looking for her, wants information on you, know, what her tags are, you know, what she's driving, where she's going. And he's got, again, this really unique design where he's all entirely black. And I mean, like not like a black suit. He's like coated in complete blackness. Think like uh, Obsidian or The Shade sort of stuff. Um, and it's like nasty. It's this uh, he, he, you know, a matrix of carbon nanotubes that he's bonded to. Uh, but if you if you don't have a tolerance to it, it like burns you, like uh, you know he's just like hot tar, and he he just you know puts his hand on some guy's face and starts like melting through his eyes and his face, and it's it's horrific. Uh, and he says the reason he's after her isn't because of her at all, but the guy that she's she's transporting, because he's the guy who killed the son, and we want we want revenge. And this is like it's such a fantastic first issue, like. All of the stuff. It's got this extra hook at the end. It's got you know the, you know great you know great lead character that's really got a lot going for her immediately. Um, there's a lot to establish why we should care with what she's doing for her brother. But then you know just a, a fantastic world with all these creatures. So, you know it's already setting up a lot of these rules. Uh, yeah, no, I can't wait to read more of this. This is like brilliant. So uh, this is probably my favorite uh, Snyder first issue in a while. Um, this is like a nine. Oh, delightful, delightful. Oh. Uh, I was paying attention the whole time, I promise. I'm sure you were. I'll give, I'll give Matt a pass because I'm sure he's actually interested in reading this book. and, and just doesn't Yes, when, once it's in trade, that's, you know, that's why I didn't get issue one because, again, I have a problem with space right now. So, uh, you Matt, know. you might go in. But, um, assuming <clears throat> that this keeps up the quality, uh, I can safely recommend this uh, to anyone, uh, mm -hmm. if, if, even if you are just a trade waiter. Mm -hmm. Yes, well... Uh, I have a Patreon book that I'm going to do this week, which because I, I foolishly thought this was going to be a quicker week. Uh, I did not expect yeah. I did not expect us to go ninety plus minutes on Infinite Frontier. That was a surprise. Uh, but 
yes, uh, Animal Man issue six, uh, Grant Morrison's run, um, and this is a delightfully weird issue. I mean, <laughs> oh, I don't know what else you expect from Grant Morrison. You described an, a Grant Morrison at this topic, point. Then. Uh, so the Thanagarians in this issue, uh, but specifically, there's a Thanagarian who's coming down to Earth to do a piece of art, martyr art, where he's going to do something oh, that no. involves his death that will probably kill lots of people. Because uh, we start off in a Thanagarian ship, and they're like, and and there's a female Thanagarian who's kind of like the second one there, who uh, is kind of giving him shit, but ultimately is there to help him. Uh, her outfit is especially skimpy, even by comic book standards. She like literally all that's covering her top half is the two straps that are going down to her belt, so that's what's covering her nipples. So it's super sleazy. In Vegas, that's called a Saturday night. <laughs> uh, so. Yes, yeah, so he's basically kind of this like weird, like modern performance art, but this bomb that he's going to set off is like it goes through all of his life memories, so his life flashes before everyone's eyes on Earth before it explodes, uh, but then it'll explode on a tectonic plate and it'll just cause destruction all over the planet. Uh, but he and he'll die during this, hence you know the term martyr art or martyr artist or whatever he's doing. Mart. <laughs> so that's the whole idea it's just it just so happens that they land fairly near a zoo which buddy is having a talk with his his agent uh who's criticizing him for going uh, vegetarian because he's having he's like, that's, that's harder to promote uh for some reason <laughs> i don't know um but there's a rumble rumble and it's like wait there's a, a ship what's going on so buddy of course runs off to get his outfit and uh you know, shows up and says, hey, what's going on? <laughs> what are you doing? Uh, and, you know, the, the female Thanagarian uh, fights him and, you know, the, the fighting in the sky. Uh, I will say there's some wonderful art here. Uh, a couple of, there's a small couple of subtle things like, you know, he's running across the field towards the water and he's just see the shadow of the flying Thanagarian above him. Um, but there's also a moment where he gets hit in the back of the head with the Morning Star. And the way that art sort of shows his lips kind of like curl up to like reveal his gums as he's like in pain is particularly delightful. Uh, but he, he sort of he runs to the water because he's like, well, okay, in the water I can take the properties of a fish and have an advantage down here. Is <laughs> basically his idea. So he goes out of the water in the lake, um, and he actually rips off her wings in the lake. Now it's worth mentioning here. This is when this is a you know part of continuity where Thanagarians are completely aliens. And the wings are not attached. They are part of a suit that help them control their flight because the belt has the anti-grav device in it, which he, because he takes off the wings, he's like, okay, this will make the anti-gravity thing be wonky because she can't control it. It shoots her like up into the air, like out of the lake. And she's going so high that she has to turn it off and it basically kills her when she lands. Uh, it's actually a really absurd page of her flying out of this lake. It's almost like she's been shot out of a cannon going up into the sky. And then, like, so I was like, oh, shit. And she turns off her anti-gravity thing and then falls to her death. Uh, I didn't realize she even died at first until someone mentions, like, the, 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 the artist one who's now left is like, oh, you killed the Thanagarian. Uh, you're a, com you know, a commendable foe. I'm like, wait, he killed? That killed her? Oh, shit, that was dark. Um, it was funny, <laughs> but it was dark. Uh, so, yeah, a bunch of birds attack Buddy. Uh, and we get this sort of weird section where it turns on the, the bomb orb thing and it's like randomly there's like sections of panels that are actually playing like flashbacks of this Thanagarian's life 
uh, counting down to whatever his most emotional memory is, and that'll trigger the 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 explosion. Uh, which I guess makes some some amount of sense. Uh, but it's all really well told. It flows really naturally. I was kind of into the absurd premise. Um, but it does have a big joke ending because the the Thanagarin does drop dead. Um, and there's also a really brutal... In fact, yeah, his earliest memory is a Thanagarian doctor holding up him as a naked baby, like, covered in, like, you know, mm-hmm. various fluids and whatnot. He's going, it's a male, just really, like, deadpan, which kind of made seems me chuckle. Like, seems like the Thanagar that we're all familiar with. So it Hasn't changed that much, has it? No. So the last few pages of the book, our buddy, like, he's got this orb bomb thing, and he's trying to, like, sort of figure out a way to stop it, and the memories are still playing, and... Uh, he's starting to look more and more panicked. He's like, how do I turn it off? How do I, t- how do I stop it? How do I stop it? And he's trying various things and he's pulling his hair out and he's really tense and he's sweating and everything's building up. And then just at the end of page 20, because it's a 24 page book, at page 23, a finger comes in and you just hear a little noise and Buddy like, looks through his fingers because he's, he's got his hands up against his face thinking that he's going to die. And he looks through his fingers and the last page is just Hawkman standing there with his arms folded, saying, all you have to do is switch it off. Yeah. That's the end of the book. It ends in a total joke cliffhanger. Or not even a cliffhanger, just a joke reveal. Joke ending. Yeah. Uh, so, not a standalone issue, but another memorable one that I thought was really funny and dark in places, and it, it was yeah. delightful. I, I don't know what else to say. It was delightful. The next one looks like it's got red robots in it. Uh... The uh, Red Mask is the name of the villain here, apparently. Uh, we'll see. I'll see what that's like. But uh, issue six, it wasn't as quite as like obviously issue five with the the whole Wiley Coyote like parallel mm-hmm. had like some sort of weird existential kind of like deep vibe to it that like made you think about life and the meaning of everything. Uh, I I mean I have no doubt Grant had some extra meaning in this. But this one read a bit more just like a really fun, almost making fun of performance art or something like that uh, type of story. I, I suspect, again, it's been a while since I read it, uh, but going from your recap there, I think it's probably about, you know, taking art too seriously. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. It's probably his concern, you know. Yes. And, and I think the joke ending is very intentional as his kind of point is have some fun with it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, even the fact that there's this ridiculous like fight happening as the bomb's been set up, and then everything else. Yeah, but, I mean, I mean, it's not as deep a message. I can say it's not as this existential thing. It's quite a simple, straight to the point. Like, hey, yeah. we can have later stories. We can lighten up a little bit. Um, also, don't kill yourself for your art is probably another just a in your face point yep. uh, to make. Yeah. Uh, Mark. So. Yeah, that, that's a solid, solid eight out of ten. Uh, mm. That issue, uh, I I enjoyed it. Uh, I'm I'm digging this book so far. This run has uh, been good. One one of Morrison's uh, upper. I, I'm finding that I like older Morrison than I do more recent Morrison. That's kind of what I'm I'm discovering. Because uh, mm. I also like because the first like twelve issues or whatever it was of his Doom Patrol that I read, I also really liked. So clearly, nineties and eighties Morrison is a bit more my jam. Yeah, you love Arkham Asylum as well. Yes, I do love Arkham Asylum. So, there you go. That's uh, Asylum Man number six. Uh, so that'll take us out of the part of the show where we pick our favourite part of stuff of the week, favourite panel slash moment, favourite cover, favourite art, and top five books, if we indeed read five. Um, so, 
we'll start off with favorite panel slash moment. Matt, what have you got for us? Uh, I'm going to go from Infinite Frontier, from the uh, Superman story with John, as he's, you know, spinning through time, trying to, you know, we don't know exactly what he's doing till the end. But the one that basically the page that that gives his entire like history in one go, I thought that was really cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, Connor? Uh, I'm going from Swamp Thing, which probably not surprised given how highly I mm-hmm. rate it. Mm-hmm. Um, I think what I am choosing though is, is maybe a bit more of a surprising choice from it because it's not any of the big fancy Swamp Thing moments. Uh, it doesn't actually feature Swamp Thing at all. It's from the, the story part at the start where the, you know, the, where the, the sheriff's telling the, the story of the, uh, the Pale Wanderer. The, the bottom panel of the uh, first page of that story has a lot more context coming back to it, where he's talking about, you know, he knows deep down he's becoming something else. Uh, and it's, you know, just his face, and he looks scared. Um, but, you know, the, the the gorgeous, you know, red-purple colors around it. Ah, oh, yeah, I love that panel. Yeah, I... Uh... There's a couple of pages or panels from Swamp Thing that really I could take this. You know, the one where he's falling asleep and it's getting more sort of dreamlike or whatever. But how can I not say Barbara saying Batgirls, you know, move out when ready or whatever the line was. <laughs> like like that, that Batgirls coming to fruition moment of her calling them Batgirls. And the fact that Cass wanted it as much as I did. <laughs> yes. How could it be anything else? Sure. You picked a Superman thing. Yes, I know. So, don't, don't, so we're all really kind of self-parodies this week. Matt picked the Superman moment, yes. Pete picked his Batgirls, and I picked the Ram B thing. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, yes. okay. I didn't pick a John's thing. Y'all should be happy. Ram V is going to think Connor's stalking him at this point. He's tagging him every week. He's saying, oh, my favorite panel this week was in a Ram V book. Week. Sorry? I think I tagged him last week. What was, what was last week's? I'd have to double check. Um, but I don't think it was a Ram V book, so I don't think there was one last week. <laughs> so you just don't bother but it's the Ram V book okay <laughs> good to know uh, alright uh, favourite cover of the week I'll start off this one um, so I do want to mention that I do think the regular Batman cover is quite pretty and I do think the variant for Suicide Squad since Matt brought that one up uh, the Peacekeeper <laughs> one is quite pretty too however it's really between two things it's between the main man back cover which is absolutely horrifically beautiful and the variant for Swamp Thing, the Matina Swamp Thing cover, which is absolutely breathtaking. Uh, you know what? Weirdly not a fan of the Matina Swamp Thing. I, I get I get why it's appealing, but it's not working for me for some reason. Well, I mean, if there's one thing we've established, there's the, the degrader. Conroe. Uh, CR tw- Conroe the degrader. Conroe the degrader. CR21. Uh, I am building up just a massive amount of titles here. Yes. And then at the end, just the word prick. (laughs) Just at the very bottom. (laughs) Vigo the Carpathian. So someone that's good at art, draw Connor as Vigo the Carpathian. This this started to sound like a a bunch of titles from Game of Thrones, where they list out all the titles before they get to the name. That's what it's starting to sound like. (laughs) Supreme prick. That's the last title. Uh, and don't forget Ginger, which is the original. Well, once, well, once that's the first. Up, yeah. If we can get a formalized, finalized version of this, I can stick it in my Twitter bio. <laughs> yeah. I don't think you have. I don't think you have that many characters available. I know. 
<laughs> I don't know what the limit is on the Twitter bio. Yes. Uh, I'm going to go with the Matina Swamp thing, but I do want it to be said that that main man back cover, I think, is also gorgeous. But uh, mm-hmm. we, we got uh, Matt. Uh, I'm more of the main Batman cover. Um, just the, the whole yellow background and then the purples, right, with Batman there. And then it gives way to the like the silhouette of Scarecrow. It's just it's a really cool image. Got Yeah, that is really nice. It's it's that old man bat for me. And seeing as Matt's already had that, I'll I'll throw out man bat. There you go. There you go. Man bat and Batman. All right, best R of the week. Uh, I'll jump in here because I want you to like add a little d- detail to this where I'm giving it to Mate Perkins, but I, I feel quite proud of Mate Perkins. Not that our best art of the week is a coveted prize, but I do feel like he's flirted with it and we've wanted him to get it, but he's, there's mm-hmm. just always either been a better artist or, you know, there's been a few problems. I think this there's is... Something holding him back. That, this is his best art he's ever done and I feel like he claimed and he earned and he has earned the proclamation of best art of the week. So Mike Perkins for Swamp Thing is getting it for me. Uh, uh, Connor? I, I'm going to agree. I think uh, Jimenez puts up a good fight. Oh, it's fantastic. Man, yeah, Batman was great. Uh, mm-hmm. um, and Kumar for Man Bat, you know, what, like one or two panels aside, I think is very good. Uh, but Perkins absolutely killed. Yep. Matt? Uh, ditto. Mike Perkins. There you go. Everything you guys said. Clean sweep for Perkins. Uh, so top five books of the week, Matt. Uh, one Swamp Thing, two Infinite from Tier, three Batman, four Man Bat, and five I did this to myself, Suicide Squad. <laughs> <laughs> Tell Bad Cripes into camera. In my opinion. Uh, Connor? Uh, uh, Swamp Thing, uh, Batman, Man Bat, uh, and then I guess Infinite Frontier. Uh, unless I can count Noctera in there, in which case that goes second. No, you cannot. Uh, uh, so number one for me, Swamp no, Thing. <laughs> number one for me, Swamp Thing. Number two is Batman. Number three is Infinite Frontier. And then Man Bat's number four. And then off a cliff, but number five is Crime Syndicate. Issue <laughs> one. Uh, but I want to say though I, I do want to say here since we're sort of in the, the summary part of this I do think it's the first week of Infinite Frontier even though there wasn't a ton of books I think Infinite Frontier itself and then Batman and Swamp Thing make me feel very happy about Infinite Frontier as an era mm-hmm. to start off with uh, if I get another like say three great books next week where I'm really enthusiastic I'll be I, I can't wait to find out if Pete loves or hates Vikings in, uh, in, in his Wonder Woman book yep we'll see we'll find out uh but uh connor won't be here uh and what will we be talking about what what will always be reading when connor's not here i'll tell you right now uh so coming next week from dc comics wonder woman 770 superman 29 obviously these are the starts of the new runs uh naturally uh rorschach issue 6 the joker issue 1 uh green lantern season 2 issue 12 uh, which Connor will be reading for Patreon, actually, just not next week because he's not here. Uh, so, oh, will I? Yes. <laughs> Have you read the other ones? I- I'm like four issues behind, but I mean, I've got them sat in a pile next to me. He can catch up. They're like, I don't know if you can see it on the camera. It's right there. Yeah, that's hilarious. Someone it. gave him the last issue. Yeah. Uh, Batman. Well, that's the thing. They gave him a choice of Future State Suicide Squad, but Connor said he he, he wouldn't do both stories because it's like forty pages. So right. uh, it became Green Lantern season two issue twelve. 
<laughs> I'm okay with that. I've been enjoying the book. Well, there you go. You're happy. Enjoys it so much that he's four issues behind. <laughs> I am four issues. Do you know how many issues I'm behind on various <clears throat> books that I absolutely love? No. They they stack up next. I, I was three issues behind on Once and Future until yesterday. And I absolutely love that book. Yeah, all right, let me finish that. <laughs> let me finish this list so we actually finish before yes, the four hour mark, please. Uh, Batman Urban Legends issue one is out next week. Uh, and it also, obviously, not covered on the show, but American Vampire 1976 issue six and Sweet Tooth the Return issue five. So, uh, not a huge number of books next week, uh, but unlike this week, one of them is not the complete era setting 64 page mammoth that Infinite Frontier was. So, next week should actually be like half the length of this one. So, look forward to that. Uh, so, also, Connor's not here if that sort of thing excites you. <laughs> I'm sure people will be very disappointed that they won't get my thoughts on something. I don't know what would be the juicy thing, but something. Yeah. That is that is what's coming next week. I will take this time to thank our Patreon producers. Although, I'll remind you all to go vote in the top 50 DC characters of all time. Um, I will put the submission link, which will be a Google Doc, in the description of the episode for both the YouTube and the audio feed. Um, but you can also find it on our Twitter at DC Comics Podcast. It also follows on D- at DC Comics Podcast. Uh, but yes, I will test me thank our Patreon producers for the month. So thank you to Tyler Hess, Cindy Palacios, David Sharp, Bordenow, Al Treisman, Christopher Moy, Brett Williams, and David Brown. Uh, they are all patrons at $20 or more, which is why they're Patreon producers. But you can support us for as little as $1 per month and get uh, warm, fuzzy feelings inside for helping keep all the content coming. Uh, you can, so, uh, the $5 tier specifically, though, you do get early access to the show by a day, uh, and previously in the multiverse, which is a little erratic in schedule, but uh, it does go up a month early for patrons uh, when it does go up. So that's another perk there. So uh, go have a look and see if you're interested uh, over at Patreon. Uh, also, like and subscribe on YouTube. It helps us out a lot. Uh, is how YouTube deems success. Uh, that is both on the main episode and also all the cut-up parts that go on Comments from the Multiverse, uh, that specific YouTube channel. Uh, otherwise, uh, that's about that. I've heard it on Twitter. So, yeah, I guess we can finally wrap up this this mammoth uh, beast of an episode. So, thank you once again for watching and listening. We always appreciate it. Keep reading DC Comics. Never trust Conroe. And remember to never get lost at the speed first. Speed Force? But Speed Force! Speed, more like Speed Force. <laughs> hey, that's a good title. Speed Force. That's, that's, a, that's a satire comedy waiting to happen. <laughs>